three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, yo, what's going on, everybody? It's the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror coming at you live. Episode 28 is upon us. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I have my two soulmates with me, NES Ruler22 and Double Shot J. What's up, homies? Tired. That's all I could say. Just tired. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty sick. I know you were feeling pretty sick last week, right, Moods? Yes, I do have to apologize for not being able to do the show last week. Um, yeah, it was my fault. I was sick, man. Like, like puking sick. It's very odd, but what can you do? Like Jeremy <laughs> in April sick. Oh, man. I, I actually felt shitty all week until about Friday night. It was pretty weird. Which um, I felt pretty good all week until about Saturday night. And now I'm starting to get I'm, – I'm feeling pretty rough right now. I've been sucking cough drops all day because my throat feels like there's needles inside of it. Well, maybe you caught a minor case of Ebola. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you infected me through the internet waves to be honest. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, I, I don't know what was up with – like I, I haven't been you know that sick in a long time where I actually felt shitty throughout a whole week. It was uh, pretty weird, pretty odd. But, um, but yeah, so last night um, – yeah, Saturday night, I actually got to go to our local playhouse and watch a couple George Romero films on the big screen. So that kind of made my whole week right there. Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead on the big screen. So Is, is that what you call movie really theaters, awesome. moods, playhouses? Mm-hmm. No, it's literally a playhouse that they actually do plays there and stuff. Oh, I but thought it's it, like Pee Wee's Playhouse. No, <laughs> no, it's it's not actually a theater. They do plays there, but they uh-huh. do. But you can go watch movies there too and stuff. It's pretty. That's cool. pretty cool, dude. How yeah, was Night cool. of Living Dead? I feel like that one would have been even better than seeing Dawn for some reason. Uh, it was it was very interesting watching uh, Night of Living Dead on the big screen because it's not very often you see a film um, on the big screen that's in full screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just yeah. it's weird. Wasn't in four I, by three? Yeah. Yeah. So the the edges were cut off, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I see but, movies like that all the time. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's not very often I see yeah. films that are actually in still, like there is no, you know, widescreen print of it or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. It, it looked really good, sounded good. Um, it was just, it was a really interesting uh, double feature. Now, was that on it. film or was that on digital too? It was digital projected too. So I wonder but, why it wasn't widescreen. That's weird. Which cut know. of uh, Dawn of the Dead did they show? They played a theatrical cut. Um, I kind of figured so going into it because the the director's cut is what about a half an hour longer, and I couldn't imagine them playing the Argento cuts. So, <laughs> um, what if they did though? Yeah, if they that would have been very cool. Would have been confusing to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> there, there was surprisingly people 
at that show last night that had not seen those movies. Oh, that does not surprise me at all, dude. When I went and seen Halloween, that uh, that what was that last year? Yeah, they didn't. There was like I could tell like half the audience didn't see it, and the audience was small to begin with, and it hadn't small. ever seen it because they were. Like just their reactions to things, and a lot of them actually seemed kind of bored, which was a little disheartening. <laughs> but you yeah, haven't actually, seen the Universal Monster movie, so it's like you would be in the same boat if you went to see those. So, and they're classics. So, yeah, uh, I think it's a little bit different. I mean, those movies are, are way older, mm-hmm. but they're still they're still on the same level as Halloween. Yeah, but these kids were my they're like they're, they were my age though. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I never got to go to the playoffs on Friday night because I worked till twelve thirty at night. But on Friday they were playing Halloween, and uh, it was it was an odd double feature. They started with House at Haunted Hill, um, the that original. That is an odd one. Yeah, and the, the original, and of course they played Halloween the original too. And I was like, it's a weird double feature. And then of course the next night was obviously completely themed. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I was kind of bombed out. I didn't get to go to that, but eh, what can you do? Yeah. And actually, you know, oddly enough, if I had watched Halloween on Friday night, if I had been able to go to that show, that would have been the second time in a couple nights I watched that film. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you know, so it was just kind of weird timing that that was playing that night, but. Yeah, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how was, uh, that was it for the week? You guys get lots of films in? I know Jeremy said he's been uh, I've watching been s- a ton. Well, last week I watched quite a lot. Um, I think I watched, let's see, I went to a 24-hour horror marathon. So how I many watched, times did you fall asleep? I didn't fall asleep once. Ooh. Man, that lineup at that 24-hour marathon was, like, ridiculous. The second half was really, really solid. Uh, the first half was eh. I'm not a huge fan of Cab People. Um, I'll talk about that next Was that week. the remake? No, oh, the original. Oh. Um, mm. You know, but after that, everything after that, um, you know, the Bowers and what was it? We had the Bowers and Dead Snow 2, which was awesome. Uh, that was probably the most modern film there. Yeah. Uh, Klaus Kinski's I- Nasiratu. I was really surprised that they had Dead Snow 2 playing there. Oh, I'll that talk just, about that next week. But yeah, that just really kind of shocked me. Not yeah. this week. Or two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Uh, audition. Uh, uh, Nightmare. Um, what else? How did the print of Nightmare look? Uh, it was okay. It was a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't Go in the Basement, which was presented by Gorgon. Nice. A whole bunch of stuff, and everything was shown on 35mm besides uh, Dead Snow 2, of course. So mm-hmm. it's always great watching stuff on film. Um, I, I I think it's superior to digital, but that's just me. I know, you know that's a pretty huge topic right now mm-hmm. these last few years. But um, if anybody has a chance to go to the movies and see a film on actual film, do it because nothing beats it. Um, so besides that, I watched – yeah, I watched uh, – ABC's of Death 2 and some other stuff that I'll talk about in a few weeks but yeah I've, I've been watching a lot of movies I didn't watch too much stuff last week because I've been pretty I've been pretty swamped with school uh, working on quite a few stuff I just wrote a paper on Martyrs and uh, working on a script that I'm doing for a short narrative film some other stuff Being, making a short film is a bitch even, even without the script you have to make a shot list which takes forever and it's tedious 
you just have to do this other sh- a whole bunch of other shit that just takes a really long time and it's really annoying but um hopefully the output i think of- that's the best thing about shooting porno films you don't really have to do a shot shot list, list. I, I, I imagine besides there's the no shot list for porno besides the ending the shots are just like built <laughs> where the shots on the girl's the face yeah, exactly. the shots are yeah. the same shot every time. You know, it's it's just like there's a, there's a couple different shots that you have to get, and that's that's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, awesome. I, you know, last week I watched a bunch of stuff, and you know, then we didn't do the show, uh, mm-hmm. so I was just like, well, what now? So I just started watching the Halloween films for this week, and I got through the first couple pretty quick, and you know, by the but by the last two, uh, it took me quite a while to actually pop them in. I had some other stuff to watch for other things that I'm doing. But, you know, I've been pretty chill these last two weeks. I haven't really done much. I've I've been just kind of hanging out and waiting for the show to kick back off. Yeah, I was uh, – I've been – I watched a lot of films in the last little bit, you know, covering read from like the 20s all the way to brand new stuff. So I got lots of good stuff to talk about when uh, we, when we do that show in a couple weeks. But um, yeah, some really really interesting films. Um, I watched the new Dustin Mills release film, uh, The Hornet's Sting and the Hell It Caused. I'll talk about that. You know what? Um, Before you actually go, uh, since I didn't put this in news, um, Dustin Mills is actually doing a uh, crowdfunding campaign. Correct? That's right. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 He's promoting. Uh, Her name was Torment too, right? And there is like a lot of people involved that are already on board for this, and it just sounds so good. Yeah. And they they are going to go forward with with whatever they make and stuff. And but I I mean they've got you know pretty much all the regular Dustin Mills actors and people on board on this one. I know Dave is involved with this project again, and uh, um, but just everybody, man. Um, oh, it just looks it's going to be a really good one. I think I'm really excited for it. So people, if you're listening out there. Definitely, uh, you know, I'll leave the link down below. Um, check it out. Donate what you can um, because I think it's going to be something awesome. Yeah, yeah you can't support Dustin, Dustin Mills, man. Yeah, also, so- he has a sale going on right now on his website. Uh, until Halloween, it's buy one, get one on most of his movies. So if you mm-hmm. guys want to, you know, stock up, you could get uh, two films for 10 bucks. So it is worth it. I definitely stocked up on some of his films. So I'm looking forward to watching those. Nice. Yeah, definitely nice. support independent horror in general. And this is definitely, you know, this, you know, from what Mood says and Jeremy says, I haven't watched any of his films yet, but it seems like uh, a great guy to support. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is, this is, this is what horror is nowadays, right? It's the indie stuff. This is, this is what you want to support. You want to support these guys out there grinding. And, uh, you know, we'll and that's put a what link. he does. Yeah, we'll put a link in the description of the video or where you can see it for sure. I think the plan is if he raises enough money, he's going to make a third one, mm-hmm. make it a trilogy. So yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah, pretty awesome stuff, man. You, you got to respect Dustin. He's got really, he's got. I think he's, the dude's got way too much create creativity going right now. I think he's just just give this guy some money so he can make all these ideas. That's yeah. you know in his head right now. But yeah, the, I'm really looking forward to this. So I hope it works out. But um. I mean, well, it's going to work out regardless. It's just a matter of how much funds he's actually going to have for it. So go out there and support that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I guess um, we probably got lots of news this week, don't we, JP? Yeah. But actually, before we get to the news, 
um, I actually wanted to talk about a few different things. Um, so one, we have a voicemail now. How cool is that? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, voicemails. <laughs> yeah, so you guys can call us, leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the show. You can do a, a short little review if you want. You can ask us a, a question. You can do a top five list. Uh, anything that you really want to do, you can just re- talk about what we talked about on the show. Give us your feedback. Talk about uh, what you would like to see us do. Anything you guys want. Uh, the number is 724 426 Six 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 five. Ah, I'll make sure to leave the link down below too. Damn, yes. one six the link, short. The links will be all over. Yeah, but it is you know triple six. That's kind of cool, right? <laughs> it isn't. It's pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's awesome. But anyway, you the way this thing works is it does ring my personal phone. So if by mistake I accidentally answer, uh, you know, just call back and leave another voicemail. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, after that, I wanted to discuss, um, how awesome it is that you guys are listening to the show so much and, and, you know, really the numbers were great last week for, or two weeks ago for the battery. It just, it did really, really well. Like it's one of our best, uh, shows in terms of, uh, how many people actually heard it. Uh, even the cinematographer of the battery heard it. How cool is that? Right. That's badass. Um, And he, you know, was very pleased with our review he was like couldn't believe the amount that we liked the film uh and the best way for you guys i did not know i did not know that he listened to the show yeah i should i showed that picture of the tweet he tweeted us and he was like you know uh i can't believe the uh forget the exact words that he used but he was like he was really happy to see the love that we gave uh the battery and then jeremy had actually asked in the episode that he would like to read a script to the battery and he actually linked a script as well um so yeah that that's really cool and the other thing is uh the best way for you guys to um you know support us and and help spread the word of us is one listen to it on moods's channel right youtube uh two podomatic those downloads uh have been consistently putting us in like the top 10 of uh, most downloaded stuff in TV, TV and film. And the one thing yeah, that yeah, I would yeah. love for you guys to do is uh, leave some iTunes reviews. Uh, so if anybody would make an Apple uh, account and leave some iTunes reviews, that would be great to actually get some of those. I've been wanting to see some of those. Uh, and, you know, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, 22 Shots Podcast, and 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at Gmail. That's where you can email us. And, of course, we will not be doing this every show. It's just been a while that we've uh, actually gave out all our information. And it, the main reason was the voicemail. So please contact the voicemail. I can't wait to hear, start hearing you guys leaving us voicemails. Yeah, I got to say I'm pretty excited about hearing those. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Alrighty, so... Um, news. Because I know, <laughs> I I know that there was. There's definitely lots of. Yeah, there's got to be and, some news. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely some news this time. Um, because there was two weeks worth of news, I actually cut a lot of the unimportant things, like just random films that we never heard of being released and stuff. It was just too much. But I, I just you didn't cut out the ghostly topics. films, right? Uh, no, those will be in the uh, DVD releases. I actually haven't even looked. 
um, at the releases the past two weeks. So that who knows if there are some ghostlies, but I almost guarantee that there are. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> saw one at Walmart today, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the name, but I know I saw it. Walmart is the official home of the ghostly. <laughs> Yes. So the first bit of news comes to us from Mustafa Akkad, a.k.a. the producer of Halloween 2 through H2. And he says, uh, and I quote, it's been a joy to work with so many creative people. Ten films. Uh, touching the franchise's legacy, we are working on an 11th as we speak. We are working on a script right now. A new draft, perfect timing, is supposed to hit the day before Halloween, hopefully my Halloween night reading will be a good read. So he's saying that the script is nearly finished and it should be done by Halloween. So he's just giving us a little update that Halloween 3 is being wrote. Okay. Interest, interesting. Like I said, I won't. it's kind of hard to judge right now what this is going to be. Yeah. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, I'm I'll see it, but we'll we'll I'll, oh, we'll just have course. to wait and we'll see what see happens, it, right? I mean, there's no way you can't not see it. But the thing is, is I'm just curious: is this going to be a sequel to Rob Zombie stuff? Is it just going to be a standalone Halloween sequel, or is it going to be like another reboot, remake thing, or even a prequel, or the many other possibilities that it could be? Once that is figured out, then I'll have like more opinions on the film in general. <laughs> I, man, could you imagine if they actually remade Halloween three? <laughs> oh wow! That well, I mean, like that would just that would fucking that would just not, blow my mind. Not remake it, but like do like an own story again, like they did with Halloween three. Like make it like an original oh, story that doesn't do have. That I know, but thanks, no, I, thanks I, JP. I they wouldn't they, remake it either. No. But could you just imagine? Fuck, that's just ridiculous. But I, I got to say, though, I am really curious to see which way they're going to go. If they're going to, you know, play off the Rob Zombie 2 or just kind of start something else up. Like, if you, like, you know, kind of like a Halloween 4 thing. Yeah, if you had to guess, like, what would you think that would happen? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know. I really don't know like what they're capable of actually trying to pull off. Um Mm. They would have I, to reference Rob Zombie's tr- two films, though. So I'm. Would they though? Mm. I mean, if they wanted to start like something totally unique, I mean, that would probably. I'm thinking know. that it might go like to the, uh, like, I I feel like that it's gonna be like just a standalone, like, Halloween film, like. Maybe, like, I'm trying to think of another example, uh, like Jason Goes to Hell or something, where it doesn't really have a connection to the other films. Like, there's no returning characters or anything like that. It's just a Jason film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be what they do. Well, would that be the first time that they do something like that? Yeah, because yeah. you have, well, if you exclude Halloween 3, you have 1 and 2 connected, yep. and then... Four and five are connected with one and two loosely, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's photos in there and stuff. Uh, and then six follows four and five, and then Resurrection follows two, or H2O follows two, Resurrection follows H2O, and then the remakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be the first time they would do that, but... That's, a, that's an idea. That's interesting. Yeah, 
I just don't want to see another like origin story. Like I don't need to see Michael Myers get his mask and go to the. No, I don't think it's going to go that way. I think they're going to. I think they're going to maybe not continue. I I mean, I think they're going to kind of go along with what was going on in the first two remakes, but kind of maybe or start off like that and then just go into something completely new. I would think it's going to be. I think it's going to be connected, but I think they're going to throw something new in there, like a, a you know out of left field. I don't know. I would like them to do maybe a like Halloween four type joint where they just like kind of continue the story with new characters and stuff and just have like some references to the first two films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's what I would kind of like, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see as it gets closer. Uh, after that, we have night of the living dead origins. Um, now, before you say, oh, my God, another, you know, public domain grabbing the rights to make a Night of the Living Dead prequel slash sequel slash remake slash animated film. I know. I know all that shit. And, it, but, and it's in 3D. But <laughs> this one actually has a little bit of uh, good footing. And this one is actually trying to be created by George Romero's son who wants to tell the story of the origins, the the prequel, I guess, of his father's film. Seems really passionate about it. Uh, he also is doing it Indiegogo style with a, a campaign. So it's all going to be around, like, NASA and their radiation and shit? Uh, he said it's set in a turbulent late 60s. The film tells the story of a brilliant scientist, Dr. Alan Catwright, who strikes a deal with the military that will give him... Uh, all the resources he needs to finalize his work in exchange for what he l- later learns is a price all mankind will have to pay. So it's probably like the the story of how the the radiation fucked everybody up. Yeah, yeah. but it, I like the idea that it's set in the '60s, right? Yeah, but is it going to be black and white? Is it going to be color? Who knows? That, is that would be question. fucking cool. That would be super cool if they did that in black and white. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, that, um, that would be a nice touch. But does it give it any uh, more of like a chance that George Romero's son is doing it? You know what? I, I don't know if it holds a whole lot of merit because he's just related. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think it really means a whole lot. I mean, it sells it a lot more for sure. People are going to see Romero's son on there. Of course, that's you know a selling point. But I don't think it holds that much merit. I mean, he's not fucking George. Yeah, but doesn't it right, make it so. also to where – if you're touching your father's legacy and you were trying to, um, you know, live up to him, don't you think you're going to try as hard as you possibly can to do oh. the best that you can? Like he's he's it, it he's probably 100%. thinking that you know it would taint his father's legacy if he delivers a dud. Um, yeah, but you don't I, see like Brandon Cronenberg going no. like doing like a prequel to Scanners or anything I don't like that. Think, it's like why can't he just do something original? It's like I don't honestly think that he anything that george a romero's son could do you know he could fuck this up as bad as he you know anybody could fuck something up and i don't think it's it's gonna taint romero's legacy yeah i don't you know, believe it, it has nothing to do with george yeah. you know his son's taking this away it, you know and it's funny that you know it's interesting that jeremy brought up brandon cronenberg you know you know with the same thing you know it's yeah. like him making this antiviral like and you know yeah but that film's actually is, good and original and yeah you know and it's but it's very similar to his yeah dad's it is very too, similar. Right? i mean you know, obviously very, he was trying to uh capture what his father does though exactly. like it's it's kind of a but, similar type deal here but the point is you know i mean 
obviously if antiviral didn't work like how it did, I don't think it would have mattered. It's not going to taint David's. Uh, no, and I agree with that. So. I was just saying how he would perceive it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that, but I also think, guys, that maybe we would be a little bit more excited about this if there wasn't so many like Night of the Living Dead, like remake origin story things, like because it's such a you know it's public domain. Well, Anybody can get the rights to the title and stuff. So I think I that kind of like lowers our expectations a bit. I completely agree because usually when I see something titled Night of the Living Dead, it doesn't get me excited. Like yeah, I'm, you just I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not getting a little chubby. I just pick it up and I put it back down. Exactly. It often looks like crap. <laughs> what was the one that came out a few years ago, Night of the Living Dead? Three uh, D. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Said hey. Yeah, that see that's a perfect example of one that just like isn't isn't fails. Danielle Harris going to be in one coming up? The, wasn't that like reanimation or whatever? Yeah, I've actually yeah. still yet to see that. I've heard a lot of mixed opinions on it. Oh, I heard some it people awful. say it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I think that one was bad. just like different styles of animation. Like they had it like was. like yeah. like they had like fans or something do their own like oh like this guy did a little scene in claymation. This guy and <laughs> so it's so jarring because it just keeps cutting to different things. I think Daniel Harris actually is in this new Night of Living Dead origin story. Oh yeah, no, wasn't she I, in that one that I'm talking about? Like I knew I read the it voice like, somewhere. Oh, maybe, maybe she in in the uh, in the anime or the reanimated one. Yeah, thought that. I'm actually not I, sure. I, I have a copy of it. and I still have yet to watch it. <laughs> so, but yeah, hence uh, how I don't get excited about Night of the Living Dead stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to see how that one goes. But they did raise twenty four thousand so far in their one hundred and fifty thousand dollar goal. Oh, that's quite a bit. And it's been only I think like about two weeks. This is on Kickstarter or wow. Indiegogo? I think it's Indiegogo. So they're going to get the money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yep, that is pretty good. Um, next up, we have a bit of update on the Saw sequel. Um, the uh, I guess it's the producers of it are saying that, you know, they're really uh, considering, you know, going back and doing another Saw film. Uh, I guess a sequel would be. Uh, and they even said that James Wan is considering coming back to the director's chair. Hmm. Um, he says so they're getting closer. Take, it's supposed to take dr- uh, place directly after the last one? I haven't seen them, so I would not know and if it could or it couldn't. And uh, they so haven't this, really said. Everyone can fit in with each other, JP. That's not yeah, giving okay. anything away. Because I remember uh, hearing something on that, too. And I think the, it, the consensus was it wasn't. I don't think it had been noted that if it was going to be part of the original franchise or if it was going to be like a reboot type I deal. I hope it wouldn't be a reboot. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, be – it's pointless to reboot Saw. It really mm-hmm. is. Those films hold a special place in my heart, so I hope it's a new sequel. So do they, they – they do mine too because I've talked about it before, but I just loved how – like look at this October, guys. What's coming out? You know, there's not the, – it's, it's kind of like a little bit – disappointing that it's just there's nothing big they're re-releasing saw yeah <laughs> well i got to see annabelle on my birthday woohoo released yeah. in october oh, yeah, that, that shitty ouija pg-13 movies coming yeah out. and all of them are pg-13 yeah. the shit that's coming out like dracula untold what the who cares about that pure garbage for kids under 13 <laughs> that thing that's looks so- like a like action film or something 
it's so funny because I, you know, Rich actually from the Devil's Eyes actually posted today um, on our group page about the the town that dreaded sundown, which isn't getting a wide release, so it doesn't. You know, I'm talking about like you know. Yeah, yeah, no, but like um, I seen he gave it a talk- ten out of ten. Yeah, we got talking back and forth and stuff, and he said it was the best film he'd seen this year besides Dracula Untold or whatever. How does he uh, like Dracula Untold? Well, it, it just surprised me that he said that. I was like, wow, crazy. Like, it, it just really surprised me because I've heard actually quite a bit of bad things about it, but, you know, I just – it didn't really pique my interest. So yeah, Vince, I'll check it out. More surprised me. Vince from Rabbit and Red – for the – ex-co-host of rabbit and red i think he's still a co-host sometimes uh but he was like the creator of rabbit and red which rich runs now but he actually yeah. messaged me and said that uh the town that dreaded sundown was really disappointing hmm. well so it's like a mixed I, consensus yeah you mm-hmm. probably see my reaction I, I posted on i read his review and i was like wow <laughs> it just blew me away like he praised it like really really high and gave it a 10 out of 10 it just I literally even said to my wife, I was like, holy crap, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because, you know, me with 10s, right? It's like, wow. All of us with 10s. I know. And that it really caught me off guard. I was not expecting that. And I was like, holy shit. But um, he did note in it that it's not like a direct, um, you know, remake. It's not a remake. It's more of a kind of a sequel. Sequel. Yeah, that's. but they've been saying that since, uh, you know, since they kind of created it, that it was like a like a pseudo remake slash sequel thing oh no totally but my point was it was nice to hear from somebody that actually yeah yeah seen it, yeah you know? yeah definitely um so they also said that you know uh james wan says it's kind of more of a fantasy but he really you know who knows he, he would he would maybe really like to do it if the story was there and stuff and also um i think they said something about their aim in like 2016 ish for the return of saw hmm. that's a while yeah it is a while definitely but i find it interesting that they're you know going back to it i mean i guess why wouldn't you it's made so much money it's one of the most successful horror franchises ever um so yeah i guess you would go back to it and right now there's nothing dominating right Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah. after that uh this was some really exciting news for me personally because i love these films tremors five tremors five yes and this isn't a rumor this is actually happening principal photography has actually began uh in september in south africa huh yeah how cool is that wow that's really such a random franchise to bring back yeah it's shocking actually it's crazy yeah this one actually is kind of sounds kind of cool um, you have Michael Gross, who of course played Bert. Uh, he's you know played Bert in all of the, the Tremors films. I think he's the only person to be in all the Tremors films and the TV series. Uh, he is uh, in uh, the film with Jamie Kennedy. And uh, really, where the yeah. hell's he been? Man, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, I guess they're going to be battling the Graboids and all the other creatures out in uh, Africa, probably, or somewhere out, somewhere like that. And it's slated for Blu-ray and DVD release, so it's going to be direct-to-video in 2016. <laughs> nice. Yeah, how do you guys feel Jamie about Kennedy. that franchise? Um, I've only seen the first one. Really? Yeah. Moods? The Tremors franchise, yeah. Um, I you know to be honest, I actually 
really kind of do like the sequels. I don't remember the fourth one yeah. that well. Was the fourth one? It was a prequel. It was okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, I remember it now. I need to rewatch those films, but I haven't watched them in a long, long time. But maybe we I should rem- film on the show. I remember. I oh, really that actually, could happen. I actually really remember liking uh, part two and three, but yeah, I, I got to revisit those, man. Okay, so part one is a classic, dude. Part one mm-hmm. is awesome. What they did was truly great. There's some fantastic actors in it, and the worms look like you know amazing. No CGI. Part two. Mm-hmm very fucking solid sequel dude nobody talks about tremors 2 tremors 2 is solid as hell i love that film i think it's my favorite in the franchise even though part one's better and then tremors 3 not as good but for like a tv sequel pretty pretty awesome that's what i was trying part to get four at. I, I couldn't remember fell down yeah i couldn't remember if that one was a tv sequel or not but yeah yeah but overall man i like i love that franchise the first two are, are, are fantastic and the third one is you know a nice rounding out the series type thing mm-hmm. yeah so t uh fucking tremors man tremors oh, five. franchise to bring back so what it when is. was part when was part four like when did it come out oh man it was so long ago i can't even remember it was it was i think it was a made for sci-fi channel or something oh yeah, man yeah no wonder yeah. why i was shit no it was qual. it was way quality it, it might not have been made for sci-fi but it, it was like direct to video and it was like it was better quality than anything that you see on sci-fi channel nowadays but oh yeah mm-hmm. it, it's still a watchable movie it just didn't make much sense because you have Burt Gummer playing the like an ancestor or Michael Gross playing Burt Gummer Burt Gummer's like ancestor but it's the same character so it does it, it, it's like <laughs> weird it, it's a weird one yeah yeah it's but just yeah, not it's, that good so it's been a long time since that part 4 actually came out yeah and so then they did the TV series yeah, yeah, which lasted one season, right? Yeah, but so. it actually had good ratings, but Sci-Fi wanted to change their target demographic, so they canceled it. Yeah. Um, which Is I that didn't any good JP? No, I haven't watched it yet. I watched the first couple episodes when it premiered, and I liked it. This was back in this was, oh man, this was so long ago, like 2006 or something. But uh, you know, it's I did pick it up. I haven't watched it yet. Go, uh, not go Hastings. Hamilton Books had it for you know like dirt cheap, like seven eight bucks. So I grabbed the first oh. season. Isn't it weird to think that two thousand and six was a long time ago? <laughs> so yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, prequel. So this is this is kind of a the Chainsaw franchise has like the worst timeline in horror. Um, <laughs> you have part one, right? And then you have part two, which is a direct sequel. Part yep. three, say what you want. I think it's a remake. Um, it's barely a sequel. Uh, part four is definitely a remake. And then you have the remake, which is also a remake. And then you have the beginning, which is a prequel to the remake. And then you have the 3D version, which is a sequel to the original. And now they're going to do a prequel to the original. I'm lost already. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I honestly have always said that part three is more of a remake than a sequel too. Yeah, it's just called part three, but it the only thing they keep his leg like that he has that brace on his leg and it squeaks and stuff, which is a callback to the first one when he gets uh, injured. But let's be real, it, it the, none of the characters are the same except for Leatherface, and he feels so different than part one and part two. Yeah, um, it's just. It, the you know the grandpa character it just it's 
absolutely there's no way he could even come back from part two you know how he dies and so yeah you know it, it's just that would have been a fucking michael myers like got his Halloween head kicked thing. off though man i actually i, I want to say probably uh, maybe about a month ago <laughs> i actually popped in um chainsaw for the new generation because <laughs> i hadn't watched it in so long right and uh Fuck, man that, that movie, movie's terrible that movie really is bad yeah, i can't bad. believe people defend it dude it really bugs me when people <sighs> defend it but they're because the it same has Matt- people that that shit on 3d it's because it has matthew mcconaughey in it oh gener- <laughs> the new generation it's it's definitely the worst one like yeah, it is terrible. just oh it's it's actually a bad film yeah. oh, oh man, it's it, it's it was so hard bad. to get through it's so bad um <laughs> anyway the uh the the prequel is you know moving forward and i like the idea of doing a prequel because of it being set it's going to be set before the 70s obviously which i think is cool but i don't like doing a prequel because come on we know the story yeah um so but the people they're interested in getting for the film are the duo that did uh inside nice yeah, that's 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 a good part. I'm curious. Yeah, and then the other people they're talking to is the people who are doing a new film called Starry Eyes that is being put out by Dark Sky Films coming this November, and it's uh, it, I guess it's a pretty solid slasher film uh, that is getting good reviews and stuff. So right now they're in talks with two different group of people to uh, uh, do this film. Uh, I think it would be cool grabbing those guys from inside. Uh, because they that film gets so much praise, so it's amazing. Hell yeah! Yeah, the movie's awesome. It's a good, it's a good start, anyways. Yeah, uh, is there a script? I would assume there's already a script written, or are they trying to something. find the guys to write the script? Oh, they were going to write the script. They weren't. I don't know. That yeah, they might. I, I don't know. Okay. I they hmm. haven't really elaborated on it too much. But this uh this was um reported by Bloody Disgusting. It was kind of an exclusive thing. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's pretty cool. You know, I, I'm a huge Chainsaw fan. I love these films, you know, good and bad. So I'm always looking forward to another one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. After that, we get an update on Poltergeist. <laughs> uh. I, can't even, I can't even say this like with a straight face. Um, <laughs> Poltergeist has been rated PG-13 for intense, frightening sequences, brief subjective material, and some language. But that's okay, because the original was rated PG also. Yeah, but that was yeah, diff- but it, different it, times. Yeah, I know, It would have right? yeah, been it, an R here if it was today. You think yeah. it would have been an R? Yeah, just the, just the mirror scene would give it an R. Nah, hmm. I think it would have been PG-13. I Come think on, Caroline getting, getting sucked into a giant closet vagina? Come on. I don't know, totally man. Get a I honestly think that the original Poltergeist would be PG-13. Yeah, I mm-hmm. do too. If Insidious can pull off a PG-13, I think Poltergeist can. Yeah, but Insidious is just based on scares. There's not really that much gore in it. I mean, that that mirror scene's pretty pretty gory. Yeah, I guess P- so. For a PG- yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a good ar- oh. it's a good argument, but I don't know, man. I think I'm going to stand tall with the PG-13, though. Uh, there's so many hidden messages in that movie. I love it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, Drag Me to Hell was pretty gory, right? Drag Me to Hell is actually really, really good. Yeah, and it's gory, yeah. right? It's a good, it's a good uh, objection film. I love that movie. It's good. That that one right there is actually quite surprising. It's PG thirteen. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always thought I, it was really surprising to see that rating on there because um, it has, you know, it has this kind of gross out moments and stuff. But I agree. It's actually one of the better ones, yeah, especially for really especially good. in the last like, you know, 15 years or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I, I don't know why everybody hates that one so much. I, I see a lot of hate for that film. I've kind of really, really like two PG-13 films or three, really. There's I a bunch, of- dude. There's more than you even realize. I like Disturbia kind of. Disturbia kicks ass, dude. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I kind of like that movie. It's they a can fun work, update dude. of Rear Window. Yeah, but you know, it, it kicks ass, dude. That movie's fun. It is. It's it's a fun film. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, this film is going to be in theaters July twenty fourth of two thousand fifteen, and reports are saying that it's a pseudo sequel. So they're doing this shit again. <laughs> Everybody a pseudo seems to be sequel? doing that. Yeah, pseudo it, like, sequel. What the fuck like does that re- mean? It's like it ba- basically it like looks like a remake, but it also has elements that would make it a sequel, like so like the time uh, I dreaded sundown stuff like that. Yeah, they're so doing it, these a lot lately. I've noticed. Like, seems uh, like a lot of people are like doing that in their films when they're it's this, them. It's a pseudo sequel to the the first one. I don't know. I haven't even <laughs> seen the sequel, so. Really? So yeah, because when they say pseudo sequel, like is it based off the third one or the first film or what the fuck? Like, well, that's probably what they mean. I have no idea, dude. Because that because that's very confusing. We should do those movies then, JP. If you haven't seen the sequels, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's a nice trilogy to do. I haven't. Watched I have them all. Three in so long. Yeah, I haven't watched man. three in forever. Yeah, it's been since like VHS years. days. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah, do crazy. that. Maybe we'll put a poll up like soon and ask people like what what is the <laughs> franchise they'd want us well, to do. Ironically enough, we were fucking around with the spreadsheet before the show trying to figure out shows. But here you guys go. Now you can have your say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what should we do? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, after that, Resident Evil and Underworld, I guess they're getting TV series. I didn't even look into it. I just oh seen the God. titles and figured I would write them down. But I don't care enough to actually like write the news down in a notebook. You know what? I, I hate I, the I, Resident Evil movies after three. I hate them after any of them i like the second one actually that's my favorite the second I've one act- is better the best out of the series yeah i've only actually ever seen the first resident evil film so i can't really i shouldn't really say anything about the franchise and as for the underworld films i've never seen any of them so yeah i haven't seen any of them I, I can't i can't that's just action horror i don't really like it it's over stylized yeah. i don't like that look it, it never piqued my interest so i just kind of stayed away i didn't really care for the first um fucking uh film resident <laughs> of, evil resident evil yeah yeah i, I, I really liked it when it came fan. out i didn't i didn't think it was a shitty film it the just, cgi looks it terrible re- yeah it just didn't really do a lot for me yeah. but i understand why people do like that film but you know after the third movie it, it gets so bad yeah the new one the new one is so garbage see the problem with that i have with it man and I know people say you should like disconnect and stuff, but I love the you know first three games as a kid. The first game is probably my favorite game of all time. They're remaking it, JP. And yeah, I know. I've been looking at it yeah. <laughs> as they post you know videos and stuff. Yeah, it it is a fantastic. It it literally is one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Like even compared to movies, you know it. There's something about that original game that just has never been duplicated since. And the story in the original game is very good. It seems like it could be a classic zombie film that would have came out, like, you know, in the 80s or something. The story is is great. There's a bunch of these um, 
police people locked in a creepy ass yep. mansion with all yep. kind of zombies and giant fucking snakes and spiders. And oh, the shit. game's so good. Even it the is. sequel's good. Too. Have you played it? The original? Oh game? yeah. Oh Isn't yeah, it fantastic, dude? The first oh, two games man. are fantastic. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's why I don't like Resident Evil. After that, we have some DVD announcements. We have Cybernatural. This is being released by, don't laugh, uh, Universal and Blumhouse. Snatch it up. It's getting a home video release. Uh, April 10th, which is my birthday, that that film is uh, going to be released. And it follows uh, video chatting one night. Six high school friends receive a Skype message. Hmm, Skype. From a classmate who killed herself exactly one year ago. Ooh, that's oh actually God, that actually that's doesn't shitty. sound too too bad. Because they're dead, people. but they got a Skype message. From, <laughs> it's not really that original. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But oh, they're just changing up Skype. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they think it's a prank. Uh, when they start uh, revealing the friend's darkest secrets, they realize they're dealing with something from uh, beyond this world. <laughs> Something that's it's, 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 it's on Skype and stuff, a text message. <gasps> it's original. Yeah, oh, man. obviously this I, I gotta is like say, some man, like ghostly I, shit. This is really, really piquing my interest right now. Can't you it tell by the tone of my voice? That's bad, dude. Like compared <laughs> to your average bad, ghostly compared to your average ghostly, um, it doesn't sound like you know, dude, freaking okay, Blumhouse, is, is, I have faith. Is there somehow is there somehow a videotape involved in this too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, guys. No, 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 DV. No moods. A Blu-ray. Get your shit oh, right. Yeah, yeah get, get with the fucking times, man. It's not a fucking VH tape. It's <laughs> on an external hard drive placed by the front door. They have to ring the doorbell and plug it into their computer. <laughs> and it just wastes five minutes just trying to figure out how they get the file. Anyway. <laughs> it's a fucking <laughs> ultraviolet code. Oh, my God. Okay, I have seen. It's an ultraviolet have, code. Hey, guys, I'm saying I have seen right now. Already redeemed. Yeah, <laughs> IFC has good. picked up a independent horror film called Dark Summer. This is uh, from the guy who did Grace. This is his next film. He did Grace way back in 2009, I believe, or 2006, somewhere around Grace there. Was a, Grace was a very um, uh, surprisingly good film. Yeah, it's solid, man. I like Grace. We talked about it before, I believe. Um, yeah. In a few moods. It was one of those films that I just, you know, I put off watching for so long because I. You know, I just I kind of figured I was going to be mediocre or whatever, but it was really surprisingly good. Kind of fucked up end to the film and stuff, but yeah, I think uh, the ending kind of sucked. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think there's a lot of people that have mixed opinions on the ending, but overall, the film was really solid and kind of nasty. Yeah, something about that film that really gets under my skin. I told you also at Proxy, something about babies and like just gross like blood stuff. I don't know, man. The scene that really fucking gagged me in that film, dude, is after she got home from the the supermarket and she's squeezing out the blood from the, the raw beef. Oh yeah, into that, those bottles. Mm-hmm. I was fucking because you know what, like you know that smell of when you're dealing with raw beef, like yeah, the yeah. blood and stuff. Yeah, and you just think it just be amplified. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Fuck. Uh, oh, I was like gagging. <laughs> yeah, that you, you know, I definitely like, and and it's about that mother, you know, just something about I like. I think that to me, like something about mothers in horror films, um, when it's centered around the pregnancy or the birth really kind of gets under my skin same thing like rosemary's baby and proxy and grace of course so uh yeah i mean i'm i'm excited to see this guy's next film uh little known fact 
is uh, I guess it wouldn't be little known, but the, Grace is actually the only film on the Aries Scope uh, production that wasn't an Adam Green film. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. They uh, believe um, the guy used to t- carry his script around at conventions and you know, which is totally like a no-no if you talk to any like filmmaker. They hate when people do that. But uh, for some reason, uh, it got into Adam Green's hand, I think, and they helped make the film. Hmm. Uh, but this this new film called Dark Summer is getting released January 9th of 2015. Uh, it's a modern ghost story. So, you know, what, what are you going to say about that? Uh, there's a 17-year-old on house arrest with his mother away on business. A horrifying incident occurs, followed by even more terrifying presence in the house. Now, see, this kind of sounds like Disturbia mixed with a ghostly, right? <laughs> but a little bit. <laughs> I think that this film fits this director because in Grace, we follow a central character in a house uh, dealing with stuff that, you know, I think that it kind of fits his style. Is, mm-hmm. is, is Grace in a cold film? A what? An occult film. Moods, do you know what a cult film is? O C C U L T. No, it's not. It's not. Grace isn't. No. All right. It's, that's what it sounds it? like. That's the only reason why I was asking. You've never seen no. it, Jeremy. No, I haven't. That's why I was asking. Dude, it's dark cheap. You might as well grab it. It's it's yeah, definitely no. worth it. It's one of those sleeper hits that you know you that is so cheap anywhere you see it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, you, yeah. it's worth grabbing. So yeah, that's 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 it for those. Um, then we have just a couple Scream Factory releases announced. Uh, a couple, yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so uh, two weeks worth of them here, boys. Uh, 1988's horror comedies Vampire Kiss with Nicolas Cage and High Spirits. What a weird fucking double feature. Have you seen either of these films, Moods? Uh, Vampire's Kiss, I've seen before. I saw it years and years ago. I. To be honest, I remember not caring for it, but I haven't seen it probably in over 20 years. So, and the other one I have never seen. Yeah, um so honestly, that's so weird. Those two films right there are probably the Scream Factory release that I care the least about. I've never heard of either of them, and they just don't look that good to me at all just by the cover arts. Mhm. So yeah, that's their first double feature they announced. Then they announced 1984's Ghoulies and 1988's Ghoulies 2 in a nice double pack feature thing. That one's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's the Ghoulies films. I talked about them two weeks ago. Uh, Ghoulies 2 was my pick of the week. It's definitely a solid film. The reason I am looking forward to this release is I have a feeling they'll be able to at least get like a commentary with Charlie Band or something. Um, which, Charlie dude, Band. I don't know. You know, Charlie Band, we joke about him and like poke fun at him and stuff. But the guy like did some amazing things in his days. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk like in a long form where he really just talks about the the history of, of film and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude is entertaining and he talks about important stuff and he really knows his shit because he – he revolutionized a lot of stuff. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. we make fun of him, but, dude, he mm-hmm. is, you know, a big player in in horror. We were just making fun of him this week on the podcast page, too. It's funny. Yeah. With, sh- with this random box of shipping that cost $80 to ship. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to revol- <laughs> revolutionize the fucking shipping costs. Yeah, I think if he, like, fixes his shipping, like, 
we would stop making fun of them as much as we do because it's, well, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just – it's like laughable. Yeah. You know, it's not even like, oh, it's a little high. No, it's like you need to like, you know, fucking give up a kidney for it or something. Or they send it by carrier pigeon, man. I don't yeah. know what the fuck's going on there. I want to tell you, if I could find this podcast that I heard Charlie Band on, uh, it's like a full, you know, like two, three hour podcast where he's just talking about his history in 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 the world, the entertainment world and 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 films in the video boom era. He really Oh yeah, he caused like the video boom, man. Yeah, he's like one of the main guys who him. created it. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so if I could find this podcast, I would love everybody to listen to it. It's one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever heard because he just goes into so much history and it was so entertaining to hear him talk. Um I ha- I got like a kind of a new respect for him um after that, you know. So yeah, uh hmm. yeah, Charlie Band, do some commentaries, hmm. bud. Uh, after that, we have some uh, killer animal flicks. We have 1972's Frogs and 1976's Food of the Gods. This one's that's pretty a, cool, too. That's yeah, I actually like feature. this one. This one's yeah. a solid double feature. Yeah, it's pretty you know, good. It's fucking oddly enough, man. I was down in my buddy's shop the other day. We were talking about uh, films and whatnot and stuff. And we actually brought up Food of the Gods. And I was like, man, I, that DVD is out of print. Goes for stupid money. It's one of the old, older MGM midnight releases. And sure enough, I swear it was the same fucking day or two days later. Um, they announced that double feature. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Look at Carrie 2, man. I just sent you a copy of carry too yeah that's been yeah. happening to us a lot lately yeah, yeah it really just it, me and you guys even really with splatter has. university right moods i send you a copy of that and they're fucking i know and then yeah. fucking 88 films puts it it's part of their uh their retro slasher collection series and i was like fuck are you serious man like <laughs> gonna stop buying older dvds right now because they just are getting released by people but yeah i'm really excited about that double feature frogs is awesome food of the gods uh, that one's out of print correct yeah, well, that's what I just said. And just it, it, actually that, go, it actually goes for, like, really high prices, like, really high. So I was really excited about that. Yeah. Um, I love when they do, like, themed double features that make sense, like Terrorvision Video Dead. Um, so I like the Killer Animal double features. I, I mean, like, can we talk about that for a second? Like, how do you guys personally feel about um, double features that Scream Factory does? You know, to be honest, man, I have no problem if they are appropriate. Like I said, like, you know, my favorite release to date from Screen Factory happens to be a double feature. Yeah, but your least favorite to date is a double feature too, isn't it? Yeah. But Scanners those, 2 and 3. <laughs> Scanners 2 and 3 are garbage. Yeah. Both those movies suck. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, and I've stated in the past a lot that I'm not a huge double feature fan. You know, like double feature DVDs and stuff like that. I would rather have individual individual copies. But, you know, if they're done right, like themed, like JP said, the video dead and, and Terror Vision and hence, um, you know, Food of the Gods and Frogs, these are perfect. They're fucking, I think they're essential. I think they're awesome. So. Yeah, I actually left a comment on there, um, and I was like, you know, like, what's up with all these double features? I think both of these films would be strong enough to get their own separate release. Um, and somebody was like, I can't believe this guy's complaining about getting two films for the price of one. I was like, I wasn't complaining. I was just saying that, you know, I feel like these films would have been strong enough to be released by themselves. And mm-hmm. I was wondering why there's so many double features. Mm-hmm. It was a pro- lot of double features. It's, it's all it's been. Been. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally financial stuff, though. I think I think some of these titles we can probably, 
admit that if they were really solo wise, it would be financial. Like, why not do a Jack? Why not do a Jack Frost one and two double feature, man? Does it, who owns the rights? I don't know, but I would totally that feels buy like that a Universal shit. or something to me. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think Screen Factory is doing that just because of financial, you know. Yeah. I mean, really, they they don't want to take a lot of chances. It's double the money to release these. Yeah. Well, you know, they've suburbs. had a, they've had a good solid, um, testing, uh, run. You know, a couple of years now, I think, to to really see like what sells and what doesn't, and maybe yeah. they find that their double features sell more than most of their single releases. Well, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of people don't mind like what Buddy commented back to you saying that what what's the big problem with getting two films for the price of one? And yeah. I think a lot of people do look at that. I mean, Screen Factory titles aren't the cheapest on the, you know, on the shelves out there. So I think that's the way people are looking at it. They're seeing two titles that are decent for the price of one. Why not? Right? Yeah, so- and I'm I'm cool with it too. Like I said, I wasn't complaining. I was just purely like. I was surprised that it's been nothing but double features that yeah, they've yeah. been announcing, you know? Well, I mean, I I, I totally, you know, I, some of the uh, collector's editions that Screen Factory's put out, um, in my opinion, probably shouldn't have been collector's because based on maybe the type of film, but also the features on them too, not yeah. the most. Yeah, you look uh, at Video Dead and um, Terror Vision, dude, there's so many, like, there's a lot of special features on that, that that's disc. Exactly, that's exactly what I was getting to. Both those films... I mean, I understand why they did the double feature because they probably thought, and it was earlier in Screen Factory's, you know, mm-hmm. um, establishment. You know, they were still establishing yeah. themselves really back in those days. So that double feature made a lot more sense because of total financial, you know. But uh, you know, it, it is kind of bad because I'm pretty sure that one sold really well. You know, I think those films would have done pretty well, well what, by themselves. What are sums that you think that shouldn't be collector's editions that got collector's um, editions? Well, like uh, Terror for Train one. for sure. That's mm. definitely one. I think there's like two features on that thing or something. Yeah, Ter- Terror Train does not have many features. Lake Placid, I think, has more, but it's still pretty. Funhouse. Um, no, Funhouse had a solid amount of features. No, I think Funhouse is pretty good with them. Oh, what am I thinking? I know there's another one too. Just can't think of it, but there is a Swamp couple. Thing of Collector's Edition. No, it wasn't. No. no. Um, you know, but yeah. The Video Dead and Terravision have a lot of features on them. It's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Like they definitely have more features in some of those collectors' editions. It just blows my mind. So, yeah, I think that uh, I'm fine with the the, the double features. I, I like those. The only thing that sometimes that I I don't like, for example, like Scarecrows, it's getting just a regular release. I almost want them to be collectors editions simply because I like when they do the new cover art, you know? So like mm. that's something that I miss. Like why can't they do double feature collectors editions? They haven't even like announced any collectors editions during October. Just like strange. Yeah. It's it, all double that, features. I was thinking the exact same thing. And there is another solo release that JP hasn't said yet, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I actually thought the same thing a while ago, JP, about uh double feature collectors editions. Yeah. You know, if they're themed, why not? Like with frogs and food of the gods. Could you imagine that cover art? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fucking pretty cool, man. You could intertwine, you know, you could have it split, but you could have an intertwine. I don't know, man. You could do some pretty cool like things. Like rats and Yeah, like frogs. what if you actually yeah. designed the cover to where it wasn't like split? It was almost like there was two different cover arts, but they started molding into each other at the middle. Exactly. It was like a shared yeah, that'd be cool. That would they're be literally dope. they're literally kind of bleeding into each other. Yeah. You know. Um that'd be cool. 
after that, we have uh, some more killer animal type movies. We have Empire of the Ants paired with Jaws of Satan, which is a ghostly cobra film or a devil possessed cobra film, which sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I'm, I'm excited. That sounds about interesting. That one. I haven't seen either of those films, and I love. 80s 70s killer animal films those seem to be the best era for those type of films yeah i you know i of course i just mentioned this the other day to you jp um i just picked up uh empire of the ants and the tentacles mgm double feature yeah <laughs> i'm like fuck and i was like like it was like a week later this thing gets announced and then of it course, always there's happens an, there's another double feature so i literally said to myself jp's like you got to stop buying these dvds i'm like yeah that's it man i'm done i'm not buying any more mgm releases until this parade of fucking announcements is done yeah because well, they're all mgm releases every like, single film has been an mgm release well, so I'm like, yeah. okay, actually well, that's enough mention that really quick um me and moods was talking about this yesterday or the day before or something um, we're really hoping that in 2015, maybe some contracts and and Scream Factory can get um, in with another company because MGM is like everything right now, and it, it they're running out of titles, and it and it kind of sucks. Um, I want something else. We need another vault. There's so many films out there. I was just sending Paramount, some. man. Yeah, Paramount. Those are the those bigger ones are hard to get into. I would I love to see Lionsgate yeah. because Lionsgate owns like Artisan and yeah. um, a bunch of other companies. So I mean, let's let's face it. Some of these these uh, recent announcements are they're reaching, man. Yeah, bottom of the barrel. Like you know, they're they still could reaching. be. That, that's not like an insult either. It's just no, no, no. Running. Yeah, out. I, I, I did. I didn't want to sound like an asshole, but you know, some of the titles definitely are probably not titles that they would have released two years ago. Where the fuck is Mother Fucking you know Clown I'm House, man? Where is Clown House? That That's is an, an MGM, MGM title, man. Come on, I don't where know. is that, dude? I actually think if we like went and like you know really pushed Scream Factory, I bet they would do it. They would. That would, it. That would be like the holy grail to the end of the month of October if they announced that film. Yeah, who knows, man? The month's not over. That would I mean, be so amazing. Yeah, I have a feeling they are. They do you guys think that they they obviously had the Shocktober thing planned, right? So yeah. don't you think that they're gonna release like announce their biggest titles the last week of October? I think. Yeah, I think I probably so. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. Man, Just, if they announce Clown House, that'd be it, so amazing. It's a it's a Friday night. Why not make everyone's Friday night with a Clown House announcement, collector's edition, fucking cover art. Awesome! Yeah. Yes. Oh, that would be so awesome. Commentary by Victor Salva. <laughs> I mean, there, you and know, the way it, he molested. You know, if it if it never does get announced by Screen Factory, there has to be some reason why they yeah. aren't releasing it. Because well, you really I have to look know, at it that way. I do know some some backstory on uh, the head, like you know, company guys at Screen Factory, and I heard this repeated before that they actually had a chance to get Miss Forty Five. Uh, before yeah. whoever got it put draft it out. house draft house um but excellent they decided yeah, they didn't want to based on the subject matter of the film so i could see them saying no to clown house too because it's, it's a rape revenge film but at the same time clown house it's not the content of the film yeah it's true what's behind the film you know and I mean, that's a little different. I mean, what you're seeing on screen to what's behind the screen, I think, is completely... I mean, obviously, it's not irrelevant. We don't want little boys being bum-raped and stuff like yeah. that. We don't want for that. But it is not on the screen. True. No I'm, I'm 100% agree. That's why I will say I love Clown House. Like, I have no you know, problem saying that. It's a, it's a, it's a f- pretty awesome movie. 
I don't mm-hmm. like Victor Salva, but Clown House yeah. is a pretty strong mm-hmm. movie. And, you know, Screen Factory must know, too, if they release that, it's going to be a big hit. Yeah. Because oh, people are dying. Huge. There's so oh, many dude, collectors out there s- that don't have it. That might be their highest selling that. release if yeah. they pick it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how sure. many people do you know that actually has one of those very few Clown House original DVDs that came out? Yeah, I know a couple people, too. And yeah, I'll like, never, it, ever, ever come across that movie. That's one movie I will so never rare. find. It's so rare. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. after that, they announced uh, Tentacles and Rep, Rep, uh, Repticulous, <laughs> Repticulous, <laughs> as a double like feature. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, Tentacles was part of that Empire of the Ants double feature, but they're Tentacles is a great film, man. It's cheesy fun from 70s. I'm actually looking forward to all four of those films when they release those. I, I, I love those that era of killer animal films, dude. Well, those last three releases are all pretty good, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I think I think those three releases right there are pretty decent, but we'll get to a couple others. Yeah, after that, they announced a Carrie double feature. You got Carrie, the 2002 TV remake. And the Carrie, the or the Rage Carrie Two, nineteen ninety nine, theatrical sequel to Brian De Palma's original nineteen seventy six masterpiece, quoted by Scream. Yeah. Masterpiece. Wow. That's Scream Factory's words, but I would consider it. I, I love Carrie, dude. I think it's, it's a fantastic film. I wouldn't call it. A I don't throw masterpiece around a lot. Not sure if I would give it to Carrie, but it's damn close. You give it to the battery. It's interesting, yes. man. In my opinion, it's not even well, not even close, but it's 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 not De Palma's best film. Well, my it's opinion. De Palma's only film to me. That I haven't I seen Dress to Kill, man. Come I haven't on. seen. I just said it. I've I've only seen Eerie, Obsession, fucking Sisters, the Close Up, nope. Muff, Scarface, no nope. Close Up, Scarface. You've never seen Scarface? Yeah, I've seen Scarface. I didn't know. Raising Raising Kane. Fuck, he's done a lot of movies. He's done some duds though. The Black Dahlia, yeah, I thought was shitty. Oh, I seen that but, too. Um, The Fan- Phantom's Paradise, another oh. Scream Factory release. Oh, um, he did that. Yep. Yeah, dude, he's got a fucking. Dude, he's got I quite a resume. I, don't, I actually right after don't sisters. really. I don't really know about Brian De Palma too much, so you need to watch Dress to Kill. Then it's it's a rip off of Psycho, but it's it's yeah. It's, I actually it's know. Fun. I actually do know about that film. Um, so yeah, I mean, Stephen King's first movie, Carrie, that shit is awesome, but Scream Factory is releasing the remake. What is up with that? I know that they tried, they originally had Carrie locked down, like, last year, uh, but MGM at the last minute kind of said that they were too worried about, um, the print, the, you know, the negative or whatever being damaged, uh, cause it was in real rough condition, so they, they, they decided to opt out of that, um, deal or whatever mm. it sucks i haven't seen either of these two films though i think it's a weird double feature but... i've seen carrie too it's okay i mean it it does it is kind of a sequel it, well it is a sequel but there is kind of like uh recurring characters and things like that yeah yeah that's cool okay I it has the, it that. has it has the original girl the who survives at the end she's like she's in a few scenes and things like that and there's flashbacks and things like that but it's interesting. It's not good by no means, but <laughs> it's it's an interesting movie to make a sequel to. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And uh, I, think, I honestly think that that double feature is going to do pretty well. Yeah, I think it is actually surprisingly going to mm. do well. I've never seen the TV movie, so I'm curious. Yeah, well, I was actually just going to grab Carrie two 
um, because I seen it on eBay for a okay price. Glad I did, dude. I'm done. I'm I mentioned this in modes. I'm not buying any more MGM titles. None. Yeah, man. I'm completely done. That too. Because they're getting so far down that they're gonna release everything pretty soon. <laughs> so besides Clown House. And as of right now, this is the only like big library that they have. So if they're going to continue releasing films, chances are they're going to get something that I'm planning on buying. So I'm just done. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the releases, I believe. But you guys said there was a single release one this week. Did I miss it? Was that not? It was in the last two weeks. Wasn't it Supernova? No, that was that was. Uh, in we the talked first about that match. already. Oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the first. Okay, match. I honestly, I. Don't remember. I had no idea what the hell that movie was. And I oh, was that's right. That's right. That's right. We did talk about that. Yeah, yeah. that movie looks like shit. <laughs> so. Okay, but uh, yeah, still a lot of that's a lot of uh, announcements, and obviously there's still some time left in the month. So, Clown House. Clown House, please, please, Scream Factory. Was they Clown. release announcing like one a day, Monday through Friday? It feels like they were. They did a lot. Like one, like one mm. announcement a day. It wasn't one a day, I don't think, because no, I don't think so. I think it was like three or four a week. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, hopefully next week is a pretty solid uh, week. There's still, there's still two weeks, man. Yeah, if they weeks. if they're yeah, going if they're sticking the same rate the whole time, we got plenty more titles to come. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for the uh, news. Alrighty. Yeah, the news. Um, <clears throat> quite a bit. All right, so I guess we'll get into uh, mood swings here. And uh, with the new releases announcements, since we weren't uh, broadcasting last week, I just want to just throw out a couple uh, notable ones from last week that people might have been looking for. Or that might be interested, not looking for, but might be interested in that came out. Um, most notably last week, I wanted to mention, I, I know JP, um, had brought these up. I think that was from, uh, no, did they come on the seventh? Those, the Asian extreme boxes that we never talked oh, about. Oh yeah. We missed them. Those was at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. The seventh, they, they, for some reason they weren't listed on the, my source at the time until like the next yeah. day. Yeah, and I had like completely missed these too. But yeah, this is from a couple weeks ago, and I haven't really heard anyone talk about them or show them off. So I don't think anyone's really even doesn't know. Like I don't think anyone knows about these. But there's three volumes. They're called the Asian Extreme Collections, and um, each volume has a different. Um, they're from a different country. Uh, volume one is uh, South Korean films, and there's three films in there. One of them is called Our Point Face and the Red Shoes. Asian. Uh, Asian Extreme Collection Volume 2 is the Japanese horror films. And that one has um, A Shake of June, Prey, and Vital. Hmm. And the third volume is films from Thailand. And that one is uh, Ghost of... Man, I can't even read this right here. <laughs> the Ghost of Nak, The Ghost of May Nak, The Victim, and P. There's a film called P. I'm a little P. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. I think these look pretty interesting. Yeah, yes. dude, they were a total surprise. Like, I want these sets, but they're just way too pricey right now. You know, maybe maybe twenty bucks a piece I would pay, but um, who knows if the about, films are even any good? You know? Yeah, yeah, they're about twenty four bucks a piece. So, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll go down, but they are le- released by Kino Lober. So, oh yeah, of course, that's why. Um, another notable one from the oh no, not from the 
seventh, but from last week, from the fourteenth here, um, there was of course our favorite company in the world. <laughs> Don't even say went, it. Went on a releasing spree, and that's uh, <clears throat> times. Um, they released Audrey Rose and the Believers and the Blob. Did you get all... your copy of the Blob yet, Moods? No, I have you not. Fucking traitor. <laughs> I actually, I actually hadn't even looked at the. I hadn't looked at the releases, and I didn't even know that they were releasing the uh, the Believers and Audrey Rose. Yeah, I knew they so, were doing Audrey Rose. I didn't know about the Believers, though. It's interesting. Um, of course, the one I really wanted to talk about from last week, though, is um, another... I believe this is another Kino release. Oh, no, actually, no, I'm lying. This is from uh, all of films, I believe. And that is the Boris, Boris Karloff film, Cauldron of Blood, Released by all of films, so all of back releasing oh, horror shit. films. Cool, yeah, it's been they, they've been quiet for a while. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I know because we brought this up a couple weeks ago. And that's why I really wanted to talk about this one because we're like, Where, what the hell happened to all of films releasing horror films? Um, but yeah, here they go, Boris Karloff's Cauldron of Blood. So that's what, pretty cool. What years of front moods, if you know? Um, is it early actually, Karloff or late Karloff? It's a good question. I actually don't know when the film was released. Huh. Somebody can look that up. Um, you know, this one actually caught me off guard. I had no idea because I don't watch TV that they made a television series, uh, called Fargo. Oh yeah. I think it's been on for a few seasons. Like people have like talked about it. I had like, like no idea about this show. I think it's on FX. What the hell is Fargo? Never even the heard Coen of that. Brothers movie. The Coen really? Brothers Fargo. Is that a horror film? Oh my no. god, JP. How have you not seen Fargo? <laughs> Fargo's amazing. I don't like, watch non-horror films anymore. A guys, fucking guy gets that. destroyed in a wood chipper. It's freaking amazing. How have you never seen Fargo? Fargo That's... is... Fr- when did Fargo come out? Um, Mid-90s? Yeah, about mid-90s, the film. Yeah. So, um, From Scorpion last week, they released Jennifer. I believe this is like a... Uh, it's kind of like a rip-off of Carrie. Something like that. Dealing with the same type of supernatural There was a things. lot of those. Is it from the 70s? Jennifer, yeah, I believe so. Looks like Jennifer Connolly's on the front cover. It does actually. Yeah. Um, some other notables from last week: uh, "Evils of the Night" uh, came out. It's released by Gorgon. Um, if you want to know more about that one, I did a review of it on my YouTube channel, so you can check that out. But I do highly recommend it. It's actually a really fucking fun film from 1985. It's got quite the cast in it too. It's got porn star. It's so many recognizable faces in this film. It's pretty cool. And uh, the other one I wanted to talk about was another IFC Midnight release. Witching and Bitching came out last week. So for all you IFC freaks out there, Jeremy. I just made a list of all the ones I need. Yeah. Yeah. So those are a couple of the ones from last week I just wanted to mention. Um, From the ones that got released uh, or that are getting released on the 21st here. And the 21st, I got to say, man, is... Got some pretty fucking good ones. Yeah, man. man, there's a lot of big titles here. <laughs> yeah, the 21st is wow. They yeah, they're they're coming out now. Some of these yeah. films are already out in my Walmart. This is crazy. I didn't even realize really? that. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, have you seen the Beneath yet, though? Uh, no, Beneath. I, that no, Beneath. Still, comes, it, that's in it's November. Supposed to, mm-hmm. Beneath comes out actually on the 28th, I believe. Oh, 28th. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah I've I got it on pre-order actually because I'm dying to see it too. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so first up for our, for the releases this Tuesday, we got the Vincent Price Collection Volume 2 from Scream Factory. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Looking forward. I got mine on pre-order. Actually, it should be, probably should be shipping tomorrow because 
you know, my luck with Scream Factory releases. I <laughs> probably won't ship for Two another. weeks later. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then we got uh, another Scream Factory release of The Squad. Which and we will be covering in a later episode. Uh, three, three weeks from now. Yeah, so yep. we'll be doing The Squad. Looks very, very interesting. None of us have seen it, so very cool stuff. Uh, another f- uh, film called The Housewife Slasher. <laughs> Wait, what is it called? The Housewife Slasher. So it's like uh, housewives slashing people? It, I love the tagline, though, man. It's funny. Staying home is murder. <laughs> uh, it's released by Wild Eyes. So it, oh, it, that could possibly, be okay. Yeah, it could possibly be pretty decent. So They're hit and miss. Wild Eye has, yeah, they've got some good ones. They've got some bad ones. Um, one of my favorite releases of, you know, this Tuesday that's coming up here is a film that's never even been released on DVD. It's coming out from uh, Scorpion, and that is To All a Good Night. Yeah. Uh, the David Hess direct film from 1980, Christmas-themed horror film. Awesome. I know awesome this is like stuff. your most like hyped movie, right, Mates? Yeah, I have an old, old bootleg of this film, and it, it just looks like shit. It's like a really, really bad VHS transfer of it, and it's actually hard to watch. Like, it's not very clear. Um, so this is this is just fucking awesome. Really good timing. So, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we were talking about that. You know, they need to start releasing some of these older Christmas films on Blu-ray, and they're starting to come out a little bit, aren't yeah, they? Christmas Evil and some other things. Yeah. Yeah. Scream um, Factory, we, we're looking at you. Yeah, exactly. There's lots more to release. Come on, yep. guys. Yep. But to all good night, check that out. Uh, then we got um, the Soska Sisters uh, sequel to See No Evil, See No Evil 2. I see it. Which, I'll talk you know, about I've, that in two weeks. I mean, yeah, it's just average. I've um, been hearing lots of different opinions on this. I've heard people say it's fucking awesome. You want me to say what I think shit. now? You've seen it? Just, yeah. Just a brief if you want. Just it, like a two sentence type thing. Um, I thought it was average. All right, that's mm-hmm. all it's we not need. the Soska Sisters' best film. It's probably actually the worst film out of the three main films. But yeah, they've only done three, right? Yeah, this, but it's okay. Check it out if you like the first one. You know they had nothing to do with the script in this film, so you know you got They're much. working what they're given, right? So, yeah. but anyways, next up we got a film called Play Hooky, and it's got a fantastic cover. Just an ass. <laughs> Oh, yeah, pretty, I like that cover, man. That's pretty fucking awesome. Don't really know much about it, but it does look pretty cool. Uh, then we got another one called The Scribbler. I have no idea the what this one is. The Scribbler? The Scribbler. Oh, man. And apparently it's released by some company named like Turbo or something. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't know anything about this film. Uh, that one's not even on my list, so. Okay. And then we've got another sequel in The Wrong Turn. Franchise, Wrong Turn 6, and it's probably inappropriately subtitled Last Resort, because you know there'll be like 12 of these. Is it at but, a resort, though? I don't know. I have no I idea. I keep like, feeling that it is. Like I feel it's like a double meaning. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I've, I've actually heard from some people, uh, most, notably, most notably Zach. He yeah, I know Zach it. said it. And That's I've good. heard some other people like say they oddly excited it, so. for this one for some reason. I just love the series, dude. It's it's just like one of those things that you look forward to. It's like, oh, sweet, they're making another wrong turn. All of a sudden, yeah, there's man. another one in Walmart. Well, to be honest, man, after part three and four, um, I wasn't really looking forward to part five that much. And I really enjoyed part five. Really? Four was lot. pretty all right, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It, it Some of the CG in it was kind of fucking getting on my nerves a little bit, but I did like the setting and stuff, but overall, I didn't find it that great. 
But part five, I know a lot of people dislike, but I personally really enjoyed it, though, for what it was. Popcorn flick. And I've never fun. seen those movies. Yeah. They're fun, dude. I know. I love. I was going to buy part four, and it's $6.66. You can get it in the $5 <laughs> bin. I know. I can find a cheaper family video, too, but. Okay, so next up, there's a film that I'm really intrigued by. I had never, I hadn't heard of this one. Um, I think it's like an indie film, and it's called Cannibal. You know, it's not the most. Ah, yeah, this one's trailer released back uh, when I was doing those like hardcore news videos on my channel, mm-hmm. and uh, this one looked kind of interesting. It looked like a very serious film, and yeah, I I like the cover. Uh, it looks kind of artsy, which uh, can be a good thing sometimes. Sometimes a bad thing as well. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. It looks cool. I'll give a little brief brief uh, breakdown of this one. Um, I, I read this, uh, you know, the product description on it and it really fucking interested me. Um, but basically what it says here, it says, uh, Carlos is the most prestigious tailor in Granda, Spain. His life is a study in details from the meticulous suits he creates for wealthy clients to the macabre murders he executes in the shadows. He performs these gruesome acts, including dining on the women he kills without guilt or remorse. Uh, when Nina, a beautiful young immigrant from Romania comes looking for her missing twin sister, she awakens in Carlos, in Carlos, <laughs> a kind of love. Oh, I see in Carlos, a kind of love he had long since written off as the relationship builds based on secrets and deception. Nina's pure innocence will become undeniably uh, undeniable even by Carlos, a man driven by a dark secret. Cannibal is, in the end, a love story of a demon. I'm getting, like, a vibe of, like, the Maniac remake mixed with, like, Let the Right One In mixed with, like, some other fucking artsy film. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's going to be very artsy and serious, but I, honestly, it fucking sold me. Who's yeah, releasing down, it? man. Um, I'm not sure who's actually releasing this one. This is put out by... Ram releasing slash hmm. film. I don't know. Who the hell's that? I'm not really Never too heard sure. Heard of them? Yeah. But this one was. I think it was playing the uh, um, festivals, and you know, New York Times says it's um, pretty good. I guess hmm. <laughs> New York Times, nice. Uh, and then we got uh, the sequel to the Purge, the Purge Anarchy, coming which out is on already out in my DVD Walmart. Player. I didn't realize yeah. that it. I was like, I was like. I seen they have a uh, that Walmart exclusive film Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh seen, yeah, I saw I, that today too. I seen I actually grabbed it, but I seen on, it had a little like sticker on it that was like get three dollars off when you purchase this with the Purge Anarchy, and I'm like, well, that would be great if the Purge Anarchy was out. And then I you know checked out, and then the next day I went there, and the Purge Anarchy was like sitting like two rows down from it, and I was like, well, damn, crazy. Yeah, that shit never happens at my Walmart. Yeah, I've I've like read on Blu-ray.com that happening to other people too. Like it's been popping up early, so huh. maybe it's a maybe it's a thing or something. All right, um, I got a couple more here that are being released this week. Um, I honestly didn't know shit about this film. I just saw it on this list, and it's a film with John C. Riley in it. Really, I love John C. Riley, <laughs> and it's called Life After Beth. But the tagline says "Till Undeath Do Us Part." <laughs> So I'm assuming it's some stupid Zomcom fucking the, – the cover just looks ridiculous. Yeah, I thought that was like – it's on my list too and I was like sometimes these lists have like um, films that are like like accidentally like leak into them. 
yeah. horror films. I thought it was like a sitcom. Like, so I was like, oh shit, it's funny. That you know, it's funny. I thought the same thing <laughs> when I first saw it. I was like, oh, it looks like a fucking sitcom. And uh, last up for the ones that I have here, JP probably has more, um, is a, the, a newly released film by Unearth Films, and it's called Necrophile Passion. Um, it's huh. quite obviously about necrophilia. And looking at the cover, the cover's fantastic to cover, but it's got uh, a girl kind of groping a fucking skull. So basically, I had to pre-order this. What's it called? <laughs> it's called Necrophile Passion. Huh. Yeah, I see I, I see that one, too. I like the cover. It almost kind of reminds you of Necromantic a little bit. But, you know, like with Unearthed stuff, they always, they put out some pretty fucking nasty shit. And sometimes it goes out of print, so I was like, wow, I got to jump on this one. But anything to do with... Anything to do with necrophilia, though, I just find so intriguing. They're releasing Ryan Nicholson's new film, aren't they? On Nerds. Um, are they? Yeah, I swear I read that on his Facebook. That, uh, that uh, would be awesome. Collar, right? That's the name of it, Collar. Yeah, yeah. Collar's, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be releasing it probably on DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Collar's just been released on VHS, I think, right now. So, But yeah, um, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, do you got anything else, GP? <laughs> Yeah, I got a film called Red Knights, and it looks like a girl, like, on the cover with some, like, Freddy Krueger-type claws, but they're on all five fingers, and they are, like, green. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, but it it does have the little um, branches with uh, Toronto oh. Film Fest and Sitch's uh, that... Film Fest or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, that one's being released by uh, Vicious Circle Films. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then we have a film called not inside but the inside <laughs> little callback to moods's beef with that one film called inside a couple weeks I ago know, right? yeah <laughs> fucking hell uh i'm not sure if you said this one uh there's a film called uh tormented female hostages uh looks completely awful yeah um Dude, that little fucking hook on there, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then uh, we have a film called Bloodwork, which I actually rented yesterday, um, but I didn't get a chance to watch it because I fell asleep. I rented it out of the red box, so that's weird that it's in the red box already. <laughs> what? What's it called? It's called Bloodwork. The cover just kind of interested me. It has like a uh, the title Bloodwork, and then there's like these um, umbilical cords like leaking down from the title, like attached to like the back of like this fetus looking person. And then, like, mm -hmm. a needle going, like, up into them. So I was just like, oh, that looks kind of cool. Huh. Um, and then there's a film called Autumn Blood. It doesn't look very good uh, based on the cover. And then the final one is, like, this weird double six-pack, five-pack called Ghost Curses and Creepy Kids. <laughs> What's and um, this is put out by Cinema Epoch. Uh, and it has Slaughter Island, Psycho Shark, Death Tube, Killer Car, and Hide and Go Kill. Oh, man, what quality titles. Yeah, these all look oh, shitty. Give me a break, man. Psycho Shark looks fucking amazing. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Killer Car. I wonder what Death Tube is about. I wonder if it has anything to do with, like, you know, computers and videos. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. So that that's about it for all my releases. Actually, not a single ghostly this week, surprisingly. Oh. Yeah, that's odd. That is pretty odd. I mean, the inside looks kind of ghostly, but it also looks kind of zombie. So unless it's zombie ghosts, but it also <laughs> looks kind of found footage-y. So hmm. 
Who knows? Uh, there actually is another one called Homecoming, and this one kind of looks ghostly. So, yeah. We still kind of have a ghostly. I don't know, man. I thought, you know, Homecoming kind of looks like it's a fucking home invasion film. Oh, uh, did you say that one? No, I didn't say that one. Oh, but yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I just It looks when home you invasion, these- but it looks like we're looking at the um it's from the point of view of the final girl, so and she's looking towards a house. So it makes mm-hmm. me feel like it's not home invasion. Yeah, you're right. Did you guys right. see the trailer for a movie called The Final Girl with Abigail Brenson? It looks fucking yeah, I terrible. It, it, I never seen the uh, trailer, but I know the yeah. Oh, it looks so bad. Yeah. 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 Right, so And that is going to do it for the uh releases for October 21st. So if you're interested in any of those, run out and get them. So many releases, man. Just fucking burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah, I can't it's keep nasty. up with these ones, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so I think since we've been gone, I think Anchor Bay has uh, issued a statement stating that they are, in fact, going to be replacing the Halloween 4 defective discs in the Halloween 10-disc and 15-set complete box sets. And that is very, very good news because there was a lot of people that were really pissed off because, you know, I I think it was a little bit of due to impatient people. You know, know, they're just, oh, they're not going to fucking replace them. They're not going to replace them. It just had to wait fucking 48 hours. Wait, and uh, on Thursday, my horror class, somebody was like, oh, yeah, I bought the Halloween set. So I turned around. I was like, did you pop in your copy of Halloween 4 and notice if the audio was off sync? And he's like, yeah, I did notice that. And I was pissed off. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I told him that anchor bay was like reissuing in them and, and now the only thing guys is this only lasts till the 31st of this month yeah exactly and you have to send in your defective disc do you i think so no 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 they didn't say anything about that because i didn't send mine in really uh, unless so how- they send it to you to like send you something to send it back in but basically yeah. they just said um you have to show proof of purchase through your email uh, meaning, you know, a re- receipt or a copy of the the receipt or a scan of the receipt Man, or something. How so can't people, you just give me the receipt and I could get a free many, copy? How many? How many people don't have their fucking receipt? Uh, probably a shit ton of people. Yeah, so a lot of people are gonna be fucking shit out of luck. That sucks. But I don't know where I heard that. I, I swear it might have been for something else, but I swear I read that you had to. To send in your defective disc, and then we just take that disc and replace it. Because I mean, that's obviously proof, right? So, yeah. Um, but when they did the Halloween two replacement disc, they didn't make you send it back. So, but that's yeah. but that was Universal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see, who knows? I think that you know, I think it's cool that they are replacing them. But what about all the sets that are sitting on store shelves right now? You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, who buy them after Halloween? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I thought the exact same thing. That fucking sucks, man. That really sucks. But all that really matters is I'm getting mine replaced, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, what really fucking matters is that both Halloween Four Blu-rays I've bought have not been fucked up. Yeah, and you know what? I was super pissed I when I seen luck. it happen when I popped mine in, and it was like out of sync, and I was just like, "Man, this ruins the whole set for me. Like, this just sucks." And then after they announced that um, they were replacing them, 
than I watched Halloween 4 for this show. And it really wasn't that bad. It's in a lot of the non-talking scenes and it only lasts, you know, 15 minutes or something. And it's it's like definitely dealable. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I guess it wasn't that bad. But I think it was just the comfort of knowing that I'm getting a replacement disc. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm looking I mean, at the I'm looking at the Facebook pay, post right now, and it says nothing about sending it back. It just says you just need a proof of purchase, a photo or scanned of receipt or digital receipt from online retailer, your name and mailing address, and it says your replacement disc will be will then be shipped to arrive no later than November 14th. Well, so what have we learned, listeners? You obviously do not listen to me. Because I do, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I must have been reading. I honestly, maybe but I just the, what's that funny shit. is you've done this twice with that with this particular issue. When you said I, that they said they I wasn't replacing stuff, talking, I'm, I'm literally going to stop talking about Halloween Four. <laughs> so during well, we the have Halloween to Four review on. tonight, <laughs> during the review, I am going to say absolutely nothing. <laughs> fuck Halloween Four, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know where I, I I came up with that, man. That's really odd, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm still basking in my awesome luck and my glory that my copies weren't fucked up. And to be honest, man, I'm really confused on why there is copies that are and why there isn't. Mm-hmm. Why there's copies that aren't fucked up. Like, explain this to me. I don't know. Maybe it was pressed differently or something. But you think it would would have been done in one, you know, like a mass mm-hmm. mass fucking production, right? So it's odd. Oh wait, wait, wait! I just thought of a reason why maybe. Okay, hear me out. Unless they, in, well, unless they did it in separate pressings, right? Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. No, check this out. I bet what happened was they when they went to make this box set, they used the bad copies in the Halloween four from the Anchor Bay sets, and then they didn't realize through halfway through uh, production, they're like, oh shit, we got to change these discs. So they started using the next disc, but instead of just axing all the copies they already made, they're like, ah, we'll just release them and deal with them because half the people won't even try to get it replaced. It'll be a big problem, but we'll deal with it then. Fuck, you know, JP, I bet you you are right. You know what? That totally does make sense. Yeah. And you know for a fact that there is people who are like, ah, fuck it, I can deal with it, man. Like Corndog, man, he's like, I got no fucking problem with this. I don't know if he ever said that he, if he's going to get it replaced or not but he even said in the video that he made he's like it doesn't fucking bother me yeah i seen the video and he he was just like you know it's not that bad it kind of sucks but it's like it's like whatever it's not gonna ruin my entire day it's still a pretty fantastic box set and he's like you know the transfer still looks pretty good i didn't even notice and, the audio you know and they were they were brainstorming this too going you know what you know if there's like a thousand people maybe maybe 114 are gonna return them mm-hmm yeah, and you know? you know what? To destroy all these box sets and put new ones in, it's going to cost us a lot more money than that. Let's just yep. release it, you know, knowing this problem exists. And, yep, I, that just is wait till what do you guys think? You think I'm right on that? They just waited till people start bitching, though, before saying anything. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't they say something before people started bitching? And they wait, then they could have addressed mm-hmm. the problem before everyone, you know. Well, my my only problem with the whole situation, or my you know my thoughts on the the Halloween was wasn't the transfers different from the Anchor so, Bay? I think Blu-rays? these are the same things, man. Okay. Because it, even the menus look the same to me. Yeah, I, I like I, I mean I haven't popped in the the other Anchor Bay one in a while, but. Um, I just don't. I just don't remember the transfers looking that good on yeah. 
the Anchor Bay ones, when I was watching you Halloween know. 4 last night and Halloween 5 today, I was thinking to myself going, fuck, these transfers are really good. I kind of feel the same way too because in my head I'm like, I'm like, but th- these ones feel a little better. But I don't know if it was just like I couldn't remember the what I felt back when I watched the uh, – Is the artwork I, different was, on the discs or is no. it the same artwork from the – I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive it's the same artwork too. Is yeah. the Scream Factory logo on it? No. Oh, then I, I don't would think, think it is. I, I, I mean, even be. even when you pop the DVD in, though, like the Scream Factory logo never like shows yeah, up but, in yeah. the intro either. But I mean, that doesn't really prove a lot because remember when I found the you oh, know yeah, the Australian the Aust- art on the Halloween yeah. <laughs> Rob Zombie's remake? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's that transfer. I, I don't get it, man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they just had a whole bunch know, of man. like discs laying around, and they just put them in the box set. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, these, exactly these will do. what it is, um, but like the me- like I I don't know, uh, but you know it's still a pretty cool box set. <laughs> oh, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, man. It's beautiful. But yeah, enough of that Halloween talk because we'll be talking more about Halloween here in a couple minutes, and I'm gonna end this mood swings. Uh, you know, segment off with, of course, the Rue Morgue uh, weird stat and morbid fact of the day. Now, this one right here is from one of the very first Rue Morgue issues I remember buying, actually, uh, from October of 2010. Uh, this was the uh, the October edition with um, uh, Anthony Perkins on the cover, this, um, Norman Bates on the cover. Fucking great issue. But this stat right here, <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. Um, and, and I'm sure you guys will laugh too. The, the reason why I picked this one is because it's, you know, you guys will, you guys will understand. Um, I just got to find it here. Okay. So Canada customs, <laughs> there we go. Right. Sorry, Canada customs, Canada customs recently banned two whore themed beverages, zombie and blood potion, which come in transfusion style bags from entering the country, allegedly due to their caffeine content. <laughs> well, I'm happy, I didn't, I'm happy I didn't. I've seen those before. I'm happy I didn't throw I those fucking, in the box with you, man. Oh my god, I swim through that. I I remember laughing so hard reading this. I was actually on the airplane when I bought this. I was on my way to Vegas one time, and I picked this magazine up, and I started laughing so hard. I'm like, really, caffeine? I really, really hope that they don't open your box and customs. For one, it's taped like it's going to Bosnia again. And for oh, two, God. they're going to open it up and you're going to be like, why the fuck is there combos, fright rags, and trick cereal in this box? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. All righty, guys. So that's going to do it for Mood Swings. And, uh, yeah, so we are going to be talking about, well, the first half of one of the most recognized and liked franchises out there. Everybody knows about this franchise. It doesn't really need much introduction. And that, of course, is the first five films of the Halloween franchise. As always, there will be spoilers in these franchise discussions because you can't talk about one film without spoiling the ending of another film, especially yeah. in the yeah. you know first couple Halloween films, you know you part one and two. You haven't seen the Halloween films, then. Yeah, we definitely don't have to spoil part three, but one, two, four, and five. Yeah, spoilers. Pretty hard to talk about, but of course um, the original Halloween film uh, from 1978, directed by John Carpenter. JP, you're gonna say something? Yeah, I was just gonna say 
Um, do you guys think that this franchise has the most hardcore fans out of any horror franchise or character? Mm, I think Jason. It's a little I, bit more hardcore. I don't know, man. You know, to be honest, I think Halloween does. I think a yeah. lot of a lot of people. I mean, if you took a poll, you know, like what's your favorite, uh, you know, slasher vault? I think I think Mike Myers is going to come up there. Well, why don't you guys let us know in the comments below who do you choose as your favorite? horror slasher character and we'll yeah. see you know, and we'll see who comes i don't on even top. mean like the um like quantity of fans i mean like the hardcoreness of them like halloween fans are just these like just yeah, yeah. obsessed thing like the people who are like real like big like mike myers fans and halloween fans like they just seem like they go way uh you know a couple steps ahead of of um, what pe- people do for you know Jason or Freddy, you know, it, you know, like for collectibles and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. collectibles and masks and just oh yeah, um, masks. Expe- oh you know, yeah, that's Editions right. like how yeah. many have you seen people that have like a million and a half Halloween DVD editions? You know, not even not even editions. Like even on the horror pages, like I see people selling custom Michael Myers masks all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. at least a few a week, like a labyrinth. You know mache type halloween michael myers mask so that Mm -hmm. that is a good point yeah yeah and i don't mean to insult anybody by saying they're like hardcore or anything i'm just saying like like i I, i've my experiences with the halloween fans has just been like these guys are are hardcore serious about their halloween films halloween night a small american town Fifteen years ago. Michael? I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. Totally charted. Oh, sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have Halloween. <laughs> okay, come on out.
Alrighty, so Halloween. Does uh, JP? Do you want to give the honors of the <laughs> the uh, the plot of this film? Halloween from the year 1978, the Jonathan Carpenter classic. Oh, Jonathan. This film follows an escaped mental patient who was institutionalized after killing his sister as a child. Uh, It is some years later, he escapes, he goes back to his hometown where he is stalking a group of of teenage girls high school babysitters meanwhile his doctor who has been looking after him played by donald pleasance is trying to track him down and stop him before the craziness and murder gets taken out on the whole town i wish Haydenfield, illinois was a real place because i'd totally fucking go there (laughs) i wish it was real yeah that's unfortunate i would like to visit it it also <laughs> so how do you guys uh how do you guys feel about halloween have you ever have you ever seen it before really <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> only about 80 times oh god i've seen this movie so many times um so where do we, where do you guys want to start you know this is one of those films that is so hard to talk about because everybody said everything about it but mm-hmm. I, I figured we could just kind of give our opinions on it and like kind of our experiences with it so i guess i'll start off with this Halloween to me was never one of my favorites. Like I grew up as a Freddy kid, a Jason kid. Like I barely even noticed Michael Myers. Like I knew him and I knew the films, but I just wasn't into him. It wasn't until about high school where I finally decided to sit down and watch the original. I was like, you know what? This is pretty solid, but I'm still not overly blown away by it. And as the years went on, man, it's just grown on me and grown on me and grown on me. And now it would, you know, it makes my top greatest horror films of all time. And I, one thing that I noticed when watching the first two films is it feels like, one, the film was lightning in a bottle, right? I mean, so many things worked so well. Like, just imagine if the score wasn't there, you know? Oh, the score's probably the best part of the film. Yeah, just imagine if they didn't get the mask, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many different, like, variables that, that could have made this film... Sl- it would have just been known as, like, a cool kind of slasher, right? I mean... There's so many things that went right uh, for this film to become what it is and be as iconic as it is. One thing that I always noticed with the first two films is it feels like there is no shot that isn't like planned. Like every like everything feels like it's so specifically done on purpose. Like even you know where the actors and characters are standing. And yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying that because it's held at such a high like standard like it's such a like beloved film but i actually feel this way like you look at it and you're like like this shot was designed to look exactly like this and you know i feel the exact same way about this film because it's literally the first thing that comes to my mind when i think about halloween is the cinematography is just fucking excellent in it it's shot so beautifully um you know for being such a did you guys actually know how much this film was made for Six hundred seventy-five thousand. 675 so you know even in those days it was still relatively that was low as hell i heard it was low budget thousand 300 i heard six you know but either way but either way though it's still relatively low budget and stuff but i mean this movie looks like a way higher budget film in my eyes and you know it's it's just the look of this movie and it's executed so perfectly um i've always thought personally that the score by john carpenter is 
one of the most i mean it's so recognizable but the way he cues up the music in the film is perfect it's it's so perfect to the to the way it's shot and the way the cinematography it just it's such an important thing for horror because not only is it um important because we wouldn't have this movie but this movie is one of the rare cases where the horror genre actually gets respect from the mainstream film world and that is like huge for us you know and huge for the genre I think even like mainstream critics and stuff can yeah like honest, they can honestly say yeah they can honestly say that Halloween is an is is an excellent looking film and you know it's a it's a good film you know it doesn't happen a lot in these type of movies but you can't deny it mm-hmm. it's just it, it just it it goes together so well <laughs> um, it's ah. so crazy when you actually sit back and watch this film with. Uh, like a critical mind, you know, because mm-hmm. when we're reviewing these films, we kind Horroristic of gaze. Do you guys kind of watch them in a different way than you would if you would just, you know, chill and watch in Halloween, right? I mean, we when we're reviewing them, we're trying to pay attention to things that that we um, need to talk about. So, like, you just really do notice the brilliance of of like you said, like the cue of the score, so much more. It's like literally perfectly timed. It's amazing, yeah. like that that this even was created. Mm-hmm. It brings out every scene. It, it, it's, it's almost chilling how well the music works. I actually like the way Laurie, the shots are developed. I actually like Laurie's theme more than Michael's theme, like the intro theme. Hmm. I know that's kind of a, a kind of a nay nay thing to say that you like another, well, another song in the film more than the, you know, iconic opening theme, you know, but not really. I mean, I've actually heard other people say that before too, but you know, in my opinion, I actually do prefer the Halloween two theme more than the original one. Oh yeah, one. me too. It's so yeah. much symphonizing. It's yeah. just a little. It's just a little more amped up, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. noticeable. You know, yeah. it's, it's I do slightly too. noticeable, and I think it. I think it really does work for you know Halloween two, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, I mean, I've actually heard people say that before, Jeremy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love. Ashamed of. I love Laurie's theme. I think it's so. Whenever I hear it, I just get that warm, nostalgic feeling inside that it's like, oh, it's Halloween time. And, you know, you know, hearing, you know, the wind outside and things like that. I just I just love that song. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I like the um, the opening to this film when they go to the, you know, after the main opening, the point of view shot and stuff, uh, when they go to the. Uh, in sanitarium and he escapes like i always find that scene like very creepy when all those people are like standing out in their robes and stuff like uh in in the dark like stormy night loomis and stuff i I really love that scene Mm -hmm. it's a great scene does the exact same thing for me you know it's so it's so kind of subtle you know there's not that much you know it's not just kind of drawn out or anything it's subtle but it works you know like pretty much everything in this movie is kind of it's just, you know, it's subtle and it's executed perfectly. Nothing's ever kind of drawn out to the point where it's like, ugh. Even the editing is beautiful, especially in some of the later sequences, especially the, when uh, Lori goes and she's downstairs and she hears the noise upstairs and she goes up and finds, uh, you know, the body on the bed, the iconic scene with Mrs. Myers. But I love how um, as the scene goes on, the editing becomes quicker and quicker and quicker as she gets nearer and nearer to the to the uh, danger and it really it really adds a sense of you know suspense and oh shit in the spectator because you know it's not something that you really notice is more of an unconscious type of a thing but the editing next time you watch it just pay attention it's it's 
really, really quick as the scene goes on. And I, I well, just find it so brilliant. You know, if you actually pay attention to your heart rate at that moment right there, when the editing is starting to go a little bit faster, your yeah. heart rate goes up. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a subconscious thing. You start to notice it a little bit. But yeah. it's totally, that's a good point. That's The editing is fantastic. It's so brilliant. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and Lori herself, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, you know, I've said this before, and, and I, I stand by it even watching it this time. I, I don't think there's anything particularly amazing about her in the original Halloween. Like, I feel like she uh, is definitely good in the film. Like, it's like it, she works and stuff. I'm not saying she doesn't, but I don't see her and put her high on a pedestal like other people do because i honestly just feel like other people could have done just as good of a job Mm -hmm. i've always thought this exact same thing man i mean you know she's fine in the role i think everybody's actually pretty good in this film but what like what i've never been able to understand is why her performance is that what people talk is it more about her performance i don't know that separates her from any other type of film and final girl and stuff like that. Well, I think it's because she's the main, she's the main image that pops into your mind when you think about the final girl in the slasher genre. Like not my mind, but really who pops into your mind as being like the first final girl besides the Texas first. Chainsaw? Well, if I'm thinking like the first final girl, I would probably think Sally from Chainsaw. Yeah, but, but Sally gets saved by um, fa- a male force. Lori. The Doesn't f- Donald. Hmm. What do you mean? Mm. Yeah, he I guess. Pops Myers with the shot him six times. You know what I mean? Mm, well, yeah. I mean, if if you're looking at like Final Girls and like what comes to mind first, it doesn't have to be the very first one or whatever. However, but you I want think to she's put like it, the but... most like famous one when people think about the Final Girl. Like Laurie Strode is like yeah, the main person that pops into your because mind. Halloween is the most famous slasher. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm cool with that. But. From that angle, that totally makes sense. But me, for me personally, it's always Heather Langenkamp for just. That's a good. That's my yeah. like second main fight. Like when I think of a final yeah. girl, I picture like the image. Like he asked me who I think of the first final girl. I think of um, Sally. But when yeah, I think too. of yeah. like the quintessential like my the image I think of when somebody mentions final girl is actually Heather Langenkamp as mm. Nancy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm right with you on that. Yeah, I, I think it just depends on how you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, maybe I'm biased. You know, taking this horror class, we we talked about the Final Girl quite a bit, and of course, everyone brought up Laurie Strode. So maybe that's the only. And even when I'm reading, you know, like uh, Carol Clover is probably the most. But do you think maybe it's a popularity it. thing though too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think maybe because more people just you know they just automatic halloween you know laurie strode you know just kind of goes hand in hand yeah. i mean let's be let's be honest more people know who um she is than you know heather langenkamp kind of thing oh, yeah. so it, it, it kind of almost is a popularity thing maybe it's like more of a pop culture type of a thing it not only be. that but i mean like yeah. halloween has a lot of things going for it um you know one it pretty much created the slasher genre you know obviously there's been influences before uh, halloween and with black christmas and some extent people say peeping tom but also it is set on a holiday which is instantly recognizable to people in pop culture um and it also has such an iconic killer and all of those things i think automatically uh, makes 
uh, Jamie Lee Curtis popular by association, right? Mm-hmm. So it's I think it comes yeah. from that and less yeah. about what she actually does in the film, uh, her performance and character and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know? I you mean, know who 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 is fantastic though? Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Donald Pleasance is great. He's always good though. He always brings lots of flavor and Yeah. People maybe think that, that maybe, maybe it's that accent, I don't know. <laughs> if you would ask uh people what this story is, you know, a lot of people would say it's about Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers, but I've always felt like the true, you know, character to michael myers was donald pleasant's sam loomis like i've always felt like he was the the real um you know protagonist that that, that's a good that's a good um way of looking at things right there i mean i find with donald pleasant's you know dr loomis's character i mean he completely feels responsible for what's going on right to a completely unhealthy degree because he feels that, you know, he should have been like, he kind of puts it all himself. You know, he's been looking after Michael for all these years and whatnot. And he wasn't there. He broke out. And now he basically, he needs to snatch him up. He needs to get him back there. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. And the thing, you know, we'll touch on it later as the films go on. But to me, I always felt like the Halloween films change a lot as the series goes on. And they kind of change in a way where it's not an evolution. It's just a, it's just something different. But I feel like Donald Pleasant's character is the one constant throughout the entire, you know, oh, main yeah. part of the series. And actually, uh, as as the series goes along, he, it seems like he gets a little more agitated too. No, he does, and yeah. that is all an arc. And you give that credit to Donald Pleasant's for Staying actually carrying it. that yeah. with. His character through the films, even though it probably wasn't written in all the films, he, I have a feeling he had a huge influence on where his character went and what <laughs> his performance was, man. It's, because it, you can feel it get oh, more and more as the films go on. Totally, it's the way he delivers lines and, and and like you know what he's saying and stuff. But it's really, really noticeable in part five. It is. It is because and, of what's going on with the whole telepathic, you know, storylines and stuff. You know, like you know, so he's like really, really agitated because now he's kind of dealing with two things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and now he's like, holy fuck, <laughs> you know. But we'll get there. But I always thought that was quite interesting because I actually thought about that today about how agitated he becomes. <clears throat> yeah, his character is the same throughout one, two. Four, five, and six. Yet he is an evolved version as the film goes on. He's still mm. he, there's nothing different about him um, in terms of like it's still the same person. Like Myers changes each film. You know what I mean? He feels different. He looks yeah. different. Stuff like that. Loomis yeah. evolves. He is a de- or, or devolves actually. You know because um, he gets crazier and crazier. I, and I, I that's why Sam Loomis is to me one of the greatest <laughs> characters. Um, he's so insane by part six man i think a lot of his you know of you know his character arcing and becoming more agitated and and quite obviously loses it just (laughs) yeah he's starting to lose a little bit um you know is due to the fact of the end of halloween Mm too right and and the after effects of of you know between halloween two and then halloween four which is 10 years um you know what happens to him at the end of halloween two 
and then having to deal with that. And then when you get to see him for the first time in Halloween four, what he looks like, I mean, dude, all he wants to do is just put this guy behind fucking closed walls, man. Yeah. And <laughs> He's that guy is a quote machine, off. dude. Like Carpenter wrote like probably the best dialogue of his career in for Sam Loomis. Like when he wrote for Sam Loomis, I mean like the, the, the quote city says is just like poetic. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very I iconic. love that about Donald Pleasance's character, man. Like he, del- his it. delivery is just it is. So, it, so, it's so elegant too. It but is. It's, it's perfect that he's British too, though. I find. Yeah. But it's, it's not like a up. real thick and annoying kind. No, it, it it's like a, yeah, you don't, accent. you don't even notice unless you're like really paying attention to it. I think it's because I've seen Donald. I've seen like so many movies with him in there. Like yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I notice it. But yeah, he's in like every public domain movie in those box sets. <laughs> he's in a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, he's in fucking a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, the one part in Halloween that it, ever since I've watched this movie for as long as I've watched this movie that I could never wrap my fucking head around that it just makes absolutely no sense to me is the fact that Kim at this point, Michael's been locked up for 15 years. Yeah. So he breaks, so he breaks out of Smith's Grove and you know, he's doing his thing. He's coming home and uh, (laughs) where did he learn to drive? Well, if you would watch Adam Green's short film that came out a couple Halloween's ago, you would know exactly where he learned to drive. Okay, well, that makes no fucking sense. But for the other person, so you're <laughs> well, watching this movie for the first time. Well, they explained in part time. six, actually. Well, okay, I haven't watched part six in a while. But anyways, again, my point is, is that you're watching this movie going, okay, this kid was institutionalized when he was, you know, very yeah. young. He's been there for 15 years. He's quite old enough to drive, but he's quite obviously never drove. Yeah, but and, do you hear what he, Donald Pleasant says, right? Yeah. Says, well, maybe somebody gave him lessons. Oh come on! <laughs> I know, that's such I know, but that's, bullshit. But, that's but it like, happened. If you look, part six says that it happened, so just because they needed to come up with a reason. Yeah, so that's yeah, what I they know. said. Obviously, but that's, that's totally what they did. But we know for a fact that there's no way that they're giving driving lessons to somebody like that but who's never let, ever going to be able to use a fucking a license, drive, like a license. Let me just give you something that could kind of ease your mind on this a little bit. I yeah. used to drive when I was like six. Okay. Not, yeah. not like full pedals and everything, but I sat on my pap's lap, lap and Same. drove, steered and stuff, you Same. know. Same. And I yeah, feel you know. like maybe, you know, by the time I got older, I like, I might have been able to just hop in a car and and like at least drive a little bit. But he's never seen it unless, you know, they might have a child there. But that's different though, JP. I mean, it's not like you were starting the car. Yeah, where the fuck did he get the keys? managing the gas and brake and also putting it into gear i mean there's other things that you do have to learn it doesn't just come natural yeah right? like so for well, i've been always found it weird that michael myers drives at all period because it's just like your slasher killer doesn't drive it's just yeah. that, that feels well weird. that was bringing to me to my next point because yeah what kind of slasher like could you imagine freddie just jumps in a fucking <laughs> jumps in a honda in a and like hey <laughs> not, yeah. not as much as freddie i could see freddie because he was like a person but yeah, he's in like the dream world he like rides on broomsticks and shit yeah not like jay exactly. i can't see jason driving <laughs> yeah yeah dude i definitely couldn't see jason driving uh-huh. <laughs> actually leatherface I, I just can't picture leatherface driving for some weird reason yeah. just 
I don't know. I can maybe see like Pinhead like driving like a low rider. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's the one part in Halloween that's always kind of yeah. annoyed and me I a little agree. bit. I agree too. Yeah, because it just really doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, it's a little grit, you know, a little gripe on the film. But, you know, to be honest, it doesn't really affect the overall product no, just, at all. It's just it's kind of a little, you know, whatever. But I don't know. But uh, I don't know. You guys have any issues with any things you've noticed that were just kind of bug you about the film? No, but I, I always like I, I actually don't have really anything that. I can really point as like something that bugged me or negative besides what you said about Michael Myers driving and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that when they're smoking weed, they like see their dad and they're like, put it out, put it out. But they just roll up to him and like, you know, damn well, he'd be smelling that. Yeah. I've noticed that. that it, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 He's a cop. You know, he's definitely going to smell it. Like maybe you know, like I almost wish they would have had him like do like an act or an, um, like 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 almost have like a certain face like like he knew about it but he just you know let it slide because he's like a cool cop dad or something but mm-hmm. i never seen any like indication that he was aware of the smell yeah but you see stupid shit like that happen all the time in movies like yeah. like i'm just gonna say this as an example of it like the end of ferris bueller when he's at the stop sign and his dad's right next to him it's like really how do you not know that's your kid well there's a lot of silly shit in ferris bueller i know but I always thought that, you know, it was interesting that Laurie was smoking weed in, in you know, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just because like, it that's just not your characteristics of your final girl. Ah. Well, ex- exactly. And also that you could tell that she was very, she was very proper. The way she dressed, you know, the way she acted, mm-hmm. the way she talked. She was a proper person. Her her friends, on the other hand, were the, they were the weed smokers. They were the partiers. They were the ones having sex, you know, and stuff totally. like that. So, oh, yeah, you know, totally. And it, and it just seems like, you know, for her to be smoking weed with her with her friend it's just i don't know it it's doesn't it didn't seem like a very final girl characteristic let me well, ask just, you guys something like are any of these do. are any of these three girls like hot pj souls all the way pj souls is good looking she's good yeah. she's good looking I mean, and carried like, too none of them seem like i like maybe it's just like a disconnect with the times but like <laughs> i don't know man i i don't think he, like jamie lee or pj souls or the other one is very attractive like, I mean, they're all, like, pretty and stuff, you know what I mean? But, like, like I don't see them as, like, hot girls. I mean, I don't find any of them. I don't find them hot, but yeah, they're not yeah. ugly. Because I always hear people, like, talk about PJ Souls as, like, kind of the primary one where, like, it seems like a lot of people crush on her from this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. I kind of crush on her more from Carrie than this film, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Uh, hmm. So um, I love the feeling of Halloween. Like this, the the reason that this film works so well to watch on Halloween, you know, it's set on Halloween, but but it has like the 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 feeling of when you're a kid with um the the, the babysitted kids, uh, Tommy Doyle or whatever, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Lindsay Wallace. Like like they're just sitting there watching monster movies, a uh, thing, a thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and eating popcorn. And this was before like cell phones and shit and. Yeah. You know, the carving pumpkins and shit. Like, like no kid's excited to do this anymore. But that was me when I was a kid. Oh, you me know, this too. This stuff still existed 100%. when I was there. And, you know, I would get, like, super excited with a big-ass bowl of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Remember when eating popcorn was something, like, special? I love eating popcorn. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, a it was something special you did. Like, it just seems so, like, basic now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, like I just scene. love that fail, man. I, I, it, it does. It's... 
there's many scenes in this film that are very nostalgic for me. Also, the scene where Tommy uh, meets up with Lori when they're going to school there. Yeah, dude. You know, and he's really excited. He's like, yeah, you're going to come over. We're going to watch blah, 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 and do all this stuff. Like, that was literally me. Yeah. Because I used to be babysat by my neighbor. <laughs> was she hot? Yeah, was she a cutie? She was. She was super hot. And that's the funny <laughs> thing. She was, like, super hot. And I used to walk to school with her, too, and stuff. Because she was a couple, you know, a few years older than I was. And, uh, but it, that that was me. That was me. And it just brought back those nostalgic memories. And just being so excited throughout the daytime at school. And you're like, ah, oh, I get to go trick-or-treating tonight. Yeah, dude. And shit yeah. like that. And, you know, and you're just ultimately super excited and you can feel that in tommy like i always i legitimately still, excited i still go by my childhood friend's house on halloween just because that's i always did that growing up so it's like kind of like a tr- nostalgic that i still just go over there on halloween for a few hours just because mm-hmm. i always have so even though i'm 20 years old i never go trick-or-treating anymore it's just it's just fun to go over there and look out the window and see the kids trick-or-treating and things like that very mm-hmm. nostalgic i love halloween Along with all of those things that make this film feel close to you guys in terms of, you know, like the nostalgic stuff, um, it also has the, you know, spooky house that every neighborhood has one of, you know, the one, the one like dilapidated, mm-hmm. you know, spooky house that no, no kid will <laughs> oh, yeah, go by. Like yeah. everybody has one of those. And, and that's something that is just missing from films today. Like mm-hmm. you never see that type of stuff that, that stuff that, um, lets you know that this is like like a town that you lived in you know like that anybody could have lived in and and you hear a lot of people say that about the original halloween that why it um resonates so well with everybody is because of the town that that any any town usa type thing you know what i mean yeah yeah i i agree man i mean it, it just uh, growing up in my neighborhood, there was this one house, man, and it it, it kind of sucked actually because the people that owned it before they were I I used to think that they were a little more creepy than they actually were. I think for that that I wanted them to be more creepy. You know what I'm saying? You guys ever have those people in your neighborhood? But yeah. But anyways, this this uh, the lady that lived in this house. Um, she used to hand out like candy apples and stuff. But, you know, she would, you know, tell the parents and stuff like she was known and stuff. But the way she would hand them, she would like dress up in, you know, this witch outfit, but like creepy <laughs> fucking outfit, man. And have like the whole Jack Rachel on the outside and like the mute, everything, man. And she would have like smoke machine. Like it was fucking crazy. It's like man. my childhood, my childhood friend's mom that I still go over to. She like goes like all decked out with with like yeah. f- and we used to um, we used to dress up like one of my friends used to dress up as like a dummy. And she would put like huge candy bars inside of a bowl, and she would sit on the front porch with a sign that said "Only take one." <laughs> and when I got I, on that one too, and that's called the honor bowl. Yeah, when everybody's yeah. if like somebody Every- would be like, "Oh," and they would like take more than two, she would like pop up and scare the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, and so it was the funniest thing ever. Oh you man, know, I just I love- shit my pants. That happened to me one time too. I just love fucking with people on Halloween. This is fun. I got two but- quick stories about Halloween, if you don't mind. Uh, so the back what Moods was saying about his creepy lady in the town. We had one um, called Crazy Helen, and this was in my friend's neighborhood actually. But um, she was absolutely like actually nuts. So her windows in her upstairs were like all busted out and shit. Like, but she lived there. Like, she not no like tape up against the wall or anything. It was crazy as hell. 
you you would ride past our house at night and you never you would go past as fast as possible in, in the morning you would wake up and go outside and, and pots and pans would be laying all out in her yard and stuff she would just throw them out the windows and you never <laughs> seen her go get them but they would be in the house eventually and then they would be out again and there was one time where um, some kids – now this was obviously a story that, that that has been passed down. But there was some kids who climbed on a roof one day and she would always talk to herself. Like You could hear her talking to herself like outside of her house and she would scream at night and talk talk to like voices. And I've heard her do this. But they said they was on the roof and she was like, shut up. Shut up. There's no demons outside. There's no demons on the roof. You shut up now <laughs> or something. <laughs> and it's just this woman was creepy as well, what does she? What does she look like? Does she look like scary? Like a did, witch? Like wrinkly like skin? and bitch. Yes. <laughs> gray hair? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I actually forgot about the trick-or-treating story that I wanted to tell. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Wait, would you have oh, yeah, Halloween yeah, stories? Um, I always think that the worst candy, there's like three bad candies. Yeah. There's the, there's candy corn, which I hate. I hate candy corn. Uh, especially when somebody gives you a handful of candy corn, it's like, it's just going to be in the bottom of the bag and it's going to be like terrible. No one's going to eat it cause your hands are all over. <laughs> that, yeah. Then there's the awful, awful, like peanut butter, gloopy, globby, black and orange wax paper wrapped mary jane candies that are yeah, awful are shit, and everybody man. knows about those and i don't know what you had nobody sells them i never see them these old people like find them somewhere they're like ancient like they had them they when stocked they up on them, them yeah. away they bought um, about 20 halloween's worth you know and, and, and you have enough ramen to last through the winter and by far <laughs> the worst the worst trick-or-treating item that you get is pennies because they drop them in your bag and they get all over your candy corn and now you really don't want to eat your candy corn and there used to be this old black lady who lived up in in the patch and she had like this fence around her yard and her yard was like filled with dirt like some like like she's outside like hoeing like dirt and stuff like this is like some classic like movie type old old black lady and her name was uh aunt dolly none of us were her ne- or her nephews or anything but she was still aunt dolly and she um <laughs> she had like scarecrows out in her yard and stuff but never grew anything like all year long like a scarecrow out in a like dirt thing the like vines was growing up over the fences and stuff and she would give us pennies for trick-or-treating but she was nice pennies i've never seen anybody give anybody pennies she was really yeah, that, poor. that's interesting she would really- have any funny halloween stories Oh God, I have so many. <laughs> we could be here all night with those, man. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to get into them. I, yeah. I, I, I could seriously tell them all night, man. I got so many <laughs> funny ones. But um, but yeah, I think one of my most of my, my my one of my favorite things about Halloween is the atmosphere that's captured in this film. Not only at nighttime, but in the daytime. Yeah, I am one hundred percent with you on that, dude. Because you can pop this in like after school type of uh you know afternoon where the sun's just starting to go down a little bit mm-hmm. and it still like works just as well if you would watch it late at night on halloween because it, it goes through the whole day right the morning of yeah. halloween when she's walking to school with the leaves blown and shit and then sort of the a- end of the night when they're driving home from school walking home from school and stuff and you can pop it in and it, and it feels right at any time of the day during uh you know october Hmm. exactly perfect in my opinion 
Yeah, man. And, you know, the the end scene, you know, like the whole like chase sequence and the, the stuff in the, um, you know, the house and the closet and stuff. Uh, man, all that is some like like standard great slasher stuff right there. They, they you know, cr- created the genre from that kind of stuff. There's so many iconic scenes in this film with, you know, like, it's almost like a perfect stock and slash film with iconic, yes. you know, just, just the way he utilizes, you know, the back, like the way, I mean, the one scene in this film that I've always remembered, you know, when I think of Halloween is the scene where, uh, where, um, Laurie's standing in the doorway and, you know, she's taking out Michael and, uh, he sits up behind her. Yeah. You know yeah. the scene? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. love the way that shot, but, you know, it was kind of like the first of its kind, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. obviously been mimicked a thousand times. Yeah, but it's like cliched as hell now. Exactly. But my point is there's so many shots in this film that have been, you know, obviously done to death now. But, you know, this is the film. This is where they all came from. Mm-hmm. A lot of these iconic shots. And that one right there is always stuck in my mind. It's just being so brilliantly executed. It's creepy as fuck, man. He sits up. He does like this perfect sit up, you know? Yeah, and Myers is like, you know, very much an animal in this film. You know, he's he's he doesn't have any, uh, you know, personality to him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the scene where he's just like in the background, and he just like you know, like his mask slowly appears, like it's dark, and then it slowly appears in the in the background. Oh, I love that shot, dude. Mm-hmm. I love when great. he like sits up though. It's awesome. Like after Lori stabs him, and he just like yeah. sits up. It's like. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and there's so many of those type of type of shots in, mm-hmm. in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know Yeah, I didn't know what I want to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really know what else to say about the movie. I mean, just there's so many things that are just executed so perfectly in this film. Yeah, like that. the shot where he is, you know, after he stabs dude and he like tilts his head, like that's been talked about the death, but I mean that 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 shows like 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 it's like a dog right like it's it's like somebody who isn't human who's like tilting his head and like kind of in wonder about what he just did and that always seems to be brought up by people that aren't fans of halloween or michael myers and stuff they're like well michael myers he's got no personality all he does is you know tilt his head and stuff and i'm like that's the point yeah that's that's exactly that, what he's all about he's just that's what he is he's a monster he's, he's not fucking, he's not a human he's um, the shape he's the boogeyman he's yeah. a fucking he's not supposed to be human i mean theoretically he's fucking flesh and blood but you know the point is is you know he's evil yeah that right? part of him you know left long ago the human part and now what's left is just you know the the devil's eyes exactly dr loomis and uh yeah i mean we I'm actually surprised we was able to cover this much on the original Halloween because I thought we wasn't going to have anything to say because there's so much to say about it, man. There's still more to say about it. It's it's all been said, but I feel like we tackled it in a way that maybe, you know, not everybody has. I'm actually kind of, you know, happy with that conversation. But I, Mm -hmm. I mean, do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I do. Actually, I got, you know, not not another, um, you know, gripe with the film or anything, but. I've always asked this question to myself, and I still to this day don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene in the film, and you know, it's it's kind of one of the only ones really in the in the franchise. I mean, there's brief scenes I think in the later sequels and stuff, but it's not as you know captured as this scene where might you actually see his face in this oh, film? Yeah, yeah, and like the shadows. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, get that's to, like the main you, argument with the film. You get to you get to see it now. My question is: Is that good or bad for the film? I mean, I think it, I like it. Well, we'll get into that when we talk about Halloween too. But I actually I, like that you see his face because it. I feel like it's it's so brief though that like mm-hmm. obviously if you if you've seen it a bunch of times like you kind of like have pause to it down yeah but but like yeah. when I first seen it 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 was to where I literally was like moving my head to try to see through the shadows even though like you can't do that mm-hmm. but like. And I'm like, and by the when he put the mask on, I felt like I still didn't see anything. It's like it was just a glimpse behind the mask, but um, I, I thought it like added something to it. I, I'm not sure exactly what that is. Well, I understand what Carpenter was doing with that. I mean, he's basically showing you that Michael is theoretically a human. Well, I think scene. it's also one of those things where you have to show the boogeyman's face. Like you have to show um your killer's face like you can't like i think the audience would feel pissed off if you don't do that you know see i see i don't know man see i kind of find myself always leaning towards the fact that maybe seeing his face isn't a good thing for myself but for myself personally i mean obviously people are going to think differently and they're like oh yeah we got to see his face it's fucking awesome me on the other hand i've always been kind of on the fence with it and i i think you know after talking about it i think that i'm leaning towards the fact that i don't really care for it that much yeah, that I that I see his face because me personally, I don't really need to see it. You know, I, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, what but he I looks think like you're also the looking at it from seeing the film. Like you're at the point of view where you've seen the film so many times. Like I'm mm-hmm. saying, when I seen it, like we seen his face, but I didn't see his face. Like yeah, I see, yeah. I thought I seen his face. I in my yeah. head, I kind of saw his face, but I really didn't see it. So. Like I feel like there's actually something that it does to you that's actually beyond like just um, just seeing it or whatever. Like I feel like it tricks your head and like makes you feel like I, I can't figure out exactly. I would have to think about it more, but it makes me feel like confused or like irritated or like something like that. And I think it kind of is effective in that way. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. in your first viewing mm-hmm. or your you, you know. But repeat viewings, obviously, it changes. But yeah. back then, I just remember it making me like really uneasy because I was like, I, like, like you I you don't know what he looks see, like. Yeah, like, but yeah. I still don't know. Like he yeah. showed me his face, but I still don't know what he looks like. It, it was like yeah. kind of like scary or something. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. There's another scene in the film too. Um, Jeremy, do you got anything about on that? No, 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 no. On the face. Okay, so there's an there's another scene in the film that I've always thought about from different kind of point of views too. Of kind of beating around the bush on this one now michael is supposed to represent you know pure evil he's not human he is fucking so basically he's an evil shape and Mm, he's not really supposed to have a personality okay now this brings me to the scene where (laughs) i think it's fucking brilliant but it does kind of contradict a little bit if if you look at it the way i'm explaining it you're talking about the sheet scene Yes, where Michael puts the sheet. Yeah, Yeah, because when you think about it, Michael shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, it's kind of like funny. He should really – he should take out her fucking boyfriend, Mm -hmm. walk upstairs and stab the shit out of fucking – out of the girl. Well – You know, and theoretically, but he's putting this on. He's kind of toying with her a little bit and like that shows that he does have a personality because to me, it's kind of fucking funny that he's doing that. I think the scene's brilliant, but yeah, but that's because you know, we've seen it, it so is contradictory a little bit. Like that's that. an interesting yeah. point. Moods. I've never thought uh, now I've never thought that I, I, I actually have thought that in the past, but I've never brought mm-hmm. it up. 
Um, but I was always thinking like, okay, so first we have to examine why Michael Myers would do this. Is it only to fuck with him or fuck with her? Or is there another reason why he would do this? And I haven't been able to think of anything that is just he wanted to fuck with her. Can you guys like think of any other reason uh, why this character who is supposed to be like this type of character that will stare at a wall for 10 years and you know not look at the wall but look past the wall to well, yeah because uh, it's Halloween not like night. he's concerned about you know i mean if you okay you put it you take it from this point of view michael say he you know he's not supposed to have this personality and stuff like that but he shouldn't be worried about anything that's up there therefore he shouldn't be worried about her seeing him come up the stairs and freaking out and causing a ruckus and possibly yeah, getting away. Yeah, that's uncharacteristic of him. It's that's very like unca- Jason. Jason wants to, you know, like get everybody by themselves and shit like yeah. that. Like he's more of like a plotter. Um, so basically what like, you know, by him putting the sheet on there, it's kind of suppressing that whole that possible scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. she sees thinking it's her boyfriend and, and she's she plays along. She totally thinks that's it's her PJ boyfriend. PJ Souls, isn't it? Yeah, PJ yeah, Souls. Yeah, yeah, she plays along with it, going, "Oh fuck, you know, whatever. Where's my fucking beer? You know, yeah. shit like that, right?" And then, and then it doesn't go too well. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, what is he doing? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like some way to justify it because I do think it's uncharacteristic of him, and oh, it's I do... completely uncharacteristic. I think that there, I don't think there's any way around it. I've oh. thought about this so many times, and every time I watch the movie, I think the same thing. I'm like, is Michael actually? A comedian? <laughs> oh, what a great <laughs> audience. I find it fucking hilarious. I find that part just so comical every time I see it. It just cracks me up. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's that... Um, I, I think even if you tried to explain it as... Uh, well, he was just trying to, you know, uh, sneak up on her and kill her that way. Like, maybe he wasn't trying to, like, fuck with her. But just, you know, the other way where he's just trying to not... Um, you know, startle her and, and stuff like that. I still don't think that. I think you're right that it, it still doesn't fit right because it's just not something he would do in, in this film, yeah. in, in yeah. the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. It, he isn't the type to plot out, you know, putting this thing, the sheet on, and and putting. And I think the big thing is the glasses. Like putting the glasses on too. Oh yeah, the makes makes him seem like he's actually trying to portray the the boyfriend which just doesn't seem like something he would do exactly exactly so i mean no matter how you look at it i think it's it is a little peculiar that carpenter didn't really think about that think about that i mean i'm maybe he did maybe he just didn't care i don't know but it, yeah, that's I, I find it, i've never I thought find, about that yeah it's a little peculiar and it's a little odd and strange but i don't know i but oddly enough it's still an awesome re- scene. Oh, I have yeah. really no issues with the scene. You know, yeah. maybe I'm overthinking this, but I'm sure other people maybe have thought of this. You know, the same thing that I thought of. But I mean, it, it still works. You know, yeah. oddly enough, it really does work. And I think in a lot of films, I don't think it would. But this one, oddly enough, it does. Like I said, so I don't know. Um, what else to say about that scene? I it's great. Um, I, Jeremy, I, you brought up that uh, they're watching the thing in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just love the fact that that they're watching the Howard Hawks uh, theme and like the, the openings and the opening sequence like comes up that we ultimately see Carpenter, you know, 
yeah. copy a few years later. But. Yeah, it's, that's so weird that you know he ended up doing it. I what, wonder if he had that like. In his so, mind. Yeah, I bet he definitely. Um, maybe he didn't think like I want to remake the thing, but he was obviously mm-hmm. a big fan of it. So, mm-hmm. um, oh no, yeah, that's exactly why he did. I've actually never seen thing. it. You've never seen what? The thing. The thing from another world. <laughs> oh, Isn't I that what it's could... called? Yeah. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's completely different. Yeah, it's yeah, completely different. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why some people argue that, you know, his, John Carpenter's version of the thing isn't a remake, but Carpenter even said it's his version of yeah, it's his the vision. story. It's his it's vision. His vision. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Which is what, it, in my opinion, a remake's supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. And it really does work. So. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anything else? Any other thoughts on Halloween? The ending? Which, I mean, I love theoretically. The yeah. You don't see that kind of ending this, these days very often, which is, you know, that kind of cliffhanger. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even think it was meant to be like a cliffhanger, you know? Uh-huh. I don't feel like it was meant to set up a sequel even. I just thought it was meant to be you can't Oh, he's still the out there, man. and he's still out there. Yeah, and I don't think he had sequel in mind at all. Which is even more brilliant yeah. in yes. itself. Yes. Because if you're going to leave the movie like that, that's fucking awesome. Because you know people let's, are going to want more. Let's be honest. Yeah. They didn't do this back then. They didn't do cliffhangers. They didn't do sequels, right? I mean, what, well, what, how yeah, many people, sequels People did weren't they do? writing you know, scripts like this to create franchises like, they've, like they are now. Yeah. You know, I think in some cases, some of these movies are – they're trying to create the new franchise character, Leslie Vernon. <laughs> yeah. You know, and stuff like that. So, you know, I fuck. That's a brilliant screenplay. Right I there. mean, a good example is Adam Green created Hatchet with the idea of a trilogy in mind. Like that goes to show you right yeah, there. Yeah. He was attempting to create a franchise and an iconic character. Back uh, yeah. then, they didn't even like. Can you even think of like like direct like sequels? Uh, there's not very very many of them from you know the seventies. Yeah, it started after Halloween, right? That's yeah. when the sequels started coming. Yeah, I mean, you know, oddly enough, uh, Psycho 2, which came out quite obviously after Halloween, um, you know, which was 20 years after the original Psycho. But yeah, you know, it was probably influenced. Let's do a sequel. Yeah, we they, can do I don't this. think they were planning a sequel at the end of Psycho, to be completely honest. No, I, and I, I don't think. think yeah, I don't and, think Hitchcock and that's was like what, sequel. That's one of the most brilliant things about Psycho 2, though, that, you know, it comes 20 years later in real time and works so fucking well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that, amazing. Film, that film does not get enough credit for being oh, able to, to successfully do that. It's good, man. It's actually one of my favorite sequels ever. Yeah. So. So. Anything but yeah. else with uh, Halloween? Um, no, I think I'm pretty much satisfied. Um, you guys got ratings, Jeremy. I don't want to be the first one. <laughs> no, you're first. Okay. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I thought about this so much. Like I was like literally like staring down at the piece of paper for like ten minutes, going, "What the hell do I give it?" Um, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half out of ten. It's obviously a ten out of ten. It created an entire subgenre. It has one of the most iconic characters in horror, if not the most iconic character 
it created it was the influence for so many films and so many people have ripped it off to no end it's created an entire world and there's no way you can't give this film right. a 10 out of 10 all right you changed my mind i'll give it to <laughs> jonathan carpenter did something truly amazing and the people that were involved with this film and even even a lot of people would still think still think you know today that this is this this film holds up and it's it, oh yeah you know withheld in the test of time and it's it's just something that you don't get very often there's only one or two of these every you know 10 20 years it's it's something that you have to appreciate and it's, it's just it's Halloween, man. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, when you look at it, you know, from how it created, or you know, obviously this is the beginning of the slasher as we know it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the legacy holds up, and you know, all that stuff. I generally don't rate films like that because, you know, the way I when I you, hear you're people, absolutely right too. That should know, it, not matter at all when it comes to an actual yeah, yeah. rating of a film. But even still, yeah, I give it a ten because mm-hmm. just what we talked about. I mean, we talked about it all. If if a battery gets to ten for me, if the battery gets a ten, then Halloween definitely gets a ten. I mean, the cinematography alone with the score on top of it, that's yeah. that's ten quality right there. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, and you know, just going back to that whole thing, like you know, you look at. I always kind of compare that argument to the cannibal genre. You know, it's like. Man from Deep River, I think, is kind of like the one that started like the whole, you know, cannibal craze and stuff like that. And then Cannibal Holocaust came years later and stuff. But if you wanted to credit, you know, that movie with, you know, starting this whole awesome genre, subgenre of, of horror films and stuff, you know, it's, it's not a 10 out of 10 film <laughs> at all. I mean, I can't give it that type of credit. But... uh I don't really know exactly fully where I was going with that, but you no, guys no, you, I, I, hundred percent get you, and you're, you know, just to reiterate on it, you're absolutely hundred percent right. Anything mm. besides the film should not be included in your rating. It's yeah. only the film. But I was just, you know, going on about how mm. awesome it is, and you know how much respect it deserves and stuff. But I actually think, Jeremy, if you truly feel that it that it's a nine and a half, that's what you should rate it. Yeah, I just. Because I've I've heard people say you know pretty much exactly what you said before, and the first thing that always popped in my mind was the cannibal thing, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of why I brought that up. But um, it's just a perfect example because Man from Deep River is definitely not a ten out of ten film, but it did kind of start something that's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, Halloween, you know, I've, I've stated there's there's uh, parts in the film that either don't make sense with the driving. Or, you know, there's scenes that you can kind of overanalyze yeah. and whatnot and stuff. But, you know, to me, the film, you know, not based on anything. If Halloween didn't even spawn the subgenre of, you know, slasher films and create what it did, um, it's still a 10 out of 10 for me. Because it's near perfect. I mean, those is, issues you had is is small potatoes. So if minor. you they're look so – if you're actually comparing horror films – there might not be another horror film that is near perfection out there. I think Halloween is the closest to perfection. Obviously, no horror film or no film in general. I don't. I have a hard time saying anything is is perfect without flaw. 
But Halloween is probably the closest to that, and I don't really know of another horror film uh, that that gets that type of uh, closeness to perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. 100%. Great film. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Who is it? Nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> Some kind of a joke. I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> Janet, go tell Mr. Garrett we're having trouble with the phones. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. What's this? It's a Celtic word. It means the Lord of the Dead. Moving on to uh, Halloween 2 uh, from 1981, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Um, and I think, you know, one of the coolest things about Halloween 2 is that uh, it literally starts yep. from where the first one leaves off. And God damn, le- does it start great. Oh, yeah. It, it really does. It's When the music great. drops after he goes downstairs and... And he's like, you don't know what death is. Oh, my God, dude. I, I literally, like, clap almost every time when that scene happens. He's like, I've been trick-or-treated to death. And he's like, you don't know what death is. And he's like, dude, like, I literally, like, want to clap every time that, that happens. I, that's one of my favorite scenes, like, ever. I don't know what it is about it. It's like, it's like yeah. yeah, boy, like, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this fucking blows my mind that, you know, Rick Rosenthal is responsible for Resurrection, too. Yeah. How do you go from, like, one of the best to one of the worst? I don't know, man. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You go from the best sequel, arguably, to the worst sequel, not arguably. Yeah, it's really an interesting transition there, isn't it? Um, But, yeah, you know, 
Halloween 2 obviously discontinues long from the first one. Um, Laurie is, is taken to the hospital. Yep. Traumatized, taken to hospital where she is being treated for her craziness. <laughs> for her craziness, and her wounds and, and whatnot. Yeah. And of course, Michael is still after her. And that's your film right there. Yep. Yeah. Also, um, there is some, you know, backstory added to the characters. I know there's uh, the um, thing known about John Carpenter when he was trying to write this sequel. We had no idea what the hell to do. So he got like blitz drinking one night and came up with this story and made Lori Strode, Michael Myers, sister. That's why he's still after her, because before yeah. it was just, you know, random. He randomly picked people um he just so happened to see them that morning when he escaped or whatever but in this film uh, he needed a reason for michael myers to track laurie down uh so he created the sister angle which pretty it's much interesting is like known as the rest mythology of, now right i mean yeah, it's shaped the rest of the genre yeah it's pretty ingrained in the the mythology of the halloween series they even used it in the remake um so it's pretty interesting that it wasn't even a thought in the original. That's like that's like the first thing that pops into your mind when you think of the Halloween franchises that Laurie and Michael were. Yeah, it's very family or like there's a lot of family in it, the whole series. There's yeah, like it's kind of all based around that, right? Yeah. You know. Different angles of it, but uh yeah, I think that's actually really brilliant. I mean I mean, quite literally the first Halloween is just random. Yeah, yeah. other people say that it takes away from from the scariness of Michael Myers, though, I have absolutely no problem with it. And it actually may like I'm always the type of person that wants a little bit of logic in my films. Like, like, so I don't have a problem with that. Like, he's well, after the, because he's a sister. But the argument against that, that it takes away from Michael's scariness is that, I mean, by a sequel, you have to have a reason, mm-hmm. you know, for, yeah. for actions now. I mean, otherwise, you're just remaking the first one. Right. If you put the yeah. angle on, like in the film where Laurie's actually related to Michael, now it makes a lot more fucking sense. And it's scary in its own. He's trying to fucking take out his own sister. And scary. Carpenter was able to create um, this story without betraying what we've seen in the original. At no point mm-hmm. do you watch the original and you say, well, the, no, he couldn't have been the, the brother. Like you watch the original and you're like, yeah, well – he could have been right it makes kind of yeah. sense so he's yeah. at, like so that's what i like about it is it doesn't betray anything that happened in the original film it, it literally just adds to the story exactly i think rick Rosen- rosenthal did a fucking fantastic job in this film with recapturing you know the look of the first film but and carrying over that atmosphere this one's filmed. carpenter had to have like a lot because it literally feels like the same film dude it's fucked up, man. Like, it really does. I mean, it's shot, like, you know, two and a half years later, came out three years or Yeah, whatever. wouldn't that be, like, an interesting it, question to ask Carpenter if you ever got the chance to, like, talk to him? Be like, how much influence did you have on Halloween 2? Yeah. Like, I would, I would, I'm curious to Are know Are we talking, how much like, you, Steven Spielberg, Toby Hooper influence here? <laughs> or, like, how much was he on set when the film was going on? I would assume he was, he was there the entire the entire yeah, shooting. I would be curious, that, but I yeah. I don't know. But like I mean, you know, if he wasn't, you know, that involved it, Rick Rosenthal, you got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah. Man, you got to give him all the did. credit in the world. When, like I I love like like I did, you know, a few days ago. 
I watched, you know, Halloween one and two back to back. And it's just, yet to it just that. feels like, it just feels like a three hour film. film. Yeah. Like one, film. it literally feels like a three hour film. It's fucking awesome. I think that's what makes the film so, so special that it does that because like I, I, I said this a lot tonight. They just don't do that anymore today. No. Yeah. Like I can, I can't really well, think of anything. Hatchet. That, well, hatchet, but it's obviously referencing Halloween a little bit. But I can't even like think of any film well, that even have the balls there, to do that. Yeah, there, there is examples Cold like Prey, you know, Hatchet does stuff. that too. Cold Prey, yeah, yeah, Cold Prey, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah it does do that. Um, but not I many love examples. When they do that. You know, fan, Cold Prey Two is fucking good. Oh yeah, Cold Prey Two is <laughs> really good sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, so Halloween Two, uh, like I stated in the first part of this, um. I, I love the score in this film. It's a little more amped up. It's a little more frightening, yeah, but it like, fits. It fits the it fits the uh, the mold and you know the feel of this film because everything's a little more amped up. You know, the kills a little more amped up. Um, it just seems like it's uh, it's a little more aggressive. Like, yeah, it's it is a little, a little more, little more influenced from like the Friday the Thirteenth of the world, though. You know what I mean? It feels oh, yeah. more slasherish this time around. Yeah, I think even the kills feel more slasher. Isn't it funny that maybe like. Halloween was like influenced well, Friday the Thirteenth, and then Halloween Two uh, was influenced yeah. by Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Completely. I mean, especially with the scene in um, you know, in the hot tub. Yeah, which is my favorite probably kill. my favorite kill in the entire series. Yeah, I love that kill. It's amazing. Well, I mean, to be honest, man, in the you know, in the first five Halloween films, when you really look at the kills, there isn't that many spectacular kills. No, there isn't. Halloween Six really, has some good ones. Like. Halloween 6, yeah, I mean, okay, we're talking about the first five here, but the first five films, there isn't a lot of, like, you know, really crazy fucking kills. And Not I think like the hot tub anything. One, yeah, like, the hot, tub, the hot tub one does kind of feel like a Jason kill. That, that, that almost seems like something that he would do. Yeah. It almost like <laughs> you know? I mean, he did it in Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. But, yeah, this one's, you know, definitely a little more amped up, but, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I've actually heard people say, like, like when they was younger, like they thought that Halloween before like the internet and stuff, like they thought Halloween one and two was shot back to back because even like Jamie Lee Curtis like looks the same. Like I, I also love that it what what Carpenter did to make it really feel like the same movie is there's all these character connections to the first film, name drops, uh, you know, characters uh saying like, Oh, that happened just down the street from my house, you know, like like it feels really um, in that same world because everybody's reacting to what just happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The police uh-huh. and the, the neighbors and the sirens. Like, everybody knows what's going on now. And uh, I love that about the film. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, I don't know if Rick Rosenthal was doing, like, a little tribute to what Carpenter did in the first film with The Thing. But in this one, he's got Night of the Living Dead playing uh, yeah. on the TV. Which, I love like that. the classic I, one that like everybody in the world uses in their film. Well, because it's public yeah. domain. <laughs> well, public domain. But, I mean, how many people used it up in, you know, before 1981? Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's been overused since, right? But I thought that was a cool touch. But it's for obvious reasons because it is public domain yeah. and anybody could use that, right? So well, that makes sense. But I, I, I like that touch that he used an iconic film. You know, in the you know, kind of like what Carpenter did. I, I like that. I, th- now, I thought that was really. Nice what do you touch. guys think of Myers? A lot of people say that they don't like his stiffness in this film. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? Um, 
Yeah, you know, he, he is a little different in this one. Uh, I don't really tend to notice it a whole... I mean, you do notice it a little bit. I think that's one kind of subtle... Like when he walks through the glass and stuff. Yeah, like, he's yeah. robotic, right? Like, a lot of exactly. people... Even when he's, like, chasing... Even about. when he's, like, chasing Laurie down the halls, he's just, like... Yeah. yeah even yeah. in Halloween 4, you see that occur again when he's very uh i don't even we'll talk about that in a little bit <laughs> but, uh yeah so like how do you guys feel about it though because i've heard i've heard a lot of people say like they hate it it's it's a one it's it's kind of like a major problem i do have with the film because it it's the one thing in the movie that makes me feel like it's not one movie you okay, know okay like, but you know, i got okay let, go ahead finish yeah i mean like i said you know like i always feel like it's one big ass film everything kind of feels the same but then when Myers is going from, you know, the first Halloween to this one and he's acting a little more robotic, it's, you know, it, it's kind of an issue a little bit, right? It, I have it, a way to fix this for you, okay? Mm-hmm. How about Michael Myers was shot six times? Maybe that might affect your posture a little bit, eh? <laughs> yeah, but nothing nothing affects him. I mean... <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean he's, like, walking around. Explain it away, right? Like, but he's, like, like still, he, like, walking around normal, though. I guess. I mean, that's I mean, he's like robotic, but he's still like walking around yeah, like nothing. I just feel like that's a good way to explain it away. Like, like he's been shot six times. Maybe he's gonna walk a little different now. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. It's an interesting argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Dick Warlock, I actually like this Myers. I, I like the mask in this one. Um, I actually have a big issue with the the masks in the Halloween films. I think he looks like shit a lot of the times, to be honest, in some of the later films. But the first two films, he looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I think part five. I think part five, it's really, really noticeable. Yeah. How bad he looks. Well, even Halloween four, he looks pretty shitty. Like the first time you see him when he lays up in Lori's bedroom, it's like. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. Mm hmm. But yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I think one of the funniest moments actually in the entire franchise comes in part two, and it's the part when the cop car takes out the the fake Myers. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. On the ambulance. Yep. I swear, I swear to Christ, every single time you I watch this out movie, laughing. I think everybody busts out laughing. I fight, it doesn't matter. I could be watching it four in the morning. I'll shit myself all by myself <laughs> laughing out loud. It gets me every time. It just looks so fucking hilarious. And then they just like I mean, look at each other and like, hmm, and then they just keep on going. It's like, but like what? I've heard many people. I've, I've heard many people bring up the fact it's like, hey, there's kids everywhere. You know, there's shit going on in the streets. Why is that cop driving like eighty miles an hour in a residential <laughs> area? <laughs> Now, now sorry, who was that that got hit by the car? I think it's just like uh, a guy that was dressed up. But that later on in the sense. Late, no, later on in the film, a couple of the kids, they come up to the cop and they say, hey, man, we're looking for our buddy. I can't remember his name. It's like what? Bobby or something like that. No, we're looking for our buddy. The kid that remember in the original Halloween when um, uh, Annie is telling uh, Jamie uh, Lee Curtis's character that uh, – she got it. She told so and so guy that uh, Jamie Lee liked him or something. Isn't that the same guy, like uh, Ben or something? I want to say that it is man. It it quite possibly could. I never actually even re- like kind of thought of that. If there was actually supposed oh, yeah, to be some says, type of yeah, is there actually a connection to really? Uh-huh. I've overlooked that. And if you pay I attention, actually, they're throughout I, I thought, the whole film. Like the names are films or names that well, you hear in the original. Wait, I'm going to look that up right now. That would actually not surprise me because me, huh. I'm so bad with names in films, with, especially with secondary characters. 
that yeah. I probably forgot the guy's name. And Maybe it's heavy listen. Heavy lit. Have you listened to my my reviews? I don't call anybody by their first names. I just call I them guys. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is what it says. Um, the head nurse, Dr. It says, Dr. Loomis and Sheriff Bractive continues to search for Michael only for an oncoming speeding police car to accidentally hit and kill Ben Trammer, yeah, which who was dressed is... for Halloween who was dressed for Halloween wearing a mask similar to Michael's and was Lori's crush in the first movie in the process. Oh, Lori's crush got nailed by the car, yo. Remember she, she's <laughs> like, you know, call him back and I'll watch uh, Jamie or uh, it's such Lindsay a subtle for you. It's such a it's such a subtle thing because it never gets brought up again. Like yeah. Lori's yeah. never like, oh, Ben got killed. <laughs> yeah, because well, she never knows, right? She's in the hospital. I, I guess. I guess that's true. I yeah. guess that's true. Um, but but uh, I thought that that was just cool that they like – there's a couple different – I'm pretty sure there's a few times in the film where they name drop people that were in the – you know, because that guy wasn't never yeah. seen in the in the original film. He was just a name that exactly. they, they said. And I like I give mad credit because as a horror fan and somebody who loves like franchises and sequels, like there's nothing I like better than when when a sequel actually does not ignore the stuff that happened in the previous fan film. And this one even goes to a greater extent to to tie that stuff in. Well, because it all well, takes place on the same night. So it's like it yeah. has to or it would just feel weird. But it's it's even more cool that they, you know, that they brought up a character like that wasn't that was never seen in the first yeah. one. That's a really, really fine detail, you know, to kill him off. And, you know, just I, I think that's really cool. Really cool. But it's still the funniest fucking scene in Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Funny. I just but, love that it like explodes. It's like boom. Oh, I know, man. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah. so over the top, but like it's so funny. And like I always said to myself, I'm like, why is the cop driving like a hundred miles an hour? In that yeah, yeah. Scene, man. It's so funny. And uh, how about when um that kid has the fucking razor blade in his like mouth? Oh my god. Yeah. I know, That's right? just a little tiny scene, like in the middle of nowhere. But like, it, it's like disturbing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, I gotta say, man, one of my one of my favorite things about the movie, though, is the, like the hospital setting, man. Yeah, that's uh, the darkest damn hospitals. hospital in the world, though. It's the what? The, the darkest yeah. hospital <laughs> in the world. It's pitch it's black, the quiet, dude. It's the quiet, but it's the quietest fucking one too. Like, there's nobody around. I know, but have like, you ever like, like stayed in a hospital as a kid? Like I had meningitis when I was a kid and almost died, and um, it was so quiet at night. It was eerie yeah. as hell. I've always stayed in the mm-hmm. hospital overnight when I my when I broke my arm and I had to get pins and rods, which was a bad break as it is. But yeah, I remember that also. I mean, it was ten years ago, but I remember hospitals being pretty quiet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I spent a couple nights in one before too, and. I don't really remember, to be honest. I'm so hopped up on morphine the whole time. <laughs> I fucking, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. But you know me, I, love, yeah, I love my hospital settings. And this yeah, one is it's it's one of the best. I, it's something I've always noticed in this movie is the fact that it's like, it is really dark and it's quiet. But it there's like nobody around. There's no other patients in this fucking place. Yeah. Like they never seem to have anybody come out of these rooms. It's just, you know, the night staff, which we, we like my sister's a nurse and she obviously does night shifts and stuff. There's more people working than that, you know, so. Well, even Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. But yeah, a bit, I mean, it does it, but it adds to the, you know, you have to, you know, you know, 
disconnect yourself from reality a mm-hmm. little bit, kind I mean, of give them a little bit of credit and create an atmosphere where there isn't as many people and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I get it does work, and I really do like the hospital setting, and it's it's kind of cool. But... And what do you think about the ending to this one? Yeah. Um, I, I find it enjoyable. Uh, I think it's. I think it's. Fun. I find the like shots to the eyes to be a little much. Yeah. The bullet hole. Well, the bullet. The fucking gunshots well, to the eyeballs. Masculinity gets shot in the face. I think it's a little kind of unrealistic. I mean, those yeah. are some fucking amazing shots. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, man. Yeah. Besides that, you know, and stuff like the music that that that's using this, like the Mister Sandman song, mm. like fucking yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm, it's, definitely. So, it's so damn good but the whole ending like it, it is what it is right i mean like i said you, you you gotta have to give them a little bit of credit they're they're trying to do something but i think they were just trying to end it and i don't know the end of it the the image but no that's not what i'm talking about like i i do think we are a little bit um uh, uh looking at the film after seeing the other films you know the four the five the six yeah. So I do think that it has effect on us like that 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 was not a good way to end it be, but because we know that he comes back and stuff but I also do think yeah, that yeah. the specific thing that bugs me is he gets shot in the eyes twice it's a cool image with the blood tears I love that image but I just it's too much it really is and that's my biggest problem problem with the entire film probably is I hate that I hate it just doesn't feel right to me like, I know I've always you're been... trying to, like, not kill – like, you can't kill the boogeyman and stuff. But, like, to the eyeballs, dude, you're just pushing it. I think he looks even more like an idiot, like, flying around. Awesome in that scene. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I love the, like, <laughs> sound. Oh, dude. <laughs> I think the sound effects are so – they're so overused, but it it, it, it kind of adds to it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's um, But he looks cool, right? I mean, like, the eye, like, I like the look of the mask with the blood tears. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, no, it's stupid. It, well, I mean, especially for, you know, if they had, had it ended Halloween right there, it would have been, I think fine, but you know, him coming back in part four, but I don't know, man, what, ha- like, did his eyes just regenerate themselves? The only thing that I can figure out is they did some sort of eye transplants when they, in, in part four, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Now you're just fucking stretching it. I mean, well, you have to explain these things away, right? I don't even think they could do that today. But, I mean... Do they? they, they Is there, like... But it's not logical. (laughs) It's not logical. I mean, of of course it's logical that they could do that. But at the same time, they would never because it's Michael Myers. Yeah, Yeah, but isn't there something about, like, like not... like, Like, that shit not mattering when it's a medical, like emergency or something maybe you had damn good health insurance dude you're not gonna fucking you're not gonna give the boogeyman eyes back so you can go and fucking terrorize you know another city no it's not gonna happen but i don't know man i guess i guess if halloween like i said if it ended right there i know it's still stupid dude he gets shot in the eyes but I don't think ended that's right there he's moving around after getting shot in the eyes like like i understand the six shots but like the eyes dude Mm-hmm. That's your especially brain. Especially after like, you especially you know behind your eyes, it's your brain. Dude, there's, yeah, <laughs> not you can get shot in the eye and still move around. It, it just depends what gun you get shot especially with. Especially since we like that gun isn't like a twenty-two. Well, I know. Especially I know, since we like see like his you said, face. You gotta disconnect yourself a little bit here. But. Especially since we like see his face in the first one, we could obviously see that he's like, you know, 
we see his eyes and we could see that he's just like a normal guy. So it's like, well, I know he has I mean, the that, blackest that, eyes, the devil's eyes, but that's a good I'll, point. That's a good point. We know that he's, you know, this human. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, you know, disconnecting yourself from the the, the natural reality of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, but I, mean, I still think it's a bit much, dude. Like I, I yeah, I don't like. No, it. totally. I I'm not overly the biggest fan of it either. And I, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, it, especially when you know Halloween four starts up and you're just like okay yeah (laughs) okay but i mean yeah it's just something about like i don't know man like what i just don't know what the point i mean i guess it gives that scene where he's blind and he can't like see anything and like but can you just like mace him or something i think it just kind of fits into the whole mode of how the the mold of halloween too though because everything is amped up right from the score to you know the body counts higher the, there's more blood yeah you know so, so they kind of just added you know, towards they're like you know the end of the film they just made it ridiculous too so they're like know. uh you know we shot him six times last time at the end of the film like there's only six bullets in the revolver so yeah well, they're gonna have to do something different yeah <laughs> maybe he reloaded yeah. man you know, that's actually something I forgot to bring up in the first one. The body count in the first film is, is there's seven kills in that film. Five are on screen. Um, Halloween 2, there's nine yeah. kills and, and seven much more screen. graphic. But that's the thing. It's way more, way more graphic. And yeah. It just feels a little Friday bit different. The 13th. But I always get confused about, like, does the, the guy, you know, the guy, the paramedic guy who's, like, crushing on uh, Lori, does yeah. he live or die? Don't they, like, see each other at the end? There, well, the reason I get confused is because there's the TV cut and then there's the theatrical cut. And I think both of them have different... Are you talking about Jimmy? If that's his name. Yeah, no, not... Who's he talking about, Moods? Like I said, I fucking... The guy that was in uh, Lori's room uh, by himself there. You know when the, the, the nurse comes into the room and kicks him out? Yeah, he's he's the love interest, dude. Yeah, the okay. love interest guy. All right. Not the not the fucking scumbag dude that lures the nurse into the hot tub. <laughs> that is not a scumbag. He just I don't remember like, his names. Yeah, but yeah, terrible with names. I don't know, man. I think I think Halloween two does work though on a lot of levels because I like I always talk about it being a little more amped up, but it makes sense because we've just you know sat through basically the first half of the night, and then and the second half is just it has to be a little more elevated, right? Because Michael's going now, you know people are fucked up. There's you know everyone's hunting him and shit, so things are going to be a little more amped up. So I do like that angle that it just you know yeah, and I feel like Halloween two, unlike the first one, is one that you almost have to watch at nighttime. Like like you have to watch it at like at like night night. Uh, because I mean, obviously whole, you don't have to, but it has that feel to it. Like the whole, like the world's settling down a little bit. It's starting to get like real late at night, you know, uh, like midnight ish, 11 o'clock, stuff like that. And it feels like, you know, as the hospital like shuts down a little bit and everybody starts, you know, leaving and it's less staff and stuff. I feel like it gets later into the night and I love that feeling. It has a great atmosphere, that late night feel. Oh, totally. hundred percent. All right, so Halloween 2 ratings people's JP, you want to start? I give Halloween 2, despite the ending, that is really the only thing I have problems with. I mean, there's a, a little bit more 
of an unrealistic tone to this one. Obviously, he's been shot, you know, six times, and you know the whole thing at the end with the bloodshot eyes shooting out his eyes and stuff. He's still walking around, but you know, also just the. Um, I don't find that the most unrealistic thing about the ending is the fact that Loomis survives. Yeah, he gets blown to shit. Wait, so you don't Michael, know though. that in yeah. in part two, right? Yeah. We're only talking yeah, about part, part two. Um, in retrospect, yeah, it's stupid as hell. But um, so also, I do feel like the hospital is like way too damn dark and not enough staff. Like that stuff, like kind of is like horror movie. Um, way of thinking like you have to obviously suspend your disbelief a little bit um but overall i mean it's just it's one of the the funnest sequels ever picking up right after the first one and i feel like it like mood said that that tone and look of the film is there throughout the entire film and loomis is awesome in this one as well i give it an 8.5 out of 10 hmm jeremy um, I agree with everything you said, JP. Um, like I said, there's not many sequels. We don't see this this kind of sequels taking place right after each other like this one does, and I really enjoy that. I wish more films would would try and and do that. And I never I never really paid attention to the darkness part of the hospital until you started to to talk about it a little bit. So you guys are telling me things that I've haven't really thought about before like moods with halloween with the sheet and ujp with the hospital being dark so i'd I'd be curious to watch the films again to pay attention to these things that we've been talking about even more but well how um, familiar are you with the franchise is it something you grew up on is it actually i just watched it a lot i just watched the sequels for the first time like two years ago yeah so this is like my second time that makes sense then yeah so i haven't really been paying attention to i'm not i'm not big of a franchise person to be completely honest like i said i grew up with the saw series so that's mainly the main franchise i watched growing up i mean i watched the nightmare series you know one one or two times before i really really got into horror you know four or five years ago but like i said this is really my second time watching the sequels in the last you know four years or so so i'm not really too familiar with them so far so I mean, like I said, maybe after we talk about all of them, I'll have to go back and watch them again just a little bit more. But um, I love the sequel. It kind of reminds me of Hellraiser 2 a little bit. But um, I give it an 8.5 out of 10 as well, JP. Awesome. Well, like I always said with, with Halloween 2, um, I think it's a great, great sequel. Um, it's like, like JP said, it's the, you know, the tone of the first film i i just don't see <clears throat> it just never happens like this you never capture that feel of a film that wasn't shot right after you know i just have even so much the films that we what... mentioned that do it uh like mm. um the hatchet series and stuff they like you said they don't capture what the, yeah. this one has i think phantasm does a pretty good job of it though oh, that is yeah. a good example phantasm is yeah it's pretty wild yeah um but yeah, you know, what can I say about Halloween too? You know, I just I find it so entertaining. It's fantastic. Like I said, you know, it, it has <laughs> still the funniest part in the entire series. But I personally love this film. I've watched it so many times, and it's a perfect companion with the first film, obviously. And I give it a nine out of ten. 
because I just love it. Yeah. You know. And I, I see an argument for that, especially it's one of the the best part twos out there, you know. Oh yeah. And I you know, something we forgot to mention, freaking Halloween is in our Hall of Fame. That's like the second film. After the battery. Yep. So yeah. And, that, and the sacrament, isn't it in that Hall of Fame too? I don't think it made it. I'm not sure. I think it's a half a point short. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Awesome. So that moves us along to... One of the most underrated horror films of all time. (laughs) Yeah, and I would probably say the the bastard child of um, the Halloween franchise, according to most people. season of the witch 1982 this film follows tommy motherfucking atkins as he (laughs) is rolling through the town with his bitches no i'm just kidding (laughs) so so there's a large halloween mask corporation that is run out of this very eerie town and one night tommy atkins sees this this guy just get murdered and stuff so he hooks up with the guy's <laughs> the guy's daughter. They try to track down what the hell's going on and what happened to her father. They go to this eerie little town and they find out that this guy is trying to kill all kind of kids and shit with these snakes. Halloween masks with snakes coming in their eyes and all awesome. kind of other stuff. And Tommy Atkins and awesome. Silver shamrock, motherfucker. Yes, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> Now, we must note that, you know, John Carpenter's vision for the Halloween series as it, you know, went That's along a good here start. was, mm-hmm. you know, was to actually, you know, kind of do an anthology type series, you know, so basically have like a different type story for every Halloween film. And this was the first, you know, basically entry into this idea. Yeah. And, you know, they did the the Michael Myers story in Halloween 1 and 2. Then they was going to do the Season of the Witch story. And then the following year, a different story for Halloween 4. Yeah. And then yeah. each of any of those films could have created their own number of sequels as well. Genius idea, right? On paper, hells yeah. <laughs> Execution, not so much. And Take I away think, Michael Myers, man. I think it would have worked a little bit better if they didn't pick such an a complete opposite story uh, for their first time doing this because it's really is so much different than the first two Halloween films. But that's not a bad thing, though. No, no I don't think a, it's a bad thing at all. That's like the I main think... thing, like I hear about when people talk about this film is all oh, there. Of course, the main argument: oh, there's no Michael Myers. But now that now that the film has started to to mold into a film that's starting to be respected by more people, besides the you know the independent horror community you know even walking around school sometimes i hear people talking about how they how they've rewatched halloween 3 and they've came to enjoy it 
you know, I just think it gets shat on because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, and that's unfortunate. Well, that think, is exactly be, why, but I, I also do think I think that, it has a lot to – well, sorry, JP, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people don't understand why Hall- Halloween 3 is what it is. Uh-huh. It's because they don't understand what, you know, Jonathan Carpenter's <laughs> – um, <laughs> vision was for you know to proceed with this you know this Halloween f- series or franchise or whatever you want to call it. See, a lot of people don't even know that they're like, "What the fuck is with Halloween three? There's no Michael Myers." Mm-hmm. So if you're asking the question where Michael Myers is, you most likely don't know the story. Yeah, of where this was going. Yeah. So once you educate somebody, I think that maybe they start to respect and go, "Oh, okay, no, that's why season the witch." Maybe that's exists. why. Maybe that's why with things like the internet, you know, yeah, that's people exactly are able to realize that a great point because you couldn't even inform people. You couldn't put that in the trailer, like, like, oh, by the way, this is not one of those Michael Myers movies. It's actually a different story that we're going to do every. Like, you couldn't do that, right? And so, well, um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying it needed to be done then. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, I even for point. the people now. I mean, people still say why what the fuck is with halloween 3? yeah where's michael myers right and they have all the you know they obviously have the internet they have the option of looking up the story and finding out what the hell's going on but they choose not to because it doesn't have they're just plain ignorant right i'm, I'm but, gonna actually play devil's advocate a bit and i'm actually gonna say maybe like something that's a little less popular now than than it would have been a little while ago and i do think that it being different is a bad thing because it's so different to where it really does stand out as just like a bad decision. It's like if you're going to try this idea, ease into it. Ease into it with something kind of familiar. Maybe like a like, like maybe an actual Slasher. film about but that's a witch where marketing or comes in. You know I, what I mean? I this film I, I is this so – marketing comes into major play here. I think that they should have marketed it as – you know, saying maybe not in the trailer, but just, you know, done promos and, and whatnot, and maybe even Carpenter go out and do interviews and just state this is what we're doing with this. You know, yeah. I mean, just because there was no inter- internet back then doesn't mean that they didn't have this type of promotion and, you know, trailers and, and, you know, interviews, radio spots and stuff. Like, there is ways. Films were promoted back in the day. You know, why couldn't it just be told, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the way we're going to – this is what we want to do. It just wasn't executed properly. Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree I bet with you that. Jonathan will probably even say the same thing. It wasn't, you know, they took a shot in the dark with this and maybe they didn't promote it like how they should have. You know, honestly, if it had been promoted and be like, okay, Mike Myers is not going to be in this film. We're going to have some silly fucking shamrock, silver shamrock song with a crazy ass story featuring Tom motherfucking Atkins in it. You know, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you have to let people know, I think, ahead of time. And I think that might have been the biggest mistake, not it's not the fact that it was completely different and didn't have Michael Myers in it. I don't I, think that's the fucking problem. I think that you're right. And I think that, you know, that that is a big part of it, but I don't think it's the only part. I do still say that this well, film I mean, is too out there. It's too uh, convoluted and ridiculous for the modern audience to connect with like a Michael Myers film. That's why I think if you're going to try this idea, you should have done something a little bit more standard because no, but that's honestly, where, that's where me coming, that's where coming in and telling people that this shit is going to be different. Even if you told them, right I'm telling you right now, this film is as successful as it is because it's part of the Halloween franchise. Other people say if it wasn't part of the franchise, that. it would have been, uh, you know, a, a great film. I disagree, dude. I think this film would have been lost in time and not many people would even talk about it. And I love this film. I, it's the first Halloween film I've seen. 
and it's it's one it's one of my favorite horror films. But I'm being honest, dude. This is it's not funny. a great film in terms of of storytelling. It's it's really all over the place, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But and, and I don't think that well, it does it need to make of, sense. It yes, actually does make. Yeah, it actually it does, does make sense. The the movie totally does make sense in what they're doing. But I mean, in, in, to actually execute this, no, it would never fucking work. <laughs> the whole idea behind the film. Um, I, I but, really do think this film wouldn't be as popular. Definitely not as popular. It might still be like talked about, but I would actually bet that this film would be a really obscure film that nobody talked about if it was just called Season of the Witch. But and I also think that you know a lot of people would. I mean, there's the flip side of the argument. I think a lot of people that would discover this one would be like, "This is fucking awesome." Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it would be one of those obscure things that like 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 some horror fans would would champion and stuff, but it it would be it would be shuffled shuffled, you know, swept under the rug for the most part, I think. Mhm. Um so yeah, let's actually get into the film, I guess now, huh? <laughs> yes, Halloween 3. Um I think the most notable thing for me with Halloween 3 is uh <laughs> the fucking the catchy ass song, the Silver Shamrock. I just love them like watching the TV and they're like bobbing their heads back and forth. I just just, love that. I think that theme is so fucking fitting because it's so silly, but Mm -hmm. it's so perfect for kids because what kid wouldn't like get attached to that theme? It's like like, bobbing their heads back and forth. It's so perfect, man. I think it's fantastic. Every, I mean, honestly, every time I watch the film, it just it gets stuck in my head, man. (laughs) Everybody, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, it's, it's like you can't like once somebody starts saying it, like you almost like have to finish it because yeah. <laughs> it's so catchy. Um, so the villain guy, like his idea is like he's been obviously selling these masks for a while, right? Like he, yeah. he's been you know he's a toy maker from like Ireland, Mister Mister Cochran. Yeah, <laughs> Col- Colonel Cro- Cochran, <laughs> and so. Uh, like his his main plot of this is he's trying to recreate uh, or he's trying to do some like ritualistic stuff, right? Like the pagan yeah. um, druids who would sacrifice, you know, fucking stuff, and he just wants to murder. Like he, really, he just wants to murder a bunch of kids, right? Um, but I think where the film like falls apart is actually in that story. Uh, for one. Like his his plan is to melt these kids' face and then snakes come out of their heads. Yeah, where the fuck which, does the snakes come from? Which <laughs> bite the parents and it like you maybe kill like three people per house instead of just one. Um so and then you also have like Tom Atkins who literally like this girl's this girl's dad just like dies and she's like, Alright, I'll come with you. Let's like go find stuff out. Like that there's that those are problems. Those are problems in filmmaking. Like that is bad. Like I love it. But well, I'm what about the fact that Tom Atkins is, is a doctor, that he's a doctor, and all of a sudden he's just going to invent – he's like, hey, guys, um, you know – and he's quite obviously on call because he receives a call at his ex-wife's house. But then yeah. he just – you know, he witnesses you know, this dude fucking blowing – he needs to go investigate this murder and stuff. And he's an on-call doctor. And he's just like, fuck it, man. I'm, I'm taking a road trip. <laughs> like – yeah. I found it so funny. He's a and, doctor. He's and, on call and he's just like gone. He's just gone. He's but obviously like a shitty father and and like husband, <laughs> like ex-husband. <laughs> he yeah, just like talks to his like they... wife or something on the phone and like he has like a six pack and like he then he's like just rolls out with the girl. 
I don't think that he's a bad father. I think that he was an alcoholic. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Is it? So he, that he was just neglecting, you know, his family. Yeah. So I don't think he's a bad person. You know, I think it's just his decisions. I think that's what they were implying. You know, that he, even with the scene towards the end of the film when she when he's phoning his wife, trying to tell her to get rid of the fucking masks, and she's like, "Oh, you're drunk." He's like, "No, I'm not drunk." But that's the first thing she says to him. Yeah. So it's quite obviously the problem that they have. He's not a bad person. He just makes poor decisions. He's a me person, I think, dude. He's 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 out rolling rolling by himself, man. He's just he's just a guy who's like like doing him, you know. Hmm. And uh, that's what I like about him, though. I think he's un, like, uh, like he's not stereotypical, like lead lead character. Like he's he's pretty interesting. He's he's a lot different than your typical, you know, lead male. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, he's also established too, right? You know, like he's he's a doctor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's so interesting. He's a doctor slash investigator. <laughs> he turns into a fucking PI man. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But I just love the fact that, like, he's just so quick to, you know, pick up the girl or to go on this road trip. But, like, soon after, they're quite obviously having relations and stuff. That's, that's what's quick. But I love, the, I, the love, I love the question, though. They're, like, getting into it. Or maybe it's after. And he's like, how old are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And beforehand, <laughs> though, she's like. He's like, yeah, maybe I should, you know, get go sleeping on the floor or something. <laughs> do, we ever, do we ever figure out how old Ellie is or not? And she's like, well, where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? And he's like, that's a stupid question. Well, they never disclose her age, I don't think, because it never does matter because of the end with her. Uh-huh. Well, how old do we think she is? I don't know. I'm assuming that she's probably like 20. 20? Yeah, yeah, that's probably I mean, what I was about. But Tom at. Atkins is yeah. he's quite a bit older than her. That's well, no kind of shit. Show. Yeah, but he's Tommy <laughs> motherfucking Atkins. Yeah. Exactly that fucking weird mustache. With mustache, mind you. With mustache. Yeah. With mustache. Yeah. Um so so Mr. Cochran, like exact what exactly is he? Are you just he, he's a toy maker. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, but he's created like these type of drones. Well, he uses what, Stonehenge, you... right? Like he takes a yeah. piece of Stonehenge, which is considered to have you know mystical powers. He then uses technology to he. It's it's a technology and magic. That's what we're dealing with here. You're taking technology, chip and using like, it with yeah. magic, yeah. and then you have these masks that melt kids' face. So you take well, it's all technology. In the chip, you add magic and you get masks that, and it equals masks that melt kids' face, dude. It's yeah, simple yeah. math. But what about but what about his drones that he's created? Like they almost seem like they're almost like alienish until you start seeing like what's inside them. Yeah, you know, like they like they they're obviously like robotic, but they mm-hmm. ooze like yellow shit and stuff. So Which reminds it, me of like, like Phantasm Blood. Exactly what I thought too. But I thought it was interesting. I'm like, did he create these as robots? But then he gave them like kind of like a life <laughs> i don't know like i think that's just like the magic deal yeah, i guess main, so the main problem magic or not where the fuck do these snakes and bugs come from it's like well that's well, think, that's the magic that's part. you take the, the technology thing. which is the computer chip and yeah, then I, when it does stuff it melts the kid's face and then the magic happens and snakes come out oh that makes mm-hmm. fucking sense. Dude, you really need to learn math <laughs> yeah i mean really when you look at the film it's silly and stupid but yeah that, like, you know, it, that's it like does, the one it, part that boggles my mind 
It's like, silly. They just appear stupid, out of fucking That's why door. I like it. it. It's there's just something about it that is. Oh, dude, this film is so much fun. Like right from the fucking scene, this movie's so awkward. Like, or not awkward. It's odd and kind of strange because, you know, when that drone or whatever you want to call him goes into the hotel, in the hotel, into the hospital. <laughs> you can guess you'd call the hotel if you want. Into the into the hospital and fucking breaks that dude's nose. Yeah. Like that part's brutal. Every time I'm just like, oh god. And then he goes outside and fucking does himself and gas and explodes himself. I think it's just it's so strange. It has like the most strange feeling. It's a to bizarre the film. film, and that it that's, is man. that's what is so appealing about it. Though is just it, yeah. there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. There's no film that kind of has even tried to do anything like this. It's so out there. The but idea that it. this guy is trying to mass murder kids. He's he's not trying to murder every kid. Like like that would be the plot of some like like mustache twirling guy, right? But this he's just trying to murder some kids, like a mass amount of them. Like like his <laughs> his end goal isn't to kill all kids because that seems a little like unrealistic, but if he can just mass murder a bunch of kids, like he's mm-hmm. cool with that. Like that's his goal. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up, dude. But I like I like how he has so much power, though, too. Like he's in a small little Irish community somewhere in California or whatever. And, you know, he's got a curfew on the town. And I, I always like the scene where it's such um, an eerie town. I love where they film this. It is, it is an eerie town. And it's very kind of it's so it's just so it, it's kind of secluded. And it's like it's so what's the word I'm looking for? It's just so. It feels segregated. tiny and tight. It's very segregated. Exactly. That's a good word. But I like the scene where Tom Adkins runs into the bum or into the guy. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, you got a drink? And he gives him a drink and whatnot and stuff. And then they kind of get bullshit. He's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I've fucking asked uh, Mr. Cochran, Cochran for a, a job and stuff like that. And he, he it reminds you of Willy Wonka, right? Like he brought in all his Oompa Loompas. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly such a good analogy. I was, I was like, it's so funny because he just kind of created this whole kind of fantasy world. And his, it's like the evil version of the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Which is also pretty evil. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. fucked up when you think about it. Yeah. Wasn't that on the list, that Bravo list, JP? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I always like that scene, though, when he's talking to that dude. And you kind of get this feeling because you're not quite 100% sure what's going on. But you're like, okay, this guy doesn't have a job there because he's real. You know, he's actually a fucking human. So, yeah. And I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Um, I, I do know that originally Tommy Lee Wallace wanted all of the henchmen to look very like stereotypical Irish, like red hair and stuff, stuff like that. But um, just due to, you know, whatever issues when trying to get that done, it didn't pan out. I thought that would have been cool if they were able to do that, though. <clears throat> they didn't have enough people come in and, you know, audition for the movie. Yeah, like they couldn't find enough stuff. extras to do that and stuff, I guess. Or it was like a time constraint thing. I forget that what is, it was. But Tommy Lee Wallace too- is is pretty cool if you listen to the commentary on the Scream Factory DVD or Blu-ray. Yep. You know, it's it's a pretty entertaining commentary. I actually really like Tommy Lee Wallace. Besides Halloween three and it, I don't can really like think of anything else that he's like known um, for. He wrote he wrote Amityville two, right? Didn't he direct Fright Night two? That's right. He, he did direct Fright, Fright Night two and it. Um, yeah, and it, he, that's about it. I don't think he's directed I, anything in a long time. I um, believe he's done some, some other stuff too. I swear he did. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he didn't. Um, 
Yeah, but anyway, he, yeah, I, I like Tommy Lee Wallace. I, I actually that's somebody who I wish would do more work because, like, he a lot of directors, you know, like decline. Like, like since it, I mean, he, like everything before and after that. Well, I guess there was nothing after that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. he he made some pretty solid stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Halloween, Halloween three, man. <laughs> It, it is such a fucking bizarre film. I can see why people, when they first watch this movie, are like, no, that movie's fucking terrible, you know? But I think he, I think it has a lot of charm and a lot of heart to it. It does. I love, I love, it seems like it's almost like, almost like a homage <clears throat> to the Willy Wonka, or to, you know, the Willy Wonka factory. You know, the scene where they're literally getting a tour in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. I love the fucking. Of course, there's a kid there and stuff like that, and he's trying on masks. And or he, he asks he asks uh, Mr. Cockburn if he can put on the mask, and Mr. Cockburn replies. He says to him, he goes, "No, that mask hasn't gone through final processing." Yeah, <laughs> dude, I fucking piss myself at that every time because. And then, and then they actually ask, "What is final processing?" And he gives them some bullshit explanation that's totally not what it is, right? Yeah. But I love that because it really does. Final feel like pro- they want, pro- final processing just means that you're putting the final touches on the mask that's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to attach the magic. It, it's yeah, exactly, and I fucking love it. It just has this weird, strange charm to the film that's so ridiculous that. I find it really works. I, I find it so entertaining. And I mean, the effects in this movie are hilarious too. Like the lasers and shit, <clears throat> especially with the, uh, the lady in her hotel room, <laughs> when she, oh, find, yeah, when she finds that she finds that microchip and then, you know, kind of opens fire on her, <laughs> what they call a malfunction or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. that shit, man, her fucking face, dude. It's just, it's just annihilated, man. I love that. I love that scene. It's great. But you know, this movie surprisingly has, it's a, it's a little gory than you would expect it to be. Yeah, but the, I find that the gore scenes are like really far uh, spread apart. They feel oh, like. totally. It, it, it's cheesy effects. It's like melt effects and stuff like that. And but I find that it really works. It, it's perfect for the film. It's perfect. well, the kid killing scene is ball brutal. Like, it's yeah, brutal. It, Their faces get fucked up. I remember seeing that as a kid, and like. When I was a kid, I would watch this movie all the time. All the time I would watch this movie. I've seen this movie more than any of the other Halloweens. And I remember always watching this movie and never knowing what the hell was going on. But I knew that when that kid had the orange mask on, that that it got really crazy for a couple minutes. And I would just watch it for that scene all the time. And It's like the one thing I remember when the first time I watched this movie back in the VHS days. Like, that shit fucked with my mind. It's still fucked with my mind when I rewatch it because it's just so brutal and it doesn't have a heart. It goes for it. Yeah, I think this one's a little more brutal. And it's than weird. Give it credit for it. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. weird. <clears throat> Very strange. Yeah. Very strange. This film also has one of my favorite like shots of all time, and it, it's when they're um, going around to the different cities around the world, the trick or treaters and stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, the hills in the background, like the sun setting scene. It's on the cover. I love that shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. a T. Fright Rags has a T-shirt. I know. But it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That, I love that shot. <laughs> Man, I fucking love <laughs> when one of the henchmen rips off the fucking dude's head. <laughs> this is so good, man. 
so fucking good. <clears throat> I love the Blu-ray looks good as hell on this one too. Oh yeah, that's like the first Scream Factory I bought. Well, it is the Scream Factory first Scream Factory. It is I the bought. first Scream Factory I bought too. <clears throat> mine still, mine came with a slipcase too. And yeah. up to date, this is actually well up to Halloween. Out of the first three, this one has the most kills. I think overall it says it's got twenty three kills in it, but twenty <laughs> But twelve of those is like the end henchman massacre, <laughs> where fucking yeah, where Tommy Atkins fucks some shit up there. Um, I love, but yeah, there's like eleven other kills in this film. It's crazy when you actually think about it. There's that many. Yeah, kills, I didn't even like but... think about it. That's when you said twenty two. I was like twenty two. Yeah, but so I guess like a, all the kids and things add up to that. There's yeah, there's like eleven kills besides the twelve henchmen ones, but yeah, it's I don't know. I wonder like it's, their heads like decapitate after the snakes. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> it's so good. It's brutal. It's not just snakes. There's like bugs and yeah, there's like bugs and stuff. Too. But the fact that their heads like like there's cave totally in and like shit decapitated. They, it's just they gross. actually like the pumpkin mask was perfect because it looks like the like a rotting pumpkin, right? The head the kid's yeah. head is turning into a rotting pumpkin. Yeah. Like how it gets all point. like wilty and stuff. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Awesome. Um like that's what I actually thought happened when I was a kid. I was like, oh his head is turning into a pumpkin and it's pumpkin and rotting. it's decomposing and that's why there's bugs. Yeah, that's a cool effect too. It's not bad, actually. Not yeah. bad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this film is, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Tommy Lee Wallace has said this, but it, it, he really uh, was influenced by, like, the body snatchers. I yeah, could see, I, th- I could see that, that. That makes sense. You Especially with that in commentary. Yeah, and he said it in interviews and stuff. Um, it's it's pretty commonly known, but the, uh, the ending was, like, directly... Um, like influenced yeah and i love the ending to this film like i think tom tom atkins like uh sells it like so well dude for like mm-hmm. the character he's playing like he is dead serious he's like stop it stop it stop it <laughs> it's on the other one and dude come on like this is another big problem he's gonna literally call he's gonna call like the 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 what who do you even call who do you Those call monsters, i don't know apparently he called like the ma- like somebody that has access to all the channels it's like the master as you switch cable the channel, company it's like yeah the they're like balls. oh okay okay we yeah. have channel four off oh okay we got yeah, channel it's on seven. another one it's on another oh one like God. who is he on the phone with and and why are they <clears> listening <throat> to just some random guy they're gonna turn off like a billion dollar advertising campaign oh, they listen to him because <laughs> he's tommy ridiculous. motherfucking atkins that is it's actually correct ridiculous. you always listen to tommy atkins that is true <laughs> You're lucky he didn't call the Ghostbusters. Uh, I'm still laughing about final processing. <laughs> I and love the when they're fucking like, taking the, the tour. Like, real like, like what, what, what's the final processing? You know, what, what's that all about? Can we see it? No, I just love the look on Tom Atkins' head there, or on his face when, when Mr. Cockburn and I think the, he takes the kid and the the parents or whatever down the one hallway and he kind of looks back and he's looking at the – Literally, these doors, these twin doors that say final processing. On them. <laughs> and he gives this look like, that's where all the trouble happens. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Don't enter those doors. Fucking laughed so hard at that point. I don't know, man. It just cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty God, much so good, good on Halloween 3. I don't know what else you could say <clears throat> about this one. It's underrated, man. Most underrated. It is fucking. underrated. Um, but I think it's starting to like even out. Like I think oh, it's yeah, starting I to you. be like rated where it should be now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I've always, you know, Halloween three has always been a fucking blast for me, man. I've never, I've always been one of those people that's never disliked this movie. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't just, get it for the longest time when I was a kid. Like, well, I, just I was, didn't understand what was going on. Consumerism, when I, man. When I was a kid, I was confused too because I remember watching the Halloween, you know, marathon on TV and stuff, and it'd be like Halloween one, two, and then three would come on. I'm like, well. Did they just fuck up and put Halloween 3 in front of Season of the Witch? I don't get it. Like, I, I was always confused by the subtitle because as yep. a kid, I didn't know what the fuck season, like a subtitle I was. I still don't know what the subtitle means. Season of the Witch. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not 100% on that, dude. I think it's like, you know, the season of like uh, the Druids and shit, like something like that. I don't well, it has something, something to do with that, it. but it, it is kind of ridiculous. But I don't know, man. Halloween like 3, like I said, has a really special place with me i don't it's just so goofy and oddball and it's it's such a fun film um by no means is it like a fantastically you know execute or not i shouldn't say executed the script like you said it does have some little bit of holes and stuff and doesn't really make a lot of sense and it is actually very mean-spirited when you really think about oh, it definitely that's what In i the like dude it has fucking kids heads getting decapitated I know. it's like it's but, brutal and i i think that's why i respect this film so much is because they not only they not only did something different in the Halloween series. They had balls. They had balls with this one because yeah. killing kids is generally not looked upon as something that, you know, is very acceptable and especially or even, in like, even funny. In that kind of a light. They just didn't yeah. kill them. They fucked them up. Oh, they're basically melting these kids' heads and stuff. Yeah. And, and, they're and, like, like, and you could, you could like see like they're in pain and they're like, help us. And their heads are just like a pan of butter in the microwave and it's just like <laughs> – um, awesome <laughs> and i think this is why i love the film so much because it's so quirky on all levels and it just it's just fucking awesome yeah and you can't deny the soundtrack man it, it just works so well i oh, think yeah it's great soundtrack but well in every movie. Um, you know it's it's not a brilliant film by any means but on you know it doesn't really matter for me at this point because of what the storyline is um if i had to rate this one i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten all right solid solid I gave it I gave it a seven and a half. Like I didn't really talk that much about it. <laughs> um It's a fun it's a fun movie. I, I like I said, I wish I'm happy that I'm starting to hear more people at school talking about it a little bit more, especially my especially my horror class. Like last week, like I said, I heard somebody talk about Halloween four. So then we started talking about Halloween three and how how he really didn't like it at when he was first watching it growing up and now now it's starting to get a little bit more recognition and somebody else chimed in you know it was a whole whole halloween conversation so i'm happy that the film is starting to be seen as as what it is and not just you know connected to the series so if you like watching kids heads get melt like butter you should watch it (laughs) and and not even feeling bad about laughing about it after nope i never feel bad (laughs) yeah i think that uh the film I think that it just took a while for people to get over the fact that it's uh-huh. not what Yins wanted it to be. It's something different. And once they accepted that, I think now people are like, yeah, you know, it's it's almost kind of cool that there was something like this that happened. And, you know, they, they started appreciating it. It's, it's part of the Halloween stuff. legacy, man. It was universally hated when I was a kid, though. I don't oh, remember yeah. anybody who liked it besides me. Oh, yeah. But my rating, you know, and I'm going to come in with a very generous rating, I think. I do love this film. I, I, I've always liked it. It's the first Halloween film that I've seen. It's the one that I've seen the most. 
I have a great time watching it. I look forward to watching it. I pop in the screen. This is like the fourth time I watched it this year. But this film has many, many problems. And if I'm being, you know, really like analyzing the film, it's a generous 7 out of 10. Huh. No, apparently I'm the generous one here. No, I think that this film probably should be even lower than that just based on – it has a lot of issues in what the does it has nostalgic inside of you that makes the well great i'm not I'm not, I'm not giving it an eight out of ten because it's a good film i explained i give it the reason why i give it an eight it's out of ten is because it's it's an eight out of ten for me it's it fucking does it for me the shit makes me laugh it's weird it's strange it's quirky it's fucking ridiculous it has all these elements that I like in a film, so that's what I give it. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying just trying it's, to you be know, unbiased like on, as possible. Like on, when I give my <clears> ratings because I'm trying to give what I think like the film actually is. But yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on how you want to rate films, but, um, but yeah. I just that's the way. I, that's the way I do it. So yeah. Um, Halloween three is a blast, though. I love it. All right, Halloween. Moving along to Halloween 4, um, the return of Michael Myers. And uh, I think that uh, people were like insanely excited for when, you know, Michael Myers came back in 1988. And this one basically, you know. They had to subtitle it right there just so there was no (laughs) confusion this time. It's like, you motherfuckers wanted it. Here it is, the return of. Of Michael Myers, and you know that, and that's a true story though, because they did it purposely. They, exactly, they actually put Return of Michael Myers on here to sell the film. Years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? Ah! Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. We have the return of Michael Myers from the year 1988. So, film takes ten year. The film takes place ten years after the first two films. Michael Myers has been in a coma since the explosion at the Haddonfield Memorial Hospital in the ending of Halloween Two. Is being transferred to Smith Grove Sanitarium (FIA) ambulance. Upon hearing that he has a niece, he awakens, kills the paramedics, and makes his way to Haddonfield to find her and Doctor Loomis. You know what? I never realized that 
because he heard that he had a niece, that's why he awakened. That's pretty interesting. I just thought it was Halloween again. It's been 10 years. It seems about the time to get up. So he just got up. Huh. Yeah, I oh, mean, I, for, I always thought that was the reason because she's talking about. Yeah, I don't know why I never put that t- two and two together. What about you, Moods? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, he's talking but, about Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Harris's character. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. But I mean, for years, I mean, I figured it out, you know, a, a little while ago. But, uh, you know, watching these back in the day, I was like, it's so convenient that he's being transported and he fucking just wakes up <laughs> at that moment where he can break out, you <laughs> yeah. know, fuck this, everyone up in this ambulance and then get away. I'm like, you know, he's being transported. Of course he's going to wake up, right? But yeah, I remember questioning that lots of times and then going, there has to be a fucking, I mean, that's just so ridiculous, right? Hence Jamie. Oh. Yeah, I guess so, huh? And when and, we see, yeah. see Michael for the first time, we'll get into that. And mm. I thought that it's like, uh, you know, just like a 10 year thing. Like, like, oh, maybe just like after 10 years, he feels like doing something again. <laughs> he, gets, he gets bored with his life, decides to go on yeah, a like, life it's like, crisis. It's like if you think like what's a special time, it's like, well, 10 years is kind of a special time. <laughs> he kind of over kind of uh, like how long was he in the mental hospital for? 15 years 15 before he broke out oh, shit well so, this takes, so he's in a coma for 10 years and the coma's just like well you kind of overstayed your welcome buddy it's <laughs> yeah. time to wake up midlife crisis when he's riding in a fucking ambulance yeah so but, how uh, old is <clears throat> Myers in this film um 35 so he's Damn. 10 years 15 25 plus 10 35. he was like 21 in Halloween 1 right I think he's 21 yeah yeah so he's 31 so 31 yeah, he's getting old. But, uh, yep. All right. First of all, I just got to get this out of the way. Jeremy mentioned it a couple times. I fucking hate the stupid shoulder pad looking Michael Myers. Yeah, like when he, he like, lays up. Nerves, man. He, like, lays up in Jamie Lloyd's room <clears throat> and, like, the thunder's happening and you see him for the first time. It's just so fucking bad. Well, I actually think that's kind yeah, of yeah. a little creepy. Why? He looks like shit, though. He does. His look mask like- looks like crap. Um, I actually don't mind his mask so much. Why? It's too white. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Halloween 5. The, yeah, this one, the mask and the shoulder pads, dude, can't stand. You know he actually has on shoulder pads in this film? Like, <laughs> Oh, is like, that what he really does? Yeah. <laughs> like he has on shoulder pads. The director was like, you know, this is going to look cool. Oh god, this is gonna look cool. Well, I'm not gonna hire you know, him it, to grab that. It's movie. kind of a shame though, too, because you know this movie actually doesn't look that bad. You know, like I think there's a lot of like pretty well shots in this film too. It sucks that Michael does look like. You mean you're not gonna hire the guy that directed Free Willy to the Adventure Home <laughs> and Anacondas? Yeah, totally right. I know, it's so bizarre. But what's the guy's in Dwight H. Little? Yeah directed this film so this um, is the first one that didn't have anything to do with jonathan carpenter correct i mean he's just a producer or does he have um i'm not actually sure if he hasn't i'm sure he, he must have some type of credit on this i would assume he would have cre- doesn't he have credit for the entire series he kind of helped create well, yeah the character. He, he automatically well, will always no, he have does. writing credit for characters and stuff yeah like yeah that. Yeah, but to be actually officially associated with the film, um, yeah, you might be right. I don't think he does actually, but uh, I don't know. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this one? 
Um, I actually like this one quite a bit. I think it's a nice return, you know? Like, I think it does what it's supposed to in the return of Michael Myers. Uh, I, like I said, I have a huge issue with the way he looks. It just, it, it really does take me out of the film sometimes, but... Um, I like the idea of throwing a little kid in there again. I mean, it, in the first film, uh, the little kids were kind of a big part of it um, and kind of, you know, making it center around around a little kid again, like a, a little bit more to this to, in this film, I think is a little bit more mm-hmm. scary. And uh, I actually, you know, I like Rachel enough, uh, if that's her name, right, Rachel? Yeah. yeah. So I liked but, her too. Like, I kind of cared about her too. Yeah, I think I kind of care what happened to her. I think what really shines in this one, and this is when you really feel like this is happening. But Donald Pleasance is is Doctor Samuel Loomis. He's uh, he's like really involved in this one, and he feels like you feel like his pain from you know blowing up, and you know obviously he couldn't survived. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know how the fuck he survived. Not <laughs> well, a young, well, a young it's so ridiculous. A young person that's in good shape, like moods, wouldn't fucking survive that. Nonetheless, an old man. It's like come but I on. I think Myers is even worse though, because like his face, like actually, like melted Gosh. away. Yeah, and how does he see now? We already talked about this. Yeah, like he's he's fucking devastated in this film. Like you know, he's all burnt up, and he's you know walking with a limp. But, uh, you know, he's – this is, you know, oh, the my. start of his major agitation here too. Yeah. Well, he's just been, he's like, you know – been... What do you think he's been doing for 10 years? Like like obviously we know in Rob Zombie's Halloween film – Skin grafts? He goes into um, – he goes into like – like Loomis's obsession with Myers, but we even got that from the first film of the original series, where he says, you know, he spent you know ten years trying to keep him uh, reaching him, or like five years trying to reach him, and then ten years trying to keep him locked away and stuff. Like, like you really get the sense that like Loomis at, at about this time, you know, even ten years from that event, like he's literally wasted his life away worrying he, about Michael Myers, and that's why he, and he because, starts to become crazy, man. And because it, it became and, a life project. He became obsessed with it. And one of the you know? best character development scenes is when he's riding with that old guy. Oh, yeah, and the, the old guy is even crazier than him. Yeah, the and priest. he realizes, like, like, like he's saying, you know, you can't, you, like, you're hunting him or, or whatever. You're yeah. hunting damnation. Like, you can never, you know, escape. You and, like, it, 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 that, that's some good shit right there, man. I really like that for character development. Mm-hmm. That, guy, that crazy priest is crazier than he is. <laughs> yeah, and even Loomis is a little taken back by it, and and I think Loomis kind of needed that. It's like a, it's like a um a release of it's a, like a relief because he's he's able to take a step back and let somebody else take control for a second and just be the crazy guy. It's a good observation. Like you can tell when he takes a drink, it's funny too. <laughs> he just pulls out his he just, like it's a priest, and he just like pulls out this like, <laughs> thing. He's like he's like want a drink, Mister? Well, he's, he's the like, one that molests his children, probably. <laughs> probably the ones that were in Halloween three, <laughs> got their heads eaten out by fucking snakes and bugs. And I think without convincing Donald Pleasance to come back for the fourth film, um, I think it it is way. Uh, less strong I, I think he really really like like is the crutch for th- for the rest of this series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially like as we get later on mm-hmm. especially like halloween six there's like no reason to watch that movie even it though just, donald pleasant's acting's a little bit uh eh, by then but well, he's about to die yeah i know yeah like in real life yeah i know <laughs> um 
Yeah, I think that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I I I think I have issues throughout uh, Halloween Four, even with uh, Donald Pleasant's um, burn scars. They don't look that great, to be honest. No, they actually look bad, but they, you know, they, I mean, they obviously are completely different even in part five. I mean, if you look yeah. at the scars, they're just so different, but they do change quite a bit in part four, which is annoying. Maybe it's the high def. I don't know, but yeah, they it's something that just kept six though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, which they uh, should have done earlier. One, one thing about this film, you know, with, you know, the introduction of, uh, you know, you find out quite early, um, who Jamie is. You know, she's mm-hmm. the she's the orphan child of, you know, Lori. Yeah. Um, and she was probably she was given up, you know, at birth, right? Right at birth. Yeah, because they never she... act. Well, because in the timeline, I'm not sure because because well, um, mm. you don't really ten... hear Jamie Lloyd ever talk about his mo- her mom, though. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, she's 10. It, it, this takes place 10 years. Actually, she's not given up at birth because the, in the storyline, this is 10 years after the original events. So 10 years. And I think uh, Jamie is seven years old. She's playing seven years old in that film. So huh. uh, she wasn't given up at birth. So she was actually a couple years I old. And I think they mentioned that like her mom died like a year before that or something. I, I swear they – I thought they mentioned something about when when G, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, died. I thought they said it was like a year before the events that are happening. Hmm. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not sure actually because they don't really go into too much. It, it always seems like you know Jamie has the pictures around and stuff because she doesn't really remember her mom. You know a lot. She looks at him and because she's quite young, right? Yeah, I mean, but if she was given up a year before that, you know, she would have been like six years old, right? But I it, feel it, like it, she has all of that those like um, issues that like a child that is being placed in a foster home would have, where she's like feels like uh, she's in the way and stuff. And I don't think like that a child's way too. From yeah, exactly, I don't think exactly. that would happen from being being placed there. From you know such a young age, like three or whatever, that so, kind of thing, like no, Rachel and no, Kyle, it, like the it com- same. It completely does, JP. Trust me, it does. A three-year-old knows a lot more than you think they do. Um, they would have the exact same issues. Trust me, I just went through this whole adoption thing. Wait, um, what? what's that? Like, if I she was if she was placed if she was placed with her foster parents yeah. when she was three years old, she would still have the same issues. I don't think so, man. Yeah, dude. I would listen trust to me. Me. I have he knows what he's talking about. Too, though. Trust me, dude. They uh, do. Three right. years old. A three-year-old child knows a lot more. But than it's you not. Think it's his. It's family, though, dude. It's a little different. But whose family? But she was taken away from her family and adopted. Yeah, right? but they're no. The, I thought they were relatives. They're they're her. It's her niece or something. Right? Or aren't they are they just complete strangers that she's with? Yeah. They're not family. They're she's she was orphaned and this family adopted Ooh, her. Wow. I thought they were somehow related. No, it's like oh, her foster. It's, it's like, like foster. a foster mother and foster well, the co- she's the got cotherders. Yeah. Like she's literally Yeah, but I thought they orphaned. were like on the dad's side though. They're like on the dad's side of the family. Mm, no, I just no, think they're I don't just think like so. a foster family. Because it, no, 
because then they would no they're a fa- they're totally a foster family. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I I just have different experiences, and I from from what I know, she she's she those issues wouldn't be still like that at that age where it's like she feels like she isn't part of the family. Um, but that's just me personally. There's different experiences for different people. <laughs> okay. I, well, I just did like months of schooling on this, so. Um, yeah, but it's, I, it's, I pre- mean, it's it's pretty evident that you know that she would have these issues. I mean, it's natural. It's fucking natural. You're not with your real parents. You're gonna yeah, have. Yeah, but issues. I I actually grew up without you know my real parents, so I kind of have like a different you know. I never knew like, that. Jay. Yeah, like, first, yeah, but you know, but, dude, but you but you weren't like, but you grew up with family though too, right? Yeah, exactly. That's different. She's actually adopted. Right, it's totally different. These are complete strangers to her. She doesn't know any of her family. It, it, being adopted Michael. by family, you will have less issues because you still feel kind of like you have that connection where she doesn't at all. So she does feel like she's kind of an outcast and stuff, and she stresses it in the film too. You know, when her when her you know her stepsister, whatever you want to call Let's her, go out. Yeah. yeah, and you know she's like, oh, I guess I'm just a big burden. I'm just a big yeah. burden. That's pretty natural. I mean, that's probably going to happen. Um, one thing I really did like in the film is that, uh, you know, when Jamie's at school and she's being taunted, I like that, man. Cause it's kind of like, you know, like Michael, it's just like in the first film, Yeah, you know, when, um, when Tommy's at school and he's being taunted, but you know, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, and yeah. she's basically just the female version of Tommy right there. But, you know, oddly enough that, you know, Michael's actually her uncle. So, um, but I really like that scene though. I think that that's actually a nice little setup to, you know, her and stuff. But, uh, when, when, you know, like early on the scene where Rachel and Jamie are there and she's like, I wish we were real sisters. I wish we were real sisters. That felt like really forced to me, man. Like as in like acting wise, like, I feel like it, yeah, acting wise and just like, it's forcing, it into the story that like hey she's not they're not real sisters you know what i mean well no i think i think what they're doing they're just trying to get the point across that she is orphaned like yeah, she's not that's what they I'm just saying. really it's like want force it's not done naturally yeah i see what you're saying totally i mean right at that moment in time she's like i wish we were real sisters yeah i know where you're coming from i mean i understand what they're doing it just wasn't executed exactly how it probably should have been you know yeah but, you know, I, yeah, I think they probably could have incorporated that a little, a little better, <laughs> a little more subtle, maybe instead of just coming straight out and saying something like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I got to say, man, you know, getting back to the look of Michael Myers in this one, Mike, <laughs> the mask does look. Looks, it's too white, man. It is. It is a little white, and fucking, I didn't, I just didn't know the shoulder pads. It just cracks me up. But now thinking back on it, it's just like completely ridiculous. It's, it's worse than Halloween 2. Yeah. By a long shot. And it's know? too bad. It's too bad, like I said, though, because I think there's a lot of decent direction in this and some pretty decent shots and atmosphere, actually, at, at times. And a little goofy, you know, with the scene where... The um, ending. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the ending. But uh, actually, the scene where the audio starts to go out of sync, actually, where you can kind of cue that up right there. You know, when... Um, Jamie's walking down the street and then the fake Michael is standing oh, yeah. behind the bush and then all these Michaels start coming out there. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of a goofy scene, but I oddly like that scene though. And like 
I don't know. There's so many weird things about this movie that just fucking drive me nuts, man. The, the whole rednecks, you know, the trigger happy rednecks and stuff. I just I find it a little over the top, but it's, yeah, I don't. I have a problem with that film too because it's that prior to the film too, especially the ending when they ultimately kill Michael. It's like this is really necessary that they're the ones that you know. Well, it just it, it just feels so vigilante and uh-huh. like. But I mean, I understand what they're doing. Frankenstein, they're pro- you know, they're trying to. Pro- yeah, they're trying to protect you know their little small town and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't want anything bad to happen. But they took our it, it, jobs. Just gets, it just, yeah, it just gets so, it gets so excessive though because the scene where they just open fire on that bush and they're like, oh man, it was like you know it's fucking Jake <laughs> or whatever the fuck his name is. I'm like, there's so many fucking odd parts in this film, man. But I got to say though, it's pretty. I mean, up to the point in the series, man. There's some pretty gory scenes in this film, or some parts, anyways. Mm-hmm. The fucking cop's fucking arm getting ripped off. That's pretty awesome. The electrocute, the electrocutional scene, man. And the fucking guy gets electrocuted to death. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> see, I Michael guess sure loves electricity, as we see later on in Halloween 6. But see, this is why they had Michael Myers in shoulder pads, because, you know, he needed to, it needed to Fuck showcase his muscles because he's going to pick up dudes right across or yeah, above his you head know, and throw them on fucking but you know he's been in a coma for 10 years so he could totally build up those muscles <laughs> it makes no fucking sense yeah it's a good point actually but he's not human though he's the shape right okay so he makes muscles even though you know uh, it doesn't make sense <laughs> no it doesn't actually um uh, one another thing about this movie that i really find very entertaining is the the 80ness of it too some of the characters in this film just look so fucking 80s. So awesome. But I also find in this one to the uh, – I think it's – yeah, it is in this one. In part four, I find this the the, uh, the music in this one is the weakest out of like all the films. Yeah, hmm. I don't notice it that much, so you're probably right if they I actually notice change, anything. They, they changed the music a little bit in this one, but it like it it does not hit as hard as like part two at all. Like there's just something else there and it just kind of – it's not as aggressive and it just, I don't find it works as well. And the cues are off a little bit too in this one. Just something uh, also to add to the thing we was talking about earlier is I did find out that Laurie Strode apparently did die just one year prior to the events in Halloween 4. Huh. So okay. it is as if Jamie Lloyd was just entering the uh, – um, foster care, like Child's mm. Play Two. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know still- they. Me- I think they do mention it somewhere in the film, but I had to look it up on the internet because I couldn't remember. Okay, but I mean, even if she was there two or three years, she'd probably be very similar. Who knows? Yeah, but it's, I, it's, my it's, argument was <clears throat> just like I, since I thought that she like was only there for a short amount of time, I thought that. That's why it was so um, amplified her discomfort with being, uh, you know, the foster child. Uh, mm. I think it was a little bit more mm. amplified, and uh, that's why I was kind of saying that I think that she, you know, hasn't been there very long. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense. I mean, yeah, I, for some reason, the weird reason I, I just always thought it was like three or four, like she'd been there three or four years for some odd reason. I don't know why I had that timeline in my mind. It's weird. The Halloween timeline is crazy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things. It's that, too I mean, fucked it's, up, man. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are you, yeah, gotta pay attention to the fine fine detail. Um, 
Yeah. Anything else? Should we talk about the ending or no? Uh, you know, the <laughs> ending was... I didn't have a huge problem with it, but... So this guy's got shot six times. Uh, let's see, he's got his eye shot out. He's got blown up. And now he gets fucking blown up again, shot to death again, falls down a mine shaft, and somehow still lives. <laughs> uh, sounds about right. Oh, my God. Now, this one right here, it's got a pretty decent body count. But the problem is with this one, there's a lot of a lot of kills that are off screen. You guys notice that? Mm-hmm. Like there's like yeah. 18 body count, but eight are off screen. So there's really only like 10 kills in this one. Not enough budget. Um, some of them are okay. I really like the one where, you know, the first kill action, the film where Michael, you know, first wakes up from the coma and puts a fucking thumb right in that guy's forehead. <laughs> I'm like, okay, seriously? This dude's been in a coma for 10 years and he's got strength where you can put a fucking thumb into someone's skull? That's what I just talked about, man. He's not human. <laughs> I don't care how not human he is. That's a bunch you know, of bullshit. Like, they <laughs> kind crazy. of always ignored that in the uh, the Halloween films. Like, in the Friday films, it, at a certain point, they're just like, well, Jason's just like, he's he just can't die and he's like they never really go that route with the halloween films they're just like he's like they just kind of ignore the fact that he's took so much punishment yeah yeah totally (laughs) you know he's fucking boogeyman he's he's unstoppable um another thing i noticed about this film this one right here feels like the biggest halloween film to date too because of like the scenes and stuff it just feels like it's just fucking huge oh yeah yeah i think the second you know, out of the original, you know, films, I think it's probably the second biggest failing. I think uh, H2O definitely is the biggest. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, this one, you you really, it's really noticeable after watching the first two films and watching this one. It's like, wow, this movie just seems like ginormous. You know, dude, how about those stunt guys getting thrown out of those trucks, dude? Well, like that, that one dude like lands on his back. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, but right, those stunt man. guys, man. Yeah, those are but some bad do. motherfuckers. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, fuck, man. The, the, the stunts, I love those old school stunts are so fucking fantastic, man. So such good stuff. Um, I think Daniel Harris does a pretty good job in this film. What do you guys think about her performance? Um, I think I her think child she has, actor. Yeah, I think there's moments where I, I see some like eh, some little iffy stuff in there and. You know, I'm not trying to take anything too much away from her because, you know, she's like a legend and all, but I'm being serious. Like, there will be times where I feel like, and I feel it more in part five than part four. I think her acting is better in part four. Oh, God, yes. Part five, all she does is cry throughout the whole fucking film. (laughs) That's the one thing you learn into film when you're doing film school, when you're in film school. If you don't have to write a child in the script, you shouldn't have to because most of the time, you're just not your film's gonna get well you're gonna it's gonna get penalized if you have a child actor that's not good then not to have them at all in the story so well they say the hardest thing about you know writing a part for a child is finding the right one that's why people don't write children into films like that because it's so hard to find a good child actor i believe daniel harris is 37 yeah she's 11 and she was 11 years old in this movie playing a seven she looks good for 37 so I thought you were going to say she looks good for 11. Oh, for 37. <laughs> I think one of my, fi- one of my favorite things about this movie, actually, we never noted on, um, uh, what's his face? Sasha Jensen's in this film. The guy from dazed and confused. Yeah. He's the boyfriend. Uh, it's fucking awesome. But, uh, anyways, um, one thing about this film that 
has cracked me up for years and years. And I even fucking replayed it for the wife <laughs> when I was watching this. I was like, you have to check this out. I'm like, what's wrong with the scene? And she looks at me and she's like, oh, yeah, fuck, that's bad. <laughs> it's the part when – what's the sister's name? Rachel? Yeah. When she's driving the truck after she hits Michael Myers and she fucking hits the brakes, but she hits the gas. <laughs> In that scene, and the I even stops. That. Man, that scene has made me laugh for years and years and years. I've seen this movie; it's so fucking funny to me. It's a but fuck my, up. It's a total fuck up, man. Yeah. But my favorite part, my favorite thing about that scene, though, is the fact that in the recap, at the beginning of part five, they show that scene again, but and it's so. Flipped. No, no, it's the exact same scene. So she's pressing the gas, and the vehicle <laughs> stopping. So they rehashed the same fucked up scene from part four into part five. <laughs> oh, we didn't notice that until you said it. <laughs> Fucking cracks me up so much, man. I just, it's such a bad mess up, man. Ugh, horrible. But, you know, overall, man, I really do like this film, though. Like, yeah, I, find I did it too. Actually, pretty good, man. Like, it's got some pretty decent gore. I mean, the kills, again, aren't the craziest thing in the world. The story's a little muffled at it times. It loses a lot too. of atmosphere from the previous three films. Oh, it totally does. It totally does. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the goofiness of, like, the rednecks and stuff. It kind of takes you out of the film a little bit, right? It just feels more this, I actually don't feel like they're that goofy. This feels more well, it's studioized. Even, well, really, like, maybe it's in the – is it in part five with the retarded cop? Yeah, I think it's yeah. in part five with, with the stupid cops. That. Um, but yeah, like in part four, I think the thing that kind of takes me out of the film a little bit is that there is more use of a lot more characters. And I mean, Loomis is around and stuff, but there's a lot of focus on this entourage of fucking, you know, these, this, this fucking gang of motherfuckers that want to kill Michael Myers and stuff. And I, I find it just kind of takes away from what's really going on, mm-hmm. you know, at yeah. times. You How know do what you... I'm saying? Good. Yeah, that's all. How do you guys feel about the uh, ending? Um, I already said, how the... Hmm. Well, now... Okay, if uh, just put it this way. If there was never a part five, which obviously they were setting up for a part five, yeah. but it doesn't make... The ending doesn't actually make any sense because if you look at, if you look at uh, Jamie's character throughout the film, she's pretty normal yeah she never she never shows any attributes that she's gonna have yeah. michael's gaze at the end so well, i don't know if this i don't know if this is bad like in the screen like they just didn't put any ideas that she was uh, potentially gonna be like we, a little crazy we kind of know that she's a little bit crazy throughout the just but a then, little bit but, but like the thing not is, that she like would okay. snap like that with the ending of this movie is interesting because you know the way it ends you go that doesn't make any fucking sense that's totally out of character for jamie to do but in part five, they try to justify why she does it, uh-huh. right? Because it basically in part five, they say that Michael actually – it's this telepathic bond that they have yeah. because they're family. And she basically was told by Michael to do what she did. She had no control over it. That's what they try to say. But with that said, that's told to you in part five. Yeah, okay. So let at me... the end of, end of part four doesn't make any fucking sense. Well <clears> – <throat> I disagree to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, <laughs> let's forget about part five, okay? Pretend that, you know, that we're, this is 1988 okay. and this is part four. The reason I think it doesn't matter that she doesn't show any characteristics of that is because you go back to the first film and we don't know anything about Michael Myers. So, obviously, what they're trying to say is 
it, the curse or whatever or the, just the um, evil has been passed down. And since we don't know that Michael Myers wasn't completely normal before he snaps in the first film when he's a kid, it it fits. And that's why I like the ending. I used to not like it until I thought of it this way. And then I love like Loomis at the very end. Like that that's just perfect. What with him screaming? Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah, dude. That is odd. Like that, he like because you can just see that he like this fear of like, oh my god! It it like it's it's a whole new it's happening new beginning. Again. It's a new beginning after all these you know like decades. Like I have, it's not over, and it's just starting again. And now, like I'm, I gotta end it right now. I'm gonna shoot this girl in the face. You know, it, it's interesting because if if it was me doing the film. I wouldn't have had Loomis do that. I think in my person, like I love Loomis. I love, you know, the whole character and stuff like that. But I find it was a, just a little over the top. I think it was a little overacting in that scene. Like, to be I've honest, man, I think say that. And I, I, th- really I me personally, really see, I personally think I would have had him kind of react differently, like almost like a shock reaction, maybe fall to the ground and just be like, you know, it, just to kind of like, holy fuck, like something so this thing just affected him so bad that it literally put him into shock. Yeah, Halloween 1 Loomis, I'm with you. But this is Halloween 4 Loomis. This is a guy no, who's I, been doing this for no, decades. I, he doesn't know what else to do. No, but, but, just, but that adds to it, though, because like you would not ex- you would expect him to be able to handle it, but this is so shocking. You know, he's like, holy fuck, like, I never thought that this evil was passed down through the genes or whatever, however you want to look at it. You know, like, he reacts like he's just fucking stunned. I mean, but I mean, that's just the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's just literally two different um, yeah. interpretations. But like to me, I feel like like it's so much that the only thing he can do is is just unleash this this pent up uh, feelings and just complete just rage. Like I feel rage out of him there, and like. Like I feel like he's always been the one that is like like the calm. He never really gets too uh, mad, even when he's like you know you know uh, you don't know what death is or whatever. Like you know like and I feel like this was <laughs> like he finally had it. It's enough. Like this cannot continue, and that's why he gets so uh, over the top there. Like you guys say, it's it's because like he's tried everything else. All else has failed, and it continues in a new beginning. Hell not. He mm. just doesn't know what to do anymore. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's totally valid, right? I just, I just yeah. feel that, you know, just the way I look at it. I probably, like, I mean, if I was the filmmaker, I wouldn't have got him to do that. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah. So may- maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe it just would have sucked ass too. But who knows? I mean, overall, I mean, I, I do have issues with that end. I mean, I don't really. It's I the Friday it the Thirteenth Part Four ending. Yeah, totally. It totally is, and. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because I've seen this before, but I think for the characters in this one, I was like, you know, with the, the whole Tommy Jarvis character, I think it it kind of does work a little more because they kind of, you know, he was into you know horror stuff. I think it's just different. I think I Jamie's don't think it ever innocent. works actually, but I I just kind of look at. I think it, it works different. Okay, now than I think it works. To. I think it works better in 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 Friday Four than it does here because there's no. I don't I know. Mean, don't they my, do this shit in H two too? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to get to that, right? Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I've only, 
I've only seen this only the second time I'm watching these sequels, so it's like I'm not as experienced. Yeah, I, I series think that, as you are. Like I don't even remember the later sequels. I think that like it may like I always feel like they want to like like Hollywood or or you know the producers always want to like end a character and begin like set up for a new one, but then by the time they get to the next sequel, they're like. Yeah, but maybe we should just keep Michael Myers around. And then they just like, well, we'll just have to write around it then. And I hate when they do that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't put it in to begin with then, man. Because you know they're not going to continue from Jamie Lloyd as being the killer. They're just not. Oh, I know. Totally. I mean, it doesn't fu- – that would make the worst movie. It might not, though. I don't I, I don't think it would be good, though. <laughs> That's just my opinion, but – Yeah, I mean um, – you know, overall, like I, I do really enjoy this film, though. Yeah, I think it's I not bad. I think there could have been more tits in it. Is there even any tits? In this? I was watching like Halloween Four. I was like, dude, there's a serious lack of tits in the Halloween. I think series. it's because it, it, it's that scene where um, uh, Sasha Jensen, Jensen uh, is hooking up with that hot blonde, the one with the big boobs, but they don't really show her boobs. Yeah, yeah, and you that's know, why I said it. I was like, I was like. There was almost boobs, but then they didn't do boobs, and like that made me realize like they never do boobs in this series. Yeah, they're all, they're quick shots, man. They're real quick, but yeah, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about Halloween Four. I think the <laughs> the end still cracks me up with the the gas pedal break, but you know, it's fucking funny to me. Uh, ratings. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Or wait, it's actually back to Jeremy, right? Yeah, Jeremy, your turn. All right, so, um, like I said, I'm not experienced with you guys, as you guys are. So, I just had to look at it the way I watched it. Um, I'm just gonna say I gave it a seven out of ten. Solid, solid. Huge. Um, I actually give Halloween four, and. It does have issues and stuff, but I think it's a nice follow-up, man. It's just, like, it's a good return. It's not the best return. It's, like, not Friday the 13th final chapter type of, uh, you know, return or Elm Street 3 type of return. But um, I give it a a 7.5. I think I'm coming in. I'm being very generous with that rating as well. It does have problems, but I've always liked this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, besides, you know, the problem I have with this one, of course, again, is the really weak theme music in this one. Just kind of drives me nuts a little bit. Uh, The very obvious fuck-ups in it. Uh, But I do really enjoy this film. Um, I also give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think the Michael Myers, like, shoulder pad guy is, like, my, my least favorite part of the film. Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck, man? I didn't know about the shoulder pads ridiculous <laughs> ah it cracks me up help me help me no. we both know he's alive but you know where he is halloween five this time they're ready this time he's unmasked And this time, he's back with a vengeance. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. All right, so moving on to uh, 1989's, uh, I guess, sequel to Halloween 4, The Revenge of Michael Myers, um, directed by, I don't really know this guy, Dominic... 
Dominique Girard. 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 Yeah, he was the guy that directed. Didn't you do the TV film? I have no idea, dude. Of, uh, he did, of the Omen 4. Um, <clears throat> so Halloween 5. Uh, plot? Uh, you want me to do it, or do you do yeah. it again, Jeremy? Alright, um, Halloween 5, from the year 1989, subtitled Revenge of Michael Myers. Ugh, so cliche. I hate Shit, my mic was muted. Stuff. Damn it, I was supposed to do it. Sorry. Alright, well then, go right now. Oh, you can do it, JP, sorry. No, go ahead. I didn't even notice my mic was on mute. I'll just edit here. Where's let me write down the time real quick. I'm I'm gonna forget all these times. I think I forgot to write down a few. No, there's only been a couple. This is the longest episode. Is it? Uh it's like four and a half hours. What was our longest episode? Four hours. It's longer wow. than four hours. Wow. Alright. Um I Am I going? Yeah, just start with Halloween 5 from the year 1989. All right, so we have Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers from the year 1989. So the film begins with a recap of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. After Michael Myers fell down the mine shaft, the state troopers tossed dynamite down the mine to make sure that Michael was dead. But Michael escapes and stumbles into a nearby river where he is found by a hermit. He collapses into a coma while in the hermit's care and remains in a catacombs state for a full year. On October 30th, 1989, Michael awakes, kills the hermit, and returns to terrorize Haydenfield, where his niece, Jamie Lloyd, continues to live after nearly being killed by Michael the year before. For somebody who lives in Illinois, you sure say Haddonfield wrong. Isn't Oh, great, because I'm, to- I'm totally going to get a fucking place that doesn't exist at one ten in the morning after I've gotten seven hours of sleep in two days. Yeah. Uh, now, the best thing about – not the best thing, but I do like the way the opening credits were. Oh, yeah. It's very well, we creep, didn't even mention that creep. in part four. That's one of the best things about part four. Yeah, the opening credits, yeah. Um, all of the, the whole series has good opening credits sometimes. Actually, they do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I noticed I, – I really – Wanted to note that one on this one, but um, again, they show the fuck up with the gas pedal break. <laughs> like I actually don't even know what you're shit. talking about. I've never, I don't remember that. Like, okay, about, like, dude, you know when she, you know when she hits Michael Myers in the truck? Yeah, I know you talk. And, the, about and, she, it. and she's going down the hill. She goes to it. slam on the brakes, but she hits the gas pedal. That's funny. Yeah, it is. It's so funny that it's replayed the beginning of Halloween Five. It fucking cracks me up. Um, but wait, uh, are your gas pedals the same up in Canada? <laughs> Dude, of course they it's are. It's not like he's in fucking I'm London and he's raining and he drives on the wrong side of the street. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be been funny if like like he if she was really doing it right the whole time and he was like up in Canada it's different? <laughs> No. no. Okay. So Halloween five, man, first of all, I cannot stand the the telecon uh fucking linkage thing going on between Jamie and Michael. I just don't like it, man. It's It's, just a way to explain, like, why the events in Halloween 4 happened. Um, This whole movie was created because of the fucking end of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's just like, if you don't end Halloween 4 like that, you could possibly have a better Halloween 5 film. Ugh. Yeah. Um, They kill off Rachel early, which um, a lot of people hate that. 
I actually don't even mind. I never get the problem. I never understand why people like can't. I liked her, man. She was like the most likable character in this entire. Life. It's that whole Kincaid thing, man. Fucking dies right away. It's like. Yeah. yeah, but Kincaid was like that's you can't even compare Rachel to Kincaid, dude. Kincaid's the shit. No, no, no. I'm talking about the same type of setup. No, you know? I know. Main character like, throughout a film dies early. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I I actually you know. To be honest, one of my favorite characters in the whole series is very controversial because a lot of people hate her, and it's kind of our lead girl in this one, not Danielle Harris. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? The main character in this one? Yeah. Like what her name is? Yeah, I think it's Tina, right? <laughs> Fuck, I'm so bad with names, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really like her for some reason. I don't know why. She's like everybody thinks she's annoying, but I like her a lot. Fucking huh. jump scares, man! This fucking sequel drives me off the fucking wall. Really? I didn't even notice them. I got oh problem. I got, I got in the I, barn. Are you kidding me? That's all they are. Fake jump scares. It's so annoying. Are they like cats jumping out at shit? Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is not really Michael. It's just a guy in the fucking. <laughs> it's so annoying. I just don't understand. Okay, so they blow down they blow Mike Myers into this, you know, this into this mind shaft. Dude, it's so funny that he's chilling with that hermit though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, how I, funny. He reminds is that? me of the priest no, in Halloween I, 4. But they even say like they're like, "Oh, you know, Michael Mary, Michael Myers is all buried and he's gone and stuff like that." Did they not like he fucking escapes like right away? <laughs> and they're saying that he's buried. They blow him down in the part five. He literally like slides out the back of it into the water. And they're like, oh, he's all buried and shit. So nobody fucking checked. Yeah, and they don't yeah. even look for his body. <laughs> they don't even no look sense. for the body. Like, I'm no pretty sense. sure that's all sorts of illegal if you just like know a body's like chilling there yeah. and you just leave it. But I just love the fact that they even say, oh, he's all buried and he's all gone and shit. And I'm like, yeah, no one obviously checked because he slid out the back fucking alive. <laughs> he floats slid down out the river. The back. <laughs> And then spends the and then spends a whole fucking year living with this hobo. You know, you know that that hermit dude was molesting Michael Myers. You know it. Yeah. You know what is fucked up about He's that? Jerking though? him. You know what's really disturbing about that, which doesn't make sense again. So Michael lives with this hobo for like a year, and then fucking just gets up one day and snaps the guy's neck and fucking walks out. <laughs> After he's like cared for him and like yeah, it reminded stuff. me of like Danny Trejo. I was like exactly. Like, I was good to you, Mikey. <laughs> exactly he just like nurses him back to health for a year and he's like okay fuck you snap yeah <laughs> like, like just, that is it, very rude yeah it is so man. It's, it's so fucking rude you don't do that he, he brought you in man come on but yeah but then yeah so the the halloween five basically starts like a year later with I, uh you know jamie in the in the mental institution who no longer can talk <laughs> Because she's been so traumatized, so she can't talk. And all, of, and all of a sudden has this telepathic tie to her uncle. Yeah. What the fuck? See, How did that happen? My thing... Okay, Halloween 4. It's pretty much your standard uh, beginning-to-end type uh, like slasher-type film. Um, but it's okay because it's the return of Michael Myers and we need to reestablish everything. But in the fifth film, you can't just do the same film and then throw in the one stupid like uh, subplot of the uh, connection between Jamie and Michael and expect to get away with it and just do like a regular film again. Like 
Like they added nothing to it. They they detracted. Yeah. I know. You know, another thing that really bugs me. <clears throat> so the story picks up a year later and Jamie's apparently fully recovered from killing her stepmom or not her stepmom, but her adoptive mother. Yeah. You know, the doctors, I believe they even say that she didn't kill her though. What's that? I believe they say that she didn't kill her. She like attacked her. Attacked her. Yeah. Cause I never actually, actually, did they? They might have. I don't know. No, I, I think that no, I think that she did. But they said that she's all better from, you know, the the events of that night or whatever. But I'm like, you know, she's been in there for a year and then she's just all good to go. And they're like, hey, Jamie, you're good. But she clearly isn't okay because she can't fucking talk anymore. Oh my! I hated that too. So, so she that was hasn't a recovered. Choice because it's not even like she can't talk. She's like, um, I that actually drives me insane. Dude, dude, this movie all she does is fucking had and singles and and fucking cry and you can't blame daniel harris because like no, that is it, bad it, writing this is, this is what the screenplay offered her this is what this is what you're doing in the film yeah like really oh dude i and then and then that's where they introduce you find out right away why or this is how they justify you know what the events of the halloween four is by throwing in the the idea that you know Michael actually told or made um, Jamie kill her or stab her mom or whatever through these telepathic fucking abilities that they have. But like, <laughs> I just don't understand how they think that this is actually works. Like, how do they? It doesn't work at all. Yeah, I mean, like, where does it come from? And like, why would? And, and my only question was why? Why would why would Michael tell Jamie to do that? Like, what is the what is the purpose? Why not her fucking sister or somebody else? Um, like, there's so many. There's th- this movie right here. I find every time I watch it, all I have is questions. After this one yeah. raises so many questions, I just cannot. Like, obviously, these are rhetorical. I don't expect you yeah, to well, answer them. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it does raise questions. Like, why? Why her? I why think at that you moment? Can connect a little something. Um, you, you know, in Halloween Four, when like Jeremy was saying, I didn't think of this till now, but he was saying that they start talking about his um, his niece, and he awakens. Like, I, I feel like that could almost be used as like a like a, a link to how they are connected. Well, at the end of Halloween 4, you, you, I think it, we see, like, some kind of this idea that they have some telling. Like, well, no. Tele- well, no, I don't think so. Like, I think hmm. in Halloween 4, their idea was, like, She's let's just make gone Jamie crazy. the killer now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just inherits what Myers had, whatever made him do that that night in 1950, wherever. <laughs> I think they were sitting there going, I'm not really too sure how to end this film, so let's just throw this fucking curveball in there. Uh-huh. That, yeah. that, that's what it feels like to me. And then they fucking rolled with it in part five and then tried to justify it with this telepathic Bullshit. bond that they had. Well, they and- didn't roll with it, though. They they backed out. You know what I'm saying? If they rolled with it, Jamie would have been you know, a Mike. killer or at well, least – no, 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 I meant with the telepathic, like, Jamie can feel Michael and stuff like that. Like, it's very evident right in the right in the scene when she sits up in the bed and Michael's putting on the mask and then she's mimicking putting on the mask, 
right? I'm still saying that they still have this telepathic type. Yeah, but that wasn't in part four. No, I know. I'm saying this is how they justified the ending in part five. The ending in part five? The ending of part four and part part four. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Come on, Matt. No, you're confusing me. Um, No, I'm just – this is how they justified the end of part four in part five. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they they justified it that way. They like – they kind of backpedaled and they – in order to not have Jamie the killer, they had to uh, bring up that bullshit of like how she really wasn't in control of herself. And that's what I'm saying is they backpedaled they, from from part four. They had the story going one way and they're like, maybe we don't want to take it that way. So they backpedaled and did what you said. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, do you think they really had full intentions at the end of part four of making her the killer? So therefore, they wouldn't be backpedaling. I think it would just be... Well, that's what they set this story up for, right? I mean, like, like, she didn't have to be the killer, but she, like, was now a killer. That's my point. Like, she is Mm -hmm. now a killer. killer. She is no longer a good girl. Like, she's either going to be locked up in jail or killed or whatever. Like, when you take her and make her the the good uh, lead character, again, that's backpedaling from what you set her up as was – now she's evil like Michael was. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, th- th- let's face it. This whole telepathic thing is fucking ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And it's fucking, it's not good. It's, this is a really bad film. And I don't mean it's ridiculous in terms of like, like, oh man, well that can never happen and stuff like that. I mean, it's just a poor choice. It's just no, it, not it's it's not a good way place to take the story. And even to make it worse, this film doesn't have like really any good kills in it either. It's really fucking annoying. Yeah. And none of the <laughs> characters are like all the characters are memorable. fucking Yeah, none of them are really that memorable, but you know, like, this and, is the one with the stupid cops and fucking a oh lot of God. Blind, a, Why, a lo- dude? Can you even understand the choice of putting that music on with the cops? Oh, dude, it's so stupid. Why do you do that? Why do you make it all fucking comical and fucking? Oh God, give me a break. Oh my God, I I like that is last house on the left type shit right there. Yeah, and and like there, there's just so many flaws in this film. Obviously, starting with the a stupid fucking scene, man. the story. The barn, the story, the fucking that stupid the, little the, kid following Jamie around. Nobody cares about you, kid. Leave. <laughs> exactly, you know. And Itch. the scars on Loomis's face are so shitty. And like, oh, I just fuck. don't think they had a big Loomis budget. Loomis is still good though, man. I I really do. I mean, he's starting to like lose it, but I think it it's it's pretty cool that Loomis was like dying at the same time that his character was like dying. Hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like he's beat down and run down along with his actual self in real life. So it mirrors that and it works for the final two films that he was around for. Yeah, you can actually see that. It's quite evident, isn't it? Yeah. It's sad, actually. It's pretty sad, actually. But I hear you know, he's I... like a big time smoker. He seems like, yeah. I could really? Hmm. Interesting. I could be. Um, I think this film was like the smallest budget of the series too. That makes sense. I I think it only had like three million dollars. You could obviously see that. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I don't I don't really know what to say about, you know, the middle part of the film, but the fucking scene at the end with, you know, Jamie and Michael, uh, the demasking, the demasking scene. Uh-huh. Fuck, I hate that scene, man. I like the laundry seat, laundry shoot scene, though. I yeah, think it's okay. like pretty cool, like her climbing up the laundry chute. And yeah, I actually do like that. I think that yeah. that was um, a pretty solid uh, suspense scene. Suspense scene. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually yeah. think that's one of the most effective things in the entire film. And they play yeah. it out long, and they u- use it uh, good enough to make it be able to be that long. They, uh-huh. they do a lot of stuff with it. Well, you really yeah. see Loomis like loses it at the end there. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he really goes bonkers. But then all that goodness right there is just, you know, Jamie laying, laying down in this fucking coffin yep. practically. And then this whole demasking. Oh, fuck, dude. I hate that scene, man. It's just so bad and cheesy and just like, oh, I hate when nuts. she says, uncle. Yeah, it's a bad scene. It's just fucking poorly, poorly done. One thing about this movie that's always kind of like... I don't know if I'm missing something, but the very end scene when they when they put Michael into the uh, the holding cell, yeah, and all of a sudden, you know, the twelve cops or eight cops or whatever the fuck it is get gunned down, yeah, yeah. and then Michael's and then she runs in there and she's like, she sees that you know Michael's obviously escaped again, and she's like, oh my god, um, she says, oh god, oh my god, a lot in this film, yeah. And when she starts talking, and it's like halfway through the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, okay, the the end, like, explain it. Well, explain it in part five, or explain it once it's been explained in part six. That's the thing. I know that that's what I was getting at. It's that because like, <laughs> the end of part five just reminds me of like part four where it's like, it leaves you and go, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, like Halloween for all of a sudden Jamie's killing. This people is even way fucking, worse though, because we see five, the guy one other time earlier yeah. in the film. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, the name, who the fuck just opened fired and killed the whole fucking once again, department? Thor. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the uh, man in black. I believe his name is. Yeah. I like to call him. I wish you were Creighton Duke. I just call him the Thorn Man. Like um, I always like every time I watch this, I'm like, okay, did I miss? Did, do they sh- do they actually tell you that this is coming in the film? But they totally don't. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that? Um. Like. So. <laughs> I guess what was happening was like they knew they was making a part six, and they was like, well, we got to set it up. So, like, <laughs> let's create this black. guy in black, and they're like, well, what, what's he gonna do? And they're like, well, we'll just figure it out when we get there, dude. Quit yeah, I think like. <laughs> That, I think the I guy, fucking... in, I think like the guy in black is like the ultimate coffin, the nail in the coffin for the series. Like, I think that's like like the main thing people like talk about when they I talk think about the main five thing and six. People talk about is um, the mythology set up in part six. Yeah, the thorn, but that kind of carries in from part five a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, getting back to that, you know, the end scene there, too. It, it makes me laugh because they put Michael into this holding cell and this guy fucking guns down, guns down all the cops so he can fucking escape and stuff. Well, Michael does the honors of ripping him, you know, ripping the bars apart. Yeah. Well, he got out anyways. Like, it's not like Buddy fucking opened up that <laughs> that cell for him. Yeah, but the so, cops might have stopped him if yeah. he tried to pull They the might bars. have stopped him. They might have stopped him. But my point is, is that they put him in this cell. 
didn't and take like, his mask broke, off. Just you know, and he did, stuck and, him they, in and there. they, yeah, and but he broke out himself essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cracks me up every time I see it. I'm like, fuck, he destroyed those bars, man. He's tough. He's tough. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This one is. I really do. I'm not a really big fan of this movie at all. I think it's actually. I thought you shit. liked this one. I thought this was like your your. No, I like I like number six. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. No, I'm talking about moods. I'm. Oh. You know, I think I used to like it a lot more when I was younger, and I don't know why. Maybe because I was dumb <laughs> or something. But like, I don't know what it is with this one, man. I just I find it just irritating. There's so many people in this movie I do not care about. Mm-hmm. There's stupid music. There's stupid cops. There's stupid decisions. There's stupid stupid people. Story. People in the story. fucking barn. And the well, end, I just fucking hate it, man. I'm like, I fuck? actually don't mind the end, to be honest. Like, it's a bad ending, but I actually like that's like the least of my problems with this film. Like, oh no, no, and totally. It's just like. It's kind of and mysterious he, and stuff. I don't know. Like, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, totally. But, yeah. I mean, this whole... Did I just fucking say thing. whatever? Oh, my God. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Damn, that's bad. I've been bad. hanging around too many fucking girls at work. Jesus Christ. It's late. But, but yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't really know what else to say about Halloween 5. I'm just... I'm, you know? Yeah, I'm done, too. It's, it's It's not good. It's not good. You know, it doesn't even capture like any decent atmosphere. The fucking it it really this is like the least atmospheric Halloween. It yeah. is. no maybe Resurrection, but this one is like right up there too. Yeah, Resurrection doesn't. It Resurrection's just Resurrection could have been set in a goddamn summer. Reality, man. Reality TV. Fucking stupid. Fucking shit. Direction, man. But yeah, there just everything about this film. I just ugh, not really that great at all. Yeah, you guys want to do some ratings on this one? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first because then I'm next, I guess. Uh, I rate Halloween Five um, a six out of ten. Six out of ten. That's yes. higher than I thought you were going to give it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cra- crazy. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. By far, not. Well, I shouldn't say by far, but it's definitely not the worst one in the franchise. But second to worst, though, it, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Um, but you know, on a scale of like, you know, ah, fuck, I don't even know what to say. I'm just gonna give it a five out of ten. Yeah, Ooh. you know, it's it's very kind of average. It's not fucking, it's not complete shit. You know, it, but it's just, it's got so many stupid things. Well, going I on. actually liked this film a lot more before I watched it this time. Like I, I, I believe the last time I reviewed this film was like. I think I gave it about a seven, so I came Damn. down a point from my last rating, and I think uh, I think I stayed the same on all my other films. All of the other films were the same ratings as I rated them last time, but Halloween Five I came down a point. I don't know, Jeremy. Oh, interesting. I also gave it a five out of ten. Five out of tens. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, Halloween Five. That is the first half of the <laughs> Halloween franchise. That is the first half of the Halloween franchise. I'm not actually 100 percent sure how long this first half was. It's probably uh, about five hours, dude. About five hours. Four. Four forty-five. 
but yeah, I think we are fading like Doctor Loomis was towards the end of the series too. I, right now, like I said, I've I've slept seven hours in two days. It's <laughs> two thirty-two. Yeah, it's one right now. One thirty in the morning. That's why by like part four and five, my brain is like a scrambled egg. Yeah, kind of well, like the kids in part three. I slept like five hours in the past like two days. So get on my level, Jeremy. Get on my level, and I'm nice. Sick. Yeah, but nice. you just went to work. I used my brain. <laughs> You gotta use your brain at work. <laughs> yeah, watching How Child's Play too. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first half of this. We we will be back next week with uh, films six through ten. That's obviously oh, including 11. the remakes. Um, There's eleven. Yeah. I, well, I guess we're I guess we're doing both versions oh, of shit. Uh, that's right that's why i was a part six sorry, a part sorry. six I'm so there's technically there's technically six films that we'll be talking about oh my but, god but uh, more than next week so <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think next week like we can just do a comparative between the theatrical and the director's yeah we'll probably yeah, do yeah. part six like well i don't know so, i kind of want to rate them separately because they're i hear they're completely different films we'll see oh, no no we'll we can we can watch we can. Them. i've so, never seen them or the second <laughs> the i've never seen I know me either. But yeah, so that's going to do it for the 28th episode You're not of let the me do my outro? And Horror. No, and I'm going to send it off to you right now. All right. So thanks, everybody, again for listening to the 28th episode of 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. If you want to follow the man, Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash moods616 or click the subscribe button down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you want to follow JP, a.k.a. the man who watched Child's Play 2 at work, you can do so at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. And if you want to follow me on YouTube, of course, you can do so at youtube.com slash nesruler22. And as always, you can email us any questions that you have at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at 22shotspodcast. And as always, you can listen to us at thedevilseyes.com. Or follow us on the Podomatic page. And as yeah. always, you could always talk to us on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, type in 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, and join the community and the conversation over there on Facebook. I hope everybody enjoyed this quite lengthy episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, we will be back with you guys in a week to finish up this lengthy series that is known as Halloween. Hope everybody has a good week, and we shall talk to you guys again in seven days. Have a good one, everyone. Damn, that was a long show. <laughs> <laughs>